So much editing. So much. You guys, how are you? Hello from Scotland, everybody. Welcome to Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank. Number, hold on, I have it open, 233. It is the sixth in the series of album commentaries that I'm doing. Uh, I don't know if you guys have tuned into any of these other ones, but um, I started with the first episode of 2014. I didn't give it a number. I just called it number 2014. Um, It was a review not a review, but sort of a breakdown of my own album, Revenge for the Holocaust. I talked about where all the bits came from, you know, the trouble I had in making them, why I decided to do it where I did it, all that stuff. And then Tom Segura went next. He did one, uh, he was into doing one. He was number 159, thrilled. He went over his first album. And he sort of talked to me about all of it. And then I went into uh, Burt Kreischer's, which made me angry, uh, number 168. And then Simone was 191, remember this, with Steve Simone, and then Joe Rogan, doing with him, Shiny Happy Jihad, episode 193. So, today, uh, I have Kyle Kinane on, and he's, we're doing a, a review, not a review, not a review, commentary, it's a commentary, on his first album, Death of the Party. I could have done Whiskey Icarus, but I kind of like going over these guys like first albums instead of uh later ones i mean rogan the one i did with rogan wasn't his first but really that's because i was there while he like made shiny happy jihad like i was on the road with him from start to finish on that so i kind of had an insider point of view on it um but otherwise i sort of like the idea of doing a first album it wasn't intended that way but when i started it but it became that so Today, I have Kyle Kinane. If you don't know Kyle Kinane, it's because you're not a fan enough of stand-up comedy. He is a true American stand-up. I mean, people respect him. Comics respect him. He's just like a legit comic. He doesn't, I don't know, I guess he's not famous. But my theory is, once you get famous, you're going to lose a lot of your fucking artistic prowess. It's not going to be as good. The people who are legit like awesome are the ones coming up, the hungry people. And uh, Kyle Kinane has been in that range for a while. He's, he's one of the best comics in the country right now, and so it's kind of an honor. I've, I've been trying to get him to do this for oh, maybe almost a year. I've been talking about it. Now that we're both in Scotland, I was like, hey, let's do it. And he was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I've been getting so much drunkenness in Scotland. First of all, I'd like to change my rule. I had a rule, you never drink with Excuse me, when I say you never drink, I mean you never keep up. But you never drink with Canadians, Australians, or people from Chicago. Uh, I'd like to ask, add Scottish people to that list. I barfed so much last night. So much, trying to keep up with Ian Sterling. You just can't. And they're fine. And then they're like, what are you talking about? I mean, they help you reach new, new levels of, of booze that you wouldn't normally reach. But then you pay the price. Um... No sponsors today, everybody. Instead of sponsors, why don't you go to my website, ariathegreat.com. You can see some clips from Kyle Kinane, and you can use my Amazon link to shop, uh, do all your Amazon shopping. It's right there on the right-hand side. You can see my tour schedule. I've got uh, another week left in Edinburgh, which has been great. So does Kyle Kinane, by the way. He performs at 1010 every night. Um, I mean, definitely see him, but... but um, 
Then I'm going to be in Edmonton and Toronto. And then I'm shooting my storyteller show October 5th, 6th, and 12th, and maybe 11th. The lineup just gets better and better. Ron White, Gabriel Iglesias, Artie Lang. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I think we might have just gotten another guy, a musician. It'll be fucking cool. Uh, Kanane is doing it. Moshe. It's going to be great. Um, so yeah, use my Amazon link. Go get uh, a t-shirt or something from my merch site. The 2015 tour shirts that are 3D. They come with 3D glasses. Probably the coolest tour shirt of any comedian this year. <laughs> I would say I would... It's got to be up there. I mean, I don't know who else has a 3D tour shirt, but you can also get posters and all that jazz. But none of that. Let's talk about stand-up. Kanane has some shows coming up. I mean, he's at the Calgate um, every, I guess, every day while he's here until the 30th. But then he's going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Madison, Wisconsin, and then back to London in October. Wow. He's got a long run in London. And Chicago in November. Go to KyleKinane.com. Check out everything. And guys, get his album. Get his new one, uh, which was called I Like His Old Stuff Better. Get Whiskey Icarus, which was amazing. And, and go buy this album if you liked it. Uh, Death of the Party. It was his first one. Really got him a lot of like, it's when I really started paying attention. Not to him, but like when the, I'm sorry, not when I started paying attention. When, when like the rest of the comedy scene really started paying attention to Kyle Kinane. They were like, damn. I mean, you could hear like reviewers come in and say like, Who's this guy? He's pretty good. How do we not know about him yet? Um, Shroomfest is coming. August 29th, 30th, and 31st. I have a great Shroomfest episode ready to go. Locked, loaded, in the barrel. With Craig Campbell. This guy's fucking nuts. Craig Campbell is nuts. He's a Canadian living in Glasgow, and the guy's fucking nuts. Perfect for Shroomfest. So I got that ready to go. I'm going to be in Scotland. Wherever you guys are celebrating, be safe. You know, safety first. Don't fucking go anywhere near any cliffs. And obviously, make sure, make sure you take enough mushrooms. The worst thing that can happen is you don't get fucked up. People are doing it all over the world, and I love people to check in. Hashtag Shroomfest about uh, where your party was the next day or the day before or what you're going to do. Go on Twitter. See who else is participating. All those guys that are like, I can't find mushrooms. Guys, I have no sympathy for you. Go fuck yourself. For every guy that's like, oh, I can't find it in Berlin, there's another dude who goes, Here, I'm ready to start in Berlin. Shroomfest. It's like you just haven't looked. I had one guy that said you can't find him anywhere in the Midwest. A Mideast, that's what he said, in the Mideast. And I'm like, unless you meant the Middle East, you're just a fucking coward and a lazy asshole. They're easy to find. It might, it might be too late now to find them by, uh, by Saturday, but it might not also. I mean, you just have another work. Go to Shroomfest Primer, Google that. It's on my website on arithegreat.com. Um, gives you everything you need to know about your mushroom experience, your first one going into it, all the fears you might have, anything you need with you. Um, should be a great experience. People are doing it all over the world, you guys. Tell your friends. Shroomfest. Join in. All right, let's do it. Right? Anything else to announce? No, nothing. I've had a great time at Edinburgh. This podcast is just one of those things. Um, 
that makes it special. Just a fucking great experience. I definitely want to come back next year. So let's start, though. Let's start. And I got more album commentaries coming up. Maybe I'll do one with Diaz. Diaz is recording a special in September in Vegas. So maybe when that comes out, I'll do an album with, with him. Album commentary. Yeah, why not? Anyway, I'm trying to, I'm, I want to do a Stanhope too. Tell Stanhope that we got to do one together. Um, all right, but let's start. Let's not delay anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, Ari Shafir's got the take. Episode 233. Death of the Party, the sixth. In our installment of album commentaries on Ari Shapiro's Kepi Tank starts now with Kyle Kinane. Pretty cool, I guess. Bonnie calls, uh, Bonnie McFarlane calls conversations unrecorded podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and outside the stand, and someone's like, What are you guys doing? She goes, Podcast, no recording. It's warm up, it's prep, yeah, it's prep work. It's prep for that. Yeah, five years I gave it, and then I was like, oh, Fuck, I'm already in. Yeah, because you're like, Well, I haven't done anything else for five years with this much effort in my life. Nothing. So maybe, maybe the fact that you want to care about it, you just do it anyway. Even if you're failing, like, Oh, I found something I'm going to do, even if I suck at it. Maybe that's why those people, see, I was always split on those people who were like trying, like mm-hmm. delusional people, like we were talking about, where it's like, hey, if you enjoy it, I guess. Who well, cares if I don't appreciate your art? Yeah, how many people is it like they don't have that hope? It's just it's it's their bowling ter- league, you know. It's yeah. their thing that like they have their day job, which oh, is right. which is unfulfilling. League. But then their Tuesdays and Thursdays are open mics, and they see they see their friends there, and they get to screw around and try and be good at something. And you know that's what I always thought. Like comedy was like like bar sports. It was like darts, like trivia, yeah, or it, darts or something like or, or pool. Like, oh, you're pretty good at this. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. I'm good at it here. <laughs> then once in a while, I'm like, wait a minute. There's people that play pool professionally. Yeah. I mean, it seems silly. But there's a few people out there that do it. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, because it seems like, well, just because I can pull the ball back, you know, yeah. put some spin on it, doesn't mean I, I'm a top-level guy. But then at some point, yeah. you're like, dude, you're really good. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty good at this bar. You should come to this other bar with this really good player. Like, oh, I'm still pretty good at that bar, too. All uh, right. Maybe I'll travel around to some other bars and I can make a few bucks. Yeah. Yeah, but it still seems like a hustle, like it, which it was, like looking at small-time promoters and everybody you dealt with. Yeah, like how can I on. bleed $300 out of you or 200 bucks out of you or $75 out of you just to Who get was, on that night? Oh, there was, there was some Valley dudes. Some like, oh, like well, Bringer Shows first off. Bringer Shows are the worst. Remember that guy, TK? Uh-huh. The bald one, whatever. Yeah, I, that was the only bringer show I did, and then I put- wasn't bald, but would like have the sloppiest hairpiece. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't get a haircut and not have it match your hairpiece. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what old guys do. Yeah, 
<laughs> you trim the sides of your head, but your hair piece is the same. Untrimmed. Because <laughs> you yeah. paid for that. It doesn't grow back. <laughs> yeah. You got to have different sized, different sized tubes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told them I, my people were supposed to show up. I don't know what happened to them. I kept like, even like looking outside as if they were going to come, mm. even though I knew I didn't invite anybody. I legitimately didn't know what a bringer shows. You should, you should come by. Yeah. Here's some, some pliers and stuff. I'm like, whatever. And I show up. And I'm like, yeah, he's told me I can get on. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, we got some people that brought other people. I'm like, am I going to get on? Like, just tell me, am I going to uh-huh. get on this show tonight? I don't know, we're going to try. I'm like, all right, don't worry about it, man. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I didn't know, I didn't realize what the... It was such an insult because it starts mm-hmm. with like, oh, I think you're really funny. And you're like, oh, thanks. You're like, you know, I got this show. Like, really? Yeah. I'm looking for book shows. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to come, just bring seven to 12 people. I'm a producer. Guess what falls under that? Producing an audience. That's yeah. your job as a producer. My job is to provide laughs for the people that show up to see the show. You yeah. get the people to the show. But you know what? Any level of fame or draw, that's just you being a professional bringer. <clears throat> you know? Like when Louis, he's through like... Through quality. Yeah. Not through yeah. hustling yeah. your friends. <laughs> yeah. That was the not, problem. Not through salesmanship. <laughs> and all the people quality. who had day jobs were able to do the bringer shows because they had 40 of their regular friends mm-hmm. who would want to come see them. Whereas I'm like, I'm not going to... Invite Kyle Kinane to spend seven bucks to come see me. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. See you, open you, mics. you want to pay to come watch a comedy show? <laughs> but yeah, well, that's also like okay. If the, if the product's good enough, it'll sell itself, and that that's the end result of like just being good at comedy. People come and want to yeah. see you, as opposed to harassing your friends and coworkers who will fall for it once. That's what maybe. this shit is here, though. It's all the flyering and stuff. I don't know how they do it. Like, please, please come see me. Yeah, please. I mean, I wouldn't say this, but like, you're not. You could still perform without flyering, and stuff, but it's it is heavily promoted. And what is it like thirty five hundred? I heard twenty six hundred, but maybe That's total still, with, with theater. There's a hundred after a double <laughs> digit <laughs> yeah. number already. That's a lot of shows. My friends can't believe it. I was like over a thousand. Like, no, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, way over a thousand. The whole city is this festival. That's cool though. Everybody you meet is like. Oh, I'm an actor, or I'm a musician, or I'm a whatever. Well, that's what L.A. is, too. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a little more ambition over here. They're doing it here instead of, yeah. I want to be a rapper. Yeah. And then there's, there's money's on the line, too, because they rented the venue. They paid to be here. Like, everybody, almost everybody here loses money to do this. So that is probably why they're flyering and putting up posters. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're losing cash. Yeah. Oh, to lose less cash. Yeah, and to you know get and get people out and have good shows and get good reviews and that means you get you know. Better I want to try the free the, the free the festival year. next year. Yeah, I just want to see what it's like to like. I don't know. It seems cooler too. Well, you just put the bucket out and that part seems gross. Yeah, you have to stand there with it, but it seems like it's accepted here. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, cultural. Thing, like well, just performance things that I'm just not used to. Like, I'm like, oh, am I supposed to like <clears throat> end my show with a blackout and then the lights go on and I bow and I I yeah. thank the tech guy because he pressed play on my iPod yeah. before the show started. Like, I don't know how much theater reverence yeah. is here. We don't have that. Whereas I'm like, no, like, oh, thanks for coming. Good night. And I just leave. Yeah, <laughs> I, I walk like to the side and like shake a couple of people's hands. Yeah, I, I duck like, out uh, for everybody to leave, and then I come out if there's any people hanging around after I, the, fan the, fans. the venue's empty. Yeah, then I'll I'll hang out. But oh, that's cool. But uh, but yeah, the whole obviously the reviewing. Fuck that. Jenna Friedman was talking about like, well, there's one review that was good, there's other review that was bad, and I don't know. I'm like, Jenna, why are you even reading that stuff? 
I who gives a it. shit? I want to be like punk rock. I don't give a shit. I read it. I Why, read it. Kyle? Why? They don't matter. I know they don't matter. You do it for yourself. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> but that's the best part. Like, if they're bad reviews, you're like, you can't judge comedy anyway. So it's bullshit. If it's a good review, you're like, yeah, you got them right. Brilliant. Yeah, you're right. Finally, somebody noticed. My flatmates, <laughs> all they do is read reviews of every comedian. They just sit there okay. in the mornings and just read what their new reviews are. I mean, I lay around watching Netflix On all your day. Three inch TV over there. No, I got my laptop, <laughs> which is about the same size. But yeah, now my eyes have gone to shit. Watch out with your LASIK, man. Don't what? stare at your computer all day. Like I'll go to my. Uh, there's been days where I've oh, yeah, basically laid around. Here, yeah, laid around here till like nine o'clock at night, just watching stuff on the computer. And then I can't focus my vision. Oh yeah, for, it's weird. For like an hour. It's weird afterwards. You're like, have to like, yeah. Potentially, like, use yeah. your muscle and like force wait. yourself oh, to is. look at something far away for a while. My doctor said I'm supposed to. I didn't do it. It's so fucking dumb. He goes, just put a note on your computer saying blink. Mm-hmm. Remember to blink. Because you you blink like sixty percent less when you're looking at your computer or phone. Really? Yeah. So your eyes dry out at that rate. Oh, more. I never knew that. That's a weird statistic. Are we doing a podcast? Yeah, but, yeah, but okay. I like if we just added. Oh yeah, that was my album. I, it was pretty fun. Anyway, anyway, so sixty percent less looking at a screen. Who knew? Um, let me turn Wi-Fi off so I can save some batteries here. All right, so here's the deal with this. We're gonna go over. If need it. What? I got a plug if you need. Oh, it. Oh really? Oh, even better. Yeah, yeah. I don't need the store. Where's my music? Um, we're gonna listen to your album. Oh, we're, we're gonna, gonna talk about it. it. Yeah. All right. So, if there's any parts as we do this that you sort of uh, remember or like, oh, this. By the way, that guy in that that was a Brido. He's oh, the one okay. who told me, you know, okay. anything like that. And also, as you hear it, um, the shit that you hate, I'm sure yeah, <laughs> for yeah. yourself, like say why you don't like mm-hmm. that technique or why you do. And I have questions too. I don't know. It's a pretty perfect album, but I guess we're going to shot. <laughs> Where'd you record it, first of all? It's Death of the Party. Where'd you record it? Uh, it was recorded in, at UCB LA. With and, All Things Comedy? Uh, with, uh, with a special thing. That's what I meant. Yeah. And that was 2009? I think it was recorded. Came out 2010. How long have you been doing comedy? Um, at that point, 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. And so, yeah, and that, like, it, like I don't know if you're keeping the other stuff from before, but like, giving myself till I was 30 years old, yeah, which was the end of 2006. So 2007 yeah, was the, was the year that things started happening. The 2007 year that, because my birthday's at the end of the year. My birthday's in December. Yeah, <clears throat> so I turned 30 at the end of 2006, and 2007 was like this <clears throat> really, you know, uh, this huge turn of events with things like I got Aspen and I got. Uh, a TV spot and and things were like oh I'm going to maybe be a real comedian yeah and I recorded this album which I think I actually mentioned in it like two weeks after I quit my day job mm-hmm. finally so ten that's years when you comedy. did you when you said I just quit my day job it was like you just quit yeah, your day like job yeah like my coworkers were in there and you'll hear them actually cheer. Oh, I thought it was just like an LA audience going, you like you did it. No, it was like my actual coworkers oh. came out to it, which was flattering because I mean it was like UCB is a small place, and like you know I was worried. I'm like, oh man, I'm doing this it. in LA, I'm like it's small, but and everyone's people, seen your material. Yeah, and they've all seen it. And are, are people going to be there? And it was it was jam packed. It really. Yeah, how many but, shows but, you do? Just one. Okay, I just did the one. It's I mean it's edited down where I'm just taking drinks and. So that was 2007. You got to LA in 2003. Yeah, people start taking note of you pretty early. You were different 
you were more uh I'm sure you I got thought, the Stanhope comparison. I thought it took a while because I moved out there with Bronger and Bronger just hit the ground. Bronger running. hit fast. And 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 of deservedly so. Yeah. That dude's hilarious. And part of me was like, oh man, I'm never gonna have it. Bronger was like got there and He's on top of being hilarious. He's an outgoing and a personable guy, and just like boom, like hit the scene. I was like still kind of curmudgeonly and skeptical of things, even though I wanted to move to LA. I was like, I don't know who's trying to hustle me, who's a scumbag. And right. I would just I would shoot myself in the foot on so many shows. Like this isn't going to go well. So I, I I didn't have performance chops. I didn't have I had I had some well written jokes, but if the way they were written wasn't working, I couldn't go off the script. Oh right! So I yeah, you don't like, have the ability to be like if something's if something's up. That's why I think it's, Gerard had the most special problems in his special. Whereas like mm-hmm. he's a real fun comic, but, fun, but then it's like oh, if this is an ideal environment, it's almost not fair. You've yeah. taken a comedy store and you've pulled out half the seats, yeah, and you've lit up the room, and then be like, and I'll still be fine. You're like, oh, hold on, man, you got to make it? this the right environment for me. Wait, you know? he didn't do, or, he, or it was the right environment. It was not him. the right environment for him. And it's harder to adjust when you don't have, like, you know, 10 years of fucking experience. Yeah, well, and going into a place. I mean, I'd performed at UCB, like, for this. And also the pressure of moving to L.A., like, oh, God, it is people that book other shows. Even not, like, who cares about agents and managers? Any that, but, like, just the the incremental improvements you can make of, like, oh, that guy might book at the time Death Ray was the biggest show. Mm-hmm. And then see Yeah, Foxman or, or, or Porter was yeah, in the room. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, this is a meaningful set. And it was, I honestly, it was the message board from a special thing. Message when board. I, when, I would do, when I would do See You Next Tuesday, because they wouldn't put me on Death Ray, but I could do See You Next Tuesday once in a while, which was the show after Death yeah. Ray. So the real hardcore comedy fans who would blow up message boards and go online and be like, this guy was really funny. And it was like a super you know, and nerd, not in a disparaging term, but people like enthusiastic fans about Death Ray would like do complete, just recount entire Break, that's shows. right, entire shows and say yeah. who was good, who was not, and, and why they were good. They were like, they yeah. were all reviews. Yeah. And, and so that's, I think that gave me some notoriety where people, because yeah, like, once, <clears throat> once we realized I was dating Natasha when that thing like mm-hmm. started and all we were doing was read, it was like, oh, this is published about comedy. Yeah. It was the first time. Louis, I talked to Louis like a year ago. He's like, yeah, I read that shit all the time. Yeah, it was like comedy. It's that was the news for the comedy world was the special thing message boards, and so then that's why when a special thing, they hadn't had that many albums out. Yeah, you know, and but the people they did put out was like, you know, it was is Kirkman or Paul F. Tompkins or stuff. I'm like, oh, this is a respected roster yeah. within comedy. Like, do you want to do a record? I'm like, you want me to do a record? I wasn't even thinking about doing a record. They're just like, do you want to do one on our label? I was like. I have to say yes to this because the so people cool. that read that message board, well, like I, I just go back to you know how music works where like if you like the label, you trusted their judgment and you just buy whatever release on that label because you ch- you trusted who they were going to put out. Because they only put out good people. <clears throat> yeah. And so st- by association. Yeah. So you, you had faith in them. That's how I felt about a special thing. And so I was like, yeah, I have to say yes to this even though I wasn't. I had Who did it? Who did it? Sasquatch? <clears throat> Like who ran the the? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, uh yeah, Matt and uh, oh, God damn it! I'm, now he's gonna listen to this and be mad that I can't remember his name. One of my favorite jokes, me and Taylor used to do a, a David Taylor catastrophe, some late night once a month show at the UCB, yeah. and uh, he was there and he brought his wife. And he was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's my wife," and we liked that. We're like, we called her Snatch Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> not Mrs. Sasquatch. Not no, even no. enough respect. <laughs> no. no, Matt, Matt Belknap and the dude that looks exactly like another dude, and I f- 
furious that I can't remember. Well, I'll hate so you. I, I don't want to. Hold I'm on. Go, I'm going to find it while we do this. Okay. So how, how long have you been headlining at this point? writes my checks for this album still. <laughs> so he's like, you I see his name. I can't have him. You got to edit this out. I just, I have a terrible memory. Yeah. And being at festivals like this, with like so many people that you know, you know from different things. I'm like, I can't put, I can't put it together right now. Yeah. Well, I blame pot, but you're not a pothead, so you don't really no, get that. No, but I drink, so I meet people under the influence. I store my memories in my liver, so yeah. that's why it's affected. you got to hit me in the side, and it'll blast me like an acid flashback, and I'll just remember everything I've learned over 38 years. Um, how long had you been headlining by the time you put this out? Like, how long have you been doing hours on the road? I wasn't doing any. You hadn't really headlined? No. Wow. I just quit a day job two weeks before. And you hadn't been out at all? No, I didn't. I didn't work the road. I was never a road comic until oh. I wasn't going to go out until something like <clears throat> until I was asked to do it. Yeah, you know. So I was going to like I, that was the plan of moving to L.A. from Chicago. I was like, I could stay in Chicago and work the road from there. And it was all these people were just coming back with these terrible stories. Like, yeah, it was twelve hour drive between gigs and made seventy five bucks, and it was in the snow, and it was like, you know the very typical. Yeah, I feel road bad stories. for never doing those triple runs. <clears throat> I don't. You don't? It seems romantic. Yeah, but you know what? I So what? Yeah. There's a lot of romantic things in the world that I don't have to be a part of. And you know what I did? I got up at 6.30 a.m. to go into a warehouse every day. And then when I was done with that shift, went out and stayed at bars until 2 a.m., doing comedy every night yeah. and so you know what that's pretty romantic too I yeah think. that is it was, You're it, right. not, there's not one right way or one wrong way but the dudes that did go out and do those triple runs would come back to the open mics where we were all like trying i'm not super weird or anything but like trying to write new stuff and they'd come back in and just do party material because like oh you had to just right. babysit drunks for a living now because now you don't have a job you go back to so you need that work and you need to make this barn full of drunks in kenosha happy that is the problem where it's like oh you gotta you gotta manage it between the road either either colleges or those shitty rooms and la or new york where it's like you gotta stay relevant otherwise it's just yeah you know what a road hack means yeah i don't want to have to lean on this for money i want to be able to know like no i'm gonna do it how i want to do it yeah, and if you if you enjoy it, cool, come back. So, but that that's why like quitting a day job is terrifying to me. Because now you I'm, need it. Yeah, I quit, and so that's why this is very segmented. This whole thing is that it is all, segmented. It's all like because it's all ten minute sets and fifteen minute sets put together. Finally, um, why did you call it uh, Death of the Party? I just thought it was funnier than Life of the Party. I was in, I was in the height of my self-deprecation <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a few ideas, and I put to the guy who designs my albums. I was like, here's a few titles. <clears throat> and he's like, Death of the Party. I like that one. And so... So you're like, okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I mean... And it always seems silly to, like, name jokes and name an album and have it, like... Yeah, all your titles of your have nothing to do with track titles. I mean, have nothing no, to do this with albums the, tra- the all, tracks. Yeah, this, these are all the track titles from Dream Police by Cheap Trick. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. that makes sense. Because I was like, that's I, don't make, I don't understand <laughs> any of these. Yeah, and that's why it's all chopped up, too, is because there's only 10 tracks on Dream Police. I'm like, I don't know, make it fit. Yeah, some of these are including like two very clearly separate <laughs> yeah, bits inside like, one track. I was like, there's 10 tracks, just put them together. Oh, why and, Dream Police? Just because why not? Because you like that. I just picked it, and then the yeah, the second album was, um, 
I did Kiss Destroyer. Whiskey Icarus? Uh, yeah, that's all just the tracks from... Oh, really? Like, oh, hell yeah. Destroyer or Kiss a lot? Yeah, one of those, which I guess that snuck past legal at Comedy Central. It's not past legal? Well, they... Snuck they, past they, legal. No, they, it was. And then I tried to do it with this last album that came out, and I was doing all... I uh, did uh, Straight Outta Compton. Before I even realized they were doing a movie, I'm like, just name all the tracks after Straight Outta Compton. I'm like, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I did last time. <clears throat> you let me. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I went back like, oh, this, we might have to pull these off the shelves. I'm like, what shelves are they on? It's like an MP3. <laughs> but so I had to call. Fucking illegal. <laughs> yeah, I had to call the tracks. Like, this track is not called Straight Outta Compton. This oh, really? track is not called. Yeah. And then I had five bonus tracks, and I was just trying to name them all. After, you know, <clears throat> different members of NWA. Like, you can't do that. It's the, that you for I, sure can. What then, do you mean? Well, because then legal. So I'm like, then I just named it. I just broke up one sentence. Like, the legal department is really scared of repercussions from Suge Knight. And I just broke that up into five different things. Like, no, you can't bring any attention to that legal department won't let you do this. Like, oh, now you're just pussies. Nah, yeah. Because that's not against the law. You're just being babies. I tried to uh, <clears throat> get my agent, Justin Airbrook, into as a, as a producer on my last special. Because mm-hmm. he did the one before that. But then Comrade yeah. was like, no, he's an agent. Agents can't be producers. I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Help me get it done. Well, that's yeah. your fucking rule, not mine. But anyway, they were like, no, we've talked to him. There's no way he can get a credit like that. But you can give him special thanks. So I was like, okay, how about special thanks to Justin Ebrook for executively producing <laughs> yeah. this? And they were like, you're being an asshole. That, I'm like, what? It's a difference, no, though. No, you're being, you're being constrained by a, a set of rules that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that was the, the new track listing. I was like, like corporate impotence like the new track <laughs> for the last five now i'm like send it i'm gonna keep sending stuff that insults them directly for being chicken shit <laughs> john smith has yeah. no balls yeah i just want to go right out come on uh um hold on let me see where if i have anything before we even start i'm still gonna find out who the fuck oh who opened by the way uh randy lidke opened for oh me. that was lidke okay yeah man old ran the ran man i like the intro is just he just goes uh all right let's uh yeah, yeah, I was just because he didn't know. I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. I just do some jokes and then just say, uh, "Hey, here's Kyle." Yeah, like, it, like that's what I like about. It. There was no plan. I, I just had notes out because it was an audio recording. Yeah, and I was you did have notes out. Yeah, okay. I was nervous about it, and because, like I said, I didn't have a whole thing. What's that saying? How nervous were you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the, the question I answered, the question I predicted. Yeah, I was. I mean, I had, I'd be super <laughs> nervous. Part of me was like, oh, it's an audio recording, so at least you know you can mess with the, yeah, the you know finagle the pauses. One try at it too, though, and you hadn't done an hour before. Yeah, but I think it plays to it. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do something like that again. Like now that like you can't reverse polish. What do you mean? Like now that now I just tour and I do an hour all the time, and it is strung together. You don't think you could build up sevens into an hour? I don't now like I mean how would you now yeah. that now yeah now it's not that's just the way the writing process is growing from <clears throat> you know in the five years since this came out is that now I just write long jokes I'm, you know if you give me a seven minute set I'm gonna try and get the most I can out of that seven minute set right. now you give me an hour set that seven minute set is going to expand to twenty minutes just naturally yeah my closer on on one of my specials was uh 
was 19 minutes. And I remember bringing it back to the store and going, I yeah. can't fit this in anymore. Yeah. I, start to, I just started. I was like, hey, so here's what happened. And then I, just, I was like, yeah. I went four minutes over. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Do you remember being at a point where someone's like, yeah, you want to do 20 minutes? You're like, oh, God. I, I don't know. I don't think I, I might have come up with 20 minutes. And <laughs> yeah. last night they're like, do about 15, but if you're having fun, you know, right? And it was an all right set. I'm like, all right, how long was that? They're like, it was about 25. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I don't even register. And I wear a watch now because I was very bad about going over. Running, yeah, going over times. And so I wear a watch on stage and I just, I was wearing my jacket and wasn't paying attention to it. My favorite thing is like Denver Comedy Works or, uh, <clears throat> or uh, even Crackers. <clears throat> No, oh, maybe not Cracker. No, oh, maybe Cracker. Where they have a fucking countdown clock What's on the stage. Favorite thing about Crackers. I'd love to hear that. <clears throat> you and Brendan don't like it at all. <laughs> it's garbage. I don't know, man. I like the down hominess of it, and I like yats. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Horrible. Um, uh, but the countdown clock. <laughs> I, yeah, I really yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, having a clock on stage so is you like, can look and be like oh, cool. Yeah, Atlanta had it wasn't a countdown clock, but it was a clock right at your feet. On yeah, you stage. just know eight thirty. I got to get and off. It was, so. and, and that was like, why does every club not, not have, have that? This? this is everyone's worried about the light. Such common sense, you know, to just yeah, just put it right there. Especially for black comics. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you need a couple of them there. We're going from crackers to black comics. Right now? <laughs> that's the that's the natural. <laughs> The, the light burned out at um, Stand Up New York once. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have a, a light bulb went out. And yeah. they were like, what happened? Everyone was like, Sherrod Small came in three times last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was at the downtown Crackers. and they, the Downtown man, one I don't like. The manager stopped the feature set to fight with two underage girls that were vaping in the audience. Really? Like, you can't write a more white oh. trash scenario than two girls like just vaping and the manager go like brad hold on brad i don't want you wasting any more of your jokes while i deal with this shit you you can't be in here and these girls are like it was like like <laughs> like they learned from jerry springer like that it enveloped from white trash being exploited and then white trash emulating other like like Trying you're just yeah you're just oh you're just mad because you're old and ugly and we're young and hot and just sitting there with their vape pens and just gross <laughs> teenagers you're like, like mm, young i'll give you i don't want to do this i don't want to do this shit like and those were the kind of gigs i'm like oh this is why i didn't go on the road and just say yes to everything yeah because i don't want this to shape my comedy i mean you'll get skills from it you'll yeah. learn chops of how to deal with those rooms but like why should i have to yeah not that not that i'm a baby but why not just do what i do no there's clubs i won't go to, to hope to attract an audience as opposed to winning over vaping teenagers that i wouldn't even want to look at anywhere else in the yeah. world yeah i haven't had the experience you and brendan had at that place they've oh. all been pretty respectful cool audiences they sucked <laughs> <laughs> but, Love it. Uh, and also the same thing is like why should i play that club when I know people in Indianapolis that put on a great room, the one room got shut down. It was sinking ship because the, how good the show was. Just a random Sunday show, and they would pack this place. Yeah, you do a lot more cool shows. I mean, they're I don't, cool. They're cool. They're just I like theaters. them. I enjoy them. They're more my vibe. That's fine. No. Yeah, it's definitely more my speed of things. Like, and again, especially if you're not worried about how much money you're going to make that weekend. Yeah. I just I just need to stay afloat. Now that I'm now that I'm. On my own, yeah, I need to stay afloat, and I have other things that help with bills, so I can do That's sh- shows that maybe don't pay the most money, but I know it's gonna be a good show. And yeah. if that show goes well, maybe twice as many people come next time I go through that town. Well, that was the, yeah, my first time turning down to Miami Improv down because I'd been there once before, and they were like, mm-hmm. I was like, and I needed the money, but it was like, nah, it felt so freeing. 
Yeah. To be like, oh, that place sucks. I have as no oppo- interest in it. Yeah, as opposed to doing the taking the thing you love and then doing it for money. I do a day job. It, yeah, yeah. Because the day job, I I'm know I'm not mortgaging how much, my personal beliefs. Yeah, I know how much I'm going to make at the end of this week, and it's yeah. going to afford me to tell jokes at the end. I get to do voiceover now. I'm lucky beyond belief that I can say that. Maybe that'll go away, and I will have to start taking more club gigs. So that maybe voiceover I shit talk so many yeah. clubs right now. That voiceover stuff seems to me like Comedy Central's version of um, giving back to the arts. To be like, we're going to keep this guy in business. Here's Man, a good paycheck. I don't even know how. They just they just heard me from doing stand-up. And they're like, you want to try this? I'm like, all right. Because I wasn't doing voiceover stuff anywhere else. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Yeah, we'll come, we'll come back in and do it. I'm like, all right. Wow. Okay, here's, right, your check, here's your check for that. I'm like, are you fucking with me? Try not to say cha-ching when you leave the, yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you leave yeah. the office. I will take this way more seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's listen to uh, to Dream Police. I'm going to. Okay. So. Stop me if there's anything you want to comment on, or okay. we can talk about it at the end of the track if you want. All right. <clears throat> All right. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kyle Kinane. Okay, all right. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Answer me this, friends and viewing public. Why is it that when I insist on getting my new pets from the animal shelter, people call me a hero? I'm rescuing those poor creatures. But when I insist on getting my new girlfriends from the women's shelter, all right, okay. That's... <laughs> I'm not going to spoon feed you, all right? You can put them together yourself. I don't have to baby feed you the punchlines, all right? We can just handle our lives appropriately. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming. Uh, so this, this, uh, this is what I look like. Uh, I, didn't, I did this to myself. Uh, you should not feel bad. Um... I know my limitations. I know what I can get away with in this world. That's, that's just that's what you have to find out, you know. I know what I can do and what I can't do. I know that I can effectively haggle down the price of a replica Civil War bayonet at a swap meet. I can do that with confidence. Nobody in here is going to be surprised if you see me about to get in a fist fight with the night manager of a red lobster over whether or not the moon landing was faked. Just eat your crab legs and be unflappable. It's to be expected. The exciting part about life is finding out what you can't do. Because you don't find out until you try to do something and you're stopped. What I can't do, as I found out with experience, was take off my shirt and look after two boys ages three and one. I had a family aquatic center in East Lansing, Michigan on a Tuesday afternoon. And I would have never known that 
until I shirtlessly attempted to care for two boys. East Lansing, Michigan. They were my friends' children. I was there with them, so it was appropriate. You know, give me one. I said, we're going to go to the car and make lunch. Can you watch after the kids? I was like, shit, yeah, I can look after the kids. I used to be a kid that got tiny brains. <laughs> Turns out they're quite slippery with all that baby Hawaiian traffic all over. <laughs> the youngest one's fiddling about. Three-year-old's just sinking deeper into the deep end. The problem was, though, everybody at the pool knew they weren't my kids. You know, nervous mothers, lifeguards with whistles in their mouth on the ready. It was obvious. First off, the kids were named, they were named Malcolm and Archer. That was the, what they named these unfortunate children. Malcolm and Archer. And uh, clearly, just by looks, I am not the parent of a Malcolm and an Archer. If I have kids that I'm paying attention to at all, they probably just go by nicknames like Miller Time and the Boss. And furthermore, everybody knew they weren't my kids because it was a Tuesday afternoon and nothing about this says I have custody of children during the weekday. This is a weekend dad if you've ever seen one. <laughs> I was in a legal possession of these children. You got people would ask too. I thought you gotta have a whole answer. People are like, are those your kids? You can't just say no. You gotta have like a whole reason and everything. I, uh, it's privileged enough to go to London uh, to do comedy. Well, privileged initially. When I got over there, I found out they, they, they thought of me as entertaining as the Blitzkrieg over there. Uh, uh, the London Evening Standard uh, called me uh, bleak and misanthropic. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but I did do this joke. Hey, anybody ever get so lonely that you sleep on your couch instead of in your own bed because at least that way it feels like you're laying next to somebody? <laughs> oh, maybe throw an ex-girlfriend's old t-shirt on a pillow or something, you know. Not for fucking, just for cuddling. I'm not weird or anything. <laughs> Can't do that joke anymore. I have a... I have a woman in my life who's apparently as big a fan of bad decision-making as I am. <laughs> you know, when you're with somebody, it's like, you're, you're obviously paying off some kind of spiritual community service. <laughs> some kind of karmic debt is at work. I was getting out of the shower uh, all glistening. Probably the best I'll look all day. You know, because it was clear that I made an effort to cleaning myself. And like, I know what I look like. I got this beard. I got decent shoulders. The rest of this is a real bag of garbage, all right? A real pile of trash uh, everywhere else. Uh, but I go to the shower, you know, I'm feeling confident and smelling good. And she sees that I made the effort, so she tries to make me feel better. She says, you look like a Greek god. And without even thinking, I just shot out of the holster. You don't know shit about mythology. That's what I said to her. That's how I treat people that try to get close to me. <laughs> the comedy scene, you know, people right. came out to support. And I was like, oh, it's really like it made me happy. Yeah, it was my first note. It's like, man, they really give you a good applause. Yeah. 
for what a 70 seat room yeah i think it's like 70 or 80 or something how do you feel about that first one thing why is it that when I insist on getting my new pets from the animal shelter, people call me a hero? I'm rescuing those poor creatures. But when I insist on getting my new girlfriends from the women's shelter, all right, okay. That's, that was, uh, that's, I'll try and do like. How the hell do you pause? It? Oh, there it is. I'll do like that. Like, I'll always do like a throwaway bit at the beginning just to get, just get them on the your side. thing out of the way. And be like, come on, don't, like, I'm not going to take this too seriously. So everybody should have fun. Yeah. Was that, that was that that first, like, eh, hey, hello. Was that just nerves? Yeah, it's nerves, and it's also, like, I don't know how to open a show where people are expecting something from you. Like, the biggest thing I had on my side <clears throat> at this point, yeah, I think I had, you know, but it was the giant beard and just being blah at all these shows. And, uh, you know, I'm not the first comedian with a beard, I realized. Yeah. But I stood but out. you did have an interesting beard with at, the hat, too. Yeah, yeah. I stood out at shows, and I got to use that as an advantage because people were like, all right, what's this all about? Like, like well, I, I realized at the time, like, oh, yeah, I look like I'm not trying to get people to like me. I'm not a mean guy, but, like, all right, here's some jokes. Yeah. I hope you enjoy them. I'm not smiling at you. I'm not making eye contact. So that's kind of the walk on stage of like, all right. Yeah, Burr did one that he like starts and the applause goes and he's like, thank you, thank you. And he goes, I think you're getting a gun. And it was just like right off the bat. It's like, oh, we're just going to get right into it, huh? <laughs> Let's just have, we've got limited time. Yeah. Let's get at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always just throw something out. Like even on TV sets, I'll do something silly right at the beginning because it also calms me down. Really? Yeah. Be like, all right. I think like the first TV set, uh, I think Carson Daly. Yeah. I just called the audience baby cheesecakes or something. Hey, baby cheesecakes. Just to like get Just because like, it was so dumb and I got the dumbest thing I could say out of the way. Beginning sets is so fucking hard for me. Yeah. It's not, it's not comfortable, especially. It's unnatural. With, yeah. And if it's a live performance, you can kind of hang out and settle into it. Yeah. But like TV sets, like, oh, and here's a stranger who's going to make you laugh. What do yeah. we know about you in 30 seconds? Uh, okay. Joke. It's like, nah, I'll do something. One silly thing. Like what I I did like Jimmy Fallon I just called him James like just just yeah. silly enough to be like thanks for having me James and there's just a silly enough thing like all right chuckle they get your voice and yeah like, okay now cool. I can tell some joke well there's something to the audience too where they're like analyzing you as soon as you walk like from the, the side of the stage to the mic where they're yeah. like looking at you trying to, and then they don't know your voice now yeah. they hear your voice that that you know they're making decisions about yeah. you based on that that was like a good piece that of uh, advice that John Roy gave me a long time ago he's like you don't have to start like Give them a few seconds just to get used to looking at you if yeah. you do a longer set. I mean, yeah, you got five minutes. You got to get right into it. But get up there. Don't feel like you got to pound on people right away. Just put your drink down. Give them 10 yeah. seconds to look at you and get used to what they're about to see for a little bit. Yeah. Or you can scare them. They don't ever get set. Yeah. At least for like Comedy Central sets, stuff like that, you realize like, oh, this isn't going out start to finish. So I can be like, hey, what's up? I'll do some crowd work. And they're like, all right, let me start. Oh yeah, hey you got, and then just, you just know they'll cut right in there. Oh yeah, for TV or for the specials, like everybody's like, oh you don't want to go out when the audience because you'll ruin the magic if you go out there. It's like, no, everything I've taped for Comedy Central, I've insisted on going out first, except for the half hour, which is half what do you hour mean, go is out like first? clumsy. <clears throat> 
Like, I'll have an opener, but uh-huh. I'll go out and bring the opener on. Oh, really? And be like, guys, thanks for coming here. We're going to do a TV thing. So, listen, if I screw up a joke, I'll probably tell it again. It's silly, but you, you know, instead of making Take instead the pressure of, off them. Instead of making an opener have to explain that, yeah. I come out and I'm just like, guys, thanks for helping me out with this. You're doing me a favor by being here for this taping. And that way, the opener can just have a comedy set that right. can be funny and doesn't have to worry about hyping people up. And it puts the audience at ease because they're nervous for you when they're there for taping. Like the half hours are just clumsy. I mean, you, you did one of those, right? No, they you never did a half uh-uh. hour. Oh, you just got to go right to specials. They didn't even give me six minutes. They never yeah, even gave me a premium blend. I never got premium blend. What did oh, you get? Live at Gotham? <laughs> I got live at Gotham. I did, I did the Laugh Riots contest. That's one of the reasons <gasps> I moved to LA. Because of that contest? <laughs> Would you win I, coming I, out of Chicago? I, I won it in Chicago. <gasps> and I was like, I was probably going to move anyway. So let's just. Let's just ramp up the time we're going to get out there, baby. This is going to happen. Came in dead last. Everybody in that contest got premium blend except for me. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. That was the Jessica Golden year? Uh, Not Jessica Golden. No. uh, uh, Me and names. Chubby, black-haired, we got Earl. Lisa Gottman. Lisa Gottman. Lisa Gottman. But all the other people, I was like Tom, I think Tom McCaffrey, Chris Fairbanks. uh, They were all on that one? Who who else was on it? Like, they all got James Patterson. Um, but they all got premium blend. I never got it. Wow. I got live at Gotham, I think, after this album came out. <laughs> I got it six years later. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Me and Taylor went to that thing, that uh, the one of the Key Club. Yeah. And um, they were giving out gift bags, and they had a free T-shirt in there that said, like, Open mm-hmm. Mic Fight or whatever it was yeah. called. And uh, David, he's such a fucking cheap... He'd be like, hey, you going to wear your shirt? People are like, uh, I don't know. He's like, can I have it? <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay. Just some free shirt. Why don't you just do laundry? <laughs> he ended up just putting them one after another. He was left there with like 18 shirts on. <laughs> it was so like, get out of here, low class. Uh, I, went with, I went with some stage hand, some like a big, big butch gal that worked there in overalls. And I went to some bar. Like she was going, like, I'll drive you to the bar you're meeting your friends at. And I was just drinking all the free booze because I bombed. And we she, we stopped. She went to go buy Coke at a Norm's parking lot <laughs> and fucking farted in the car. I've, I, this is a story I've tried to make, but she like I was drunk and I, in the in locked in her car. She farted and just instead of being like a whoop, she's like whoops and just shut the door on me and hot boxed me with her with her fart with her stage hand fart. Blah. And I almost threw up in her car. And that was that was my introduction to Los Angeles. That was me thinking my dreams were going to come true that night. And I just was part of a drug deal with a farty stagehand. That's nice. That's really pleasant. That story will be on the next special. <laughs> all right. Um, and you're doing my storyteller show, right? Yeah. Ooh, maybe. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll cut that out because I'll save it for that. <laughs> um, all right. Here we go. What are you doing at this point? You're just like looking at yourself? Yeah. You're just close? Just being doughy. Being doughy with a giant beard. You used to Not do that I was never thing. fat. I just had like a big belly. You didn't do that fisherman thing in here at all, huh? What? the Look like a lost fisherman or something like that. I do something. I, I did a lot of the play on the look. And now I don't want to do that anymore because I'll go on the road and it's what? every opener is three dudes that look just like me making fun of their look. When you realize... like <clears throat> You can't tell them not to do jokes like that. Well, you so can't... Well, and also... I don't really quite remember. I don't think I feel bad about my look here because I know it's a choice. I don't like it when people are like, 
Yeah, girls don't want to talk to me. It's like, you can change your look. Oh, right. You can shave. You can comb your hair. Well, I hate it was when people like make, right, make jokes about their haircut. I'm like, unless the barber fucked you over yeah. today, <clears throat> then why are you still getting this haircut? Or your clothes. Or yeah. if it's not in why some Why are you weird... putting on that jacket? That's why I think like, mine is like a weird, like, I'm, st- I'm not down on it. I'm just being self-aware as the buzz like, oh, man, stupid shirt. You put that shirt on. Yeah. You put that shirt. <laughs> yeah. You purchased and wore that shirt. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. Maybe I do. I don't. I don't really remember a lot of this stuff. I know what I can get away with in this world. That's that's just that's what you have to find out. You know, I know what I can do and what I can't do. I know that I can effectively haggle down the price of a replica Civil War bayonet at a swap meet. <laughs> Did you ever do that? No. Okay. <laughs> Some of these I, but I, some know, of these I, I want. know that I could. Okay. <laughs> it's about self-awareness and what your personal capabilities are. I'm wondering on some of these, like how many were like, yeah, I did that. I'm making a joke about it. Or like, all right, let me make a joke about what I'm confident at. Yeah, that some of it. We'll see. Like I said, I have, I have not. You crashed a forklift. Oh, yeah. Okay. See, yeah. that was like, oh, that, that can't just be written as a thing. Yeah, to- I totally crashed a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> few times nobody in here is going to be surprised if you see me about to get in a fist fight with the night manager of a red lobster over whether or not the moon landing was faked real not real <laughs> no but conceivable <laughs> do you think the moon landing was fake okay I, sh- I asked it in a weird way do you think the moon landing was fake <laughs> without judgment at all i have no idea really i don't know i choose to be skept- skeptical of all of it i don't think the moon landing itself was faked Oh. But I had to pick a particular conspiracy theory to fit with the joke of arguing with the night manager of a red lobster. Yeah. And I think the moon landing one was good. Elvis is still alive is gone as a No, as a, you can't not... you can't do that one. We're in a new we're in a new realm. That had a good run for a while. Oh yeah. I got I got a new joke about conspiracy theories, but I can't do it here because it doesn't apply to anything they have here. Oh yeah. I'm just like my conspiracy theories are just shitty now. <laughs> I love it when they, they rob you of a joke because of reference they don't get or yeah, something. You fucking idiots. This is such a good bit. And you don't realize that Trader Joe's parking lots are created too small <laughs> just to like put off the illusion of, of being popularity. Packed. Yeah. Yeah, they are small. Yeah. And be unflappable. <laughs> it's to be expected. The exciting part about life is finding out what you can't do. Because you don't find out until you try to do something and you're stopped. <laughs> what I can't do, as I found out with experience, was take off my shirt and look after two boys ages three and one. <laughs> I had a family aquatic center in East Lansing, Michigan on a Tuesday afternoon. That's specifically true. That has to be true, right? Yeah. Whose yeah. kids are they? Uh, it's my buddy, my buddy's, uh, my buddy Joe's and Kate's kids. And you're just babysitting for them? Uh, yeah, we were just all having a fun day at the pool. What the hell happened to my? What'd you need? Pen. You got one? I got, yeah, I got one here. Oh, I got it! I got it! I got it! <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> kids are weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm a lesser too, and people see me with them. And then, and then you look awkward around them because you don't know how to deal with them. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, all right, well, we're just in the pool together. All right. <laughs> I don't want. To, I don't want you. Don't touch me. I don't want to touch you. It just doesn't look right. <clears throat> and I would have never known that until I shirtlessly attempted to care for two boys. East Lansing, Michigan. They were my friends' children. I was there with them, so it was appropriate. You know, give me one. 
They said, we're going to go to the car and make lunch. Can you watch after the kids? I was like, shit, yeah, I can look after the kids. I used to be a kid. They got tiny brains. <laughs> Turns out they're quite slippery with all that baby Hawaiian traffic all over. <laughs> the youngest one's feeling about three-year-olds just sinking deeper into the deep end. The problem was, though, everybody at the pool knew they weren't my kids. You know, nervous mothers, lifeguards with whistles in their mouth on the ready. It was obvious. First off, the kids were named, they were named Malcolm and Archer. That was the, what they named these unfortunate children. Malcolm and Archer. And uh, clearly, just by looks, I am not the parent of a Malcolm and an Archer. If I have kids that I'm paying attention to at all, they probably just go by nicknames like Miller Time and the Boss. And furthermore, everybody knew they weren't my kids because it was a Tuesday afternoon and nothing about this says I have custody of children during the weekday. This is a weekend dad if you've ever seen one. I was in a legal possession of these children. By the way, I love this idea of weekend dads because... <clears throat> weekend dads are the ones who want their weekends <laughs> they should have like Wednesday and Thursday dads <laughs> yeah they should be like ah oh, god damn a two days off yeah I gotta fucking take care of this garbage kid I'm trying to get laid I, I don't know were, were your parents divorced no they're you? together yeah so are mine so I never knew what it was like to have to do that like have specified dates with a parent we had friends that had split up parents but they're both like in the community so they could walk to the houses? Yeah. Well, I think joint custody, like, it's not, you know, the joke is that I shouldn't be allowed. Like, otherwise, like, parents are cool and you can see whichever parent you want when you want to. You just live at one place. With yeah. Them. Hey, uh, you started around Hannibal, huh? Yeah. Is that, yeah. Listen to this. Listen to this. I, I know. I didn't get the oh, first I know. Time. You're influenced by him? Yeah. Or are you guys influenced by the same person? Hedberg. Hedberg? Yeah. yeah, I didn't hear it the first time I listened to it. Yeah, that. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, and how much? Hedberg. <clears throat> it's Hedberg, and it's a dude, especially for me, who's very similar to Hedberg. Is a guy named Dwayne Kennedy from Chicago. The Dreads. Uh huh. Yeah, <clears throat> and he was like everybody in Chicago. Like that was the guy. Cause comedy wasn't cool. Everybody was just dabbling in it and we're still a bunch of loot. But Dwayne Kennedy was the one guy I can convince my non-comedian friends. If I was on a show with like Dwayne Kennedy's going to be like, man, that guy's great. Oh really? And his style was like really influential on between, but through him and Hedberg I was very influenced by him. Yeah. I saw now that <clears throat> you mentioned, I saw him go up at mm-hmm. when Hannibal was running that cool room in New York. Yeah, the Nitty Factory. Yeah, yeah. And the way he brought up Dwayne Kennedy was like, it was like, Jesus, man, all right, relax. It was so like effusively. Like he was the guy. He was the only guy who was just like, we all might have a shot if this guy because he was huge and like you want to talk about just didn't care about it. Was on Seinfeld, had guest spots, had people come. Was like. He disappears from time to time. Yeah. I'll see him in L.A. He's like, yeah, I'm writing on some shows. But like, I think he was writing on Unbiased or to- to- what it was, Totally Biased. They couldn't even get him to get a laptop. He was just handing all his notes in on legal really? ads. Yeah, like, he's an off-the-grid dude. I, <laughs> Can he you type this up? Nah. He may be a ghost. <laughs> he may be a ghost because he'll just disappear. He'll be back in Chicago working for his sister's landscaping company or something. Really? But, yeah, it's, just, it's all over the place. Then you, just, then you just see him in L.A. and get like, oh, shit, it's Dwayne. Dwayne Bukowski Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, 
But he was a huge, huge influence. And he's probably one of the, like, the only reasons I kept doing comedy. The first open mic I did. I didn't bring anybody. Yeah. I don't understand comics that bring their friends to the open, open mic. Open mic? Like, no, like, don't, no, please don't come to this. You want to I'm win over be- strangers with your capability or potential. Not friends who are just going to give you yeah. undying support. Yeah. And so it was Dwayne Kennedy. Because I'd watched open mics for like maybe two or three months before I even tried it. I just went and hung out. By myself and Dwayne Kennedy and another guy named Monty, who I'm still friends with, both came up after my first time. Like that was pretty funny, man. You should come back next week. And because of that, that like those two guys, we'll keep it going. Yeah, so you can blame them if you don't like. We had uh, we had this guy named Jim Painter. Do you remember Painter? I don't think so. Okay, but he did this thing where he'd always have his hands open when he was like, and then I, I I don't know where the and then McCaffrey me we all did it like that. And I would go to New York after McCaffrey moved to New York. (laughs) Yeah, and I would see guys. Like, do this, like, why are you even, like, with this open hand thing? You don't thing. realize it. Yeah, I was like, are you friends with Tom McCaffrey? And he was like, yeah, why? I'm like, oh, all right. And it's not theft. I mean, it's just, it's you realize influence. you're influenced by, th- like, like Dwayne's thing, and I realize what I do now is he would always have a glass of wine on stage, and yeah. always right when he's about to take a sip would have another thought. Yeah. And I do the same thing now. I have a drink on stage, and it, <clears throat> it's just, under like... And I'm still telling a joke, but I do want to have a drink because I do it. And I'll have the drink. I'm like, oh, yeah, and here's more of the joke and forget to drink because I'll say the joke and then forget I didn't drink it. And then I'll put it back down. Again. Man, when I see that, though, it makes it seem so uh, genuine and natural. It's yeah. like it's an unplanned thing where it's like, oh, and I told. Yeah. You know, just keep doing that where it's like, yeah, that's that. That's a, those are two real things coming together. Yeah. Because I'm not. Con- yeah. It's not conscious, but it's like seeing Dwayne. That's what you have the time you'd laugh because. Oh, he's finally gonna take a sip. Take a sip. Up, oh, no, no, it's more yeah. wisdom. More wisdom. Caparilla used to do that, and yeah. we would sit in the back, going, "Fucking drink the goddamn water." Yeah, I'm people, drinking already. Like it was like frustrating. People were like, "What are you gonna drink? Your fucking beer, man? <laughs> we can't get beers. We're stuck in this theater. Drink your beer. We're gonna drink it." Uh, where was this? Okay, so yeah, the loneliness yeah, the joke. loneliness joke. I think it was <clears throat> Matt Dwyer and I were having a sad off. Like we're just coming up with the most <laughs> depressing jokes we've written to each other. So like, it was almost like a rap battle, but who was more depressed at each other? And I think that one came out of that. Really? That was yeah, yeah. Like yeah, sometimes I sleep on the couch because it feels like I'm laying next to somebody. <laughs> and I was like, so yeah, instead of snapping off on each other, I was like, I've done this because I'm terrible. Well, I've done this because I'm sad. And that's how that joke came around. I like that. A yeah. sad off. Then Dwyer, Matt Dwyer is a formidable foe, and that kind of the he <laughs> get you with any winner. <laughs> What's that? Do you remember any of his winners? I can't. This was I, I. There was just something we were we were like on set shooting some real strange concept idea for a stand up show. Yeah. He had to be naked in a shower. It was funny. Like, oh, we'll give you privacy. But they didn't realize like the camera was still on. Somebody's just like in video village, and just him <laughs> walking around with his dick out for the whole time, <laughs> casually like, yeah, Not realizing, we all left. Like, oh, we, that's fine. You have that. We're like, oh, gee, somebody tell him the camera's on. <laughs> tell him the camera's on. <laughs> What's the London Evening Standard? What, what happened with that? Did they really? Oh, I even- came out. I toured again, 2007. I came out to England to do Soho Theater. What did you do? Tour. No, no, it was my buddy Mark Geary from Chicago. Is originally from Leicester in the Midlands of England, and he wanted to put on a tour. And it was me and and Brido and Rene Gautier, who Bride oh, yeah. and Ray were, were dating at the time, <clears throat> and uh, Ken Barnard and my friend Steve Harvey from Chicago. 
Uh, and we all came out and did like a mini four four city run. I think I've changed his name, was, Steve Harvey. He changed it to Steve O Harvey. Okay, <laughs> but now everybody calls him Steve O, and that no. came out. Just couldn't win. Couldn't win with it. God damn it! Uh, yeah. So uh, so we just did a little run, and it was. I mean, it was fun to be somewhere else trying comedy. Hell but yeah! I don't. A couple shows were great, but the London one was. You know, eight people in the audience. One of them happened to be a reviewer. Like they still, they still review everything. They still review it. It is weird they treat it like theater in yeah. terms of reviews, and I think that's why it looks so theatrical and, on stage. Because, yeah, they take it more. They take it as it's. They, they push it towards a theater type thing. But also, maybe that's why. You know, again, I didn't have the road chops to walk in and be like, "All right, this is a strange situation. I'm in a different country in a basement of a bar to six people." Yeah. If I was a road guy. I'd be able to not be worried about it. Like, don't worry. You know these jokes work better up front. These are good icebreakers. And right. I could have been more analytical about it. Instead, I'm like, oh, I just have my um, lonely jokes. And so just drink a bunch of beer and try and tell them. And henceforth, the yeah. bleak and misanthropic review. Yeah. You get some pauses in here, too. Oh, yeah. Are those uh, to look at notes? Or are those to seem uh, like conversational? I think I just... Um, <clears throat> was nervous and taking my time yeah i didn't realize when i listened to this first time i didn't realize oh you've also never done an hour so yeah. it's like okay what's next yeah i was taking my time yeah like taking all right time. here's how does this joke go up i mean it's not like i was practicing this as an hour before this either i was still just practicing it in bits and pieces i don't think i ran it as an actual hour ever before this was recorded wow <clears throat> you wouldn't do that again now or would you? No, no, no. Well, not, but again, that's how you that's know. How you, yeah, it's a style you. Unless I exclusively enough. worked out in Los Angeles and only was afforded short sets. I'm thinking of doing that after this next, after my next special. Just doing short sets. Do a year of no long sets. Really? Yeah. There's something I had when I was just working Sh- at the store. Sharpen up your joke writing. Yeah, exactly. Of getting into rambling and stuff. I could see, and also not feeling the need to have to fill an hour. Yeah. So let the jokes just grow as they may. Yeah. Efficiency. More. 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 Uh, word economy. Yeah. Or also, like, I want to do this joke about this political thing for three weeks, and it's not going to go in my hour, and I don't want to feel like I'm wasting time. I just want to be able to express it. Well, for I a little do bit. that anyway. I just don't. I mean. The fact that now that, that now that an offer, an offer to do an hour is always there yeah. is cool. <clears throat> but I never write jokes thinking it's got to work for the hour. I'm like, no, I just want to write really funny jokes. And if they continue to entertain me by the time the uh, to record an hour, then that's what goes on the hour. Right. And everything, there's, there's not completed jokes on any special I've done. Just at that time, that was the best version of it. And that was how I was most happy. And if I, when I want to go back and listen to stuff, I'm like, oh, man, there's much more obvious way to work that joke. Be yeah. better. But fuck it, man. They can't worry about that stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. By the way, what a great way to end a track. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's my, that's my attitude. <laughs> Ever defeated. <laughs> uh, okay, we, we talked a lot about that in the thing. Yeah, my yammering too much. We got a lot to get through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, sorry. And yay was said unto the mountaintop from the godless man. Good news, guys. I don't have to go to bed anymore because it looks like all my dreams are coming true in the daytime. Um, I got a $160 ticket for going through a stop sign on my bicycle. 
I got pulled over by a cop with a gun and a badge and a whole car. <laughs> like he started everything up. You can't. What he pulled me over after a pursuit, I guess. <laughs> What it was was 20 minutes of me being unaware I was being pulled over by a police car. I pulled over, he approached the vehicle. Um, that's the term. And uh, I pull, you don't pull over on a bicycle, you just stop pedaling, is what happens, because you're already, you're already to the side of the road. It comes, I, she, you know, first thing he says out of my mouth is Bur- Burbank Police. He goes, uh, he comes up to me, he's like, What's the hurry? I was like, uh, You can't. Ask that when you're in a car and I am not. There's, I mean, I just came down a hill that was gravity. I mean, those science and nature were at work. So you didn't see me? I was following you for like seven blocks. No, I didn't see you. Probably because I'm in rearview mirrors because I'm on a goddamn bicycle. How'd you get your job? Did you just win a raffle? It's a... You gotta look around. Is there father and Sunday at work? Is your dad here? You just wake up with a blue shirt on, say, I think I'll try this cop shit out. <laughs> Fuck it. Well, I don't know. Everything, everything happens for a reason. Anybody else live long enough, uh, or at least learn enough lessons that you get to that point in your life where you realize your dreams aren't going to come true? Anybody else? <laughs> Let's get there yet? Well, it's, you know, you got plans when you're a youngster. You got ideas, premonitions. And then you wind up down the road, you know, just finding out. Oh, shit, just because I've been waking up naked outside once a month or so doesn't mean that the night before I was a werewolf. You try to drum up support from your friends. Well, it makes sense. What with all that Coors Lights I've been drinking? Then maybe those were the silver bullets that were used to kill the beast. <laughs> Rendering me in human form come daybreak. <laughs> they just look at you, you know. That's a tired excuse for your alcoholism. Well, <laughs> you got to accept things in this world. All right, fair enough. Was that, that's that way you're doing that? Where it's like, ugh, is that just to be conversational or just to be, or is it just like, as if you're like, I've, I might not how do I say this to you guys? Yeah, I think it was more like, how do I explain it? That's the thing. Nothing, nothing in this album is very calculated. Like, I mispronounce words. Uh-huh. I have poor grammar in some of it. Uh, it it's not. You know, it, it's not very calculated. Nothing here is like precision. This is how I've been practicing it. And this joke. Oh, really? No, I mean. So it, even it that is, part of like, of like the. <laughs> yeah. When a guy put that's not calculated. N- not as I remember it being uh-huh. like a strategic way to get people out. I mean, at this point now I got, you know, we're seven minutes <laughs> in the album. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'm finally starting to relax a little bit. You know, everything else is. <clears throat> yeah, maybe I did this joke, you know, three weeks before this recording. So how did I do it? Oh. You know, again, like... you. Oh, have, that's the thing, too. You yeah. have your whole career to write your first album. 
So now you're picking out the best jokes that you have from when you started comedy. That's what your first album is. Yeah. Because you have ever, nobody's heard anything, so you get to put it all on there. So the stuff that was happening through this, yeah, it was like, all right, maybe this happened two years ago, and it's a joke that worked. And I, I just, I didn't have any blueprint for this, so I'm remembering that now when people are like, "Are you going to showcase for the show?" And it's like, "What, what joke are you going to do?" And it's like. Yeah. Oh, that one good one from the open mic two years ago that you did at the best of the Scoomies or whatever. Yeah. You're like, best of the Scoomies. Whatever it was. <laughs> it's like, where they nominate your best joke. I'm like, okay, that's a joke I'll use again, I guess, if I need yeah. to. But you can't do them at open mics. No, but so you have them and you know they work, but you don't jerk off about it around town. You try yeah. and constantly write new stuff. You can do those things like maybe twice at Death Ray, but like once and then again in a year and a half. Oh, yeah, because on the message board, they would be like, well, we heard him do this yeah. before. They'd be real particular about it. His message board. <laughs> His message boards. That's, that's, I don't have transitions. Yeah. That's why uh, there's pauses uh, and some sort of yeah, every, yeah, I love weird, early on. Yeah, weird mom sort of philosophy, and then I just do another joke. I love early comedians, too, feeling the need to segue. <clears throat> Like the like speaking the desire, of, yeah. You know, I will never couple, say. A couple of comments ago, he was talking about his mom. You know, my mom. Yeah, uh, it's like just you, say my mom. You can just do it. Like, yeah. oh, he, he he's he's telling this because he heard something else. How relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. Did you really get a hundred sixty three dollar ticket for that? I did. I went to court too. I took the day off work to go to court. How, what was the result? I went and the cop showed up there. Yeah, and he had the board. You know, like that, like the that shows an intersection with the magnets. And he's like, Mr. Kinane, uh went approached the stop sign in his vehicle. And I'm like, can I make note that the vehicle was a bicycle? And like, <laughs> kind of chuckled. And I just berated the judge. I was like, why? I'm like, that's residential area, so it's legal to ride a bicycle on the sidewalk, correct? Okay. So if I was riding on the sidewalk, that would make me a pedestrian, which means I would have the right of way. So I could have gone through that intersection if I was riding on the sidewalk. Is that correct? She's like, well, now you're just coming up with, you know, you can't just come in here with hypotheticals. I'm like, well, you can't answer a question? Pedestrian <laughs> has the right of way. So if I was riding my bike on the sidewalk, I could go through it. I'm like, I don't have to have a license for this. I did not know I had to stop at stop signs on a bicycle because it's not a licensed vehicle. I came, I came with Adam with everything. But you do have to stop at a stop sign on a bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I walked out and the cop followed me. He's like... Those are really good points, man. I'm like, yeah, I know you fucking dick. <laughs> you I'm made like, him rethink his job. You're making me pay 160 bucks. I'm getting my time in court. I'm getting hurt over this. 160 bucks is so punitive to uh, someone who doesn't have money. Burbank. And it's Burbank. Anyone who's, uh, yeah. It's just uh, the no smoking zone of Burbank. Uh, I, I was pissed. Oh, yeah, $160 for somebody who's riding his bike to work because clearly he's not flush with cash. I got a jaywalking ticket once, and they asked the same thing. Like, you, you didn't see me? And I was like, I don't know, man. I looked both ways. What are you talking about? There's no yeah. cars coming. Oh, see you. What are you talking people, about? People getting jaywalking tickets in front of Bar 107, and we're looking at them like, hey, uh, officer, how about the p- two people freebasing the next block <laughs> over between two burgers? But they know you're going to pay the ticket. The people freebasing uh, aren't going to pay the tickets. And they're going to raise money for the king. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to get the money for him. So Ugh, I, don't, I don't go down that road. <laughs> um, two things. One, uh, I like the way you do those choppy words. Yeah. You know? It comes just, daybreak. Yeah, just some bellowing. Yeah, where it's almost like, let's just get done with it. Mm. You, you get it. You get it. 
It's a little stylized. Yeah, stylized. Stylized speaking. I also like how premonitions is such a worse word than seeing into the future. It only means like something bad. <laughs> premonitions of what you'll be, not like dreams of what you'll be. It's where like when it comes to cop, like I, <clears throat> whenever I do interviews, I just sound like an absolute dipshit. Like I'll read those, like I'll look at them and read them. And yeah. Like, like, oh, you just sound like a mumbling asshole, and I can't articulate <clears throat> when that. But when it's like comedy, and it's something I've said a few times over and over again, yeah. that's when it's like, wait, there's a better word for the thought I'm having. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, oh, yeah, so you can start putting some a couple $5 words in here, because they're fun to say. Like, legitimately, like, it's more entertaining for me as a comedian to start maybe not rewriting the joke, but changing the words out for more the words are great efficient words because it's like they're they're fun to say they're fun to like spit out of your mouth when it's a weird big word that's sounds more ridiculous but also means what you're trying to say i mean premonitions it's so not i mean it is sort of but it's such a yeah it's such a clear like funnier word choice premonitions sounds ominous and ominous is another favorite word of mine Uh uh-huh but yeah it's just dane used to do that yeah. Bobby Lee and, and Gatsa came back once from watching him at at, um, at uh, Dublin's. Mm. And he was like, I get it now. He goes, he, just, he didn't say, like, I touched the ground. He goes, I put my hands to the earth. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's a, just more ridiculous. It's same, a way of saying the same thing. Same dish, just a few different spices on it, man. <laughs> yeah. That's all it is. <laughs> right after that point where I realized that, you know, the dreams don't happen. That's when I... I you, you get those weird memories when you're just stuck in a rotating life of boredom where something pops up from your youth and you're like, oh shit, that was a crazy day. I remember the first time I took a shit in a bar. <laughs> and it was exciting enough, mostly because uh, what had happened was, uh, I'm from Chicago originally, and uh, as the story goes, I was in a band, I was playing at a place called the Fireside Bowl in Chicago. Now, Fireside Bowl got voted by New City Newspaper, worst bathrooms in the city of Chicago. <laughs> How have you been to Chicago? That's a lot of bathrooms they beat out. <laughs> we were loading our gear and we had a few drinks. I realized that, you know, things had to take place. And before you start to think I'm on some tangent about some gross-out story, understand that this is not some kind of graphic, disgusting story. This is, a st- this is about the triumph of the human spirit. <laughs> So, so I beg you to stick with me through this story and don't get turned off. Anyway, so there I am. Things got to happen, right? I decide there's no way I'm going in this place where we're at. I'm going to head out down Fullerton Avenue on the west side of the, of the city. Now, this is about 10, 12 years ago. Not the best place for a having-to-poop white kid from the suburbs to be running around nervously at. I get about I get about two blocks down Fullerton, and uh, I, I get about two blocks, and all of a sudden, basically, I just, I just hit a critical mass with my body, where it's like, this is happening. For you gamers out there, it's a lot like when you finish a level of burger time, and the things just start dropping inside, just... It's like, okay, all right, we're either doing this on the sidewalk, or we're going into whatever this building is right here. That building happened to be a full-blown West Side Cholo bar. No choice. I walk in with my head down. I get to the back. I, no eye contact. I get to the back. I, I, open the, uh, I open the door of the restroom. No lock on it. Why would there be? Why would you need a lock in a restroom? It's as follows. It's a tiny sink, a tiny urinal, 
a two-foot-tall brick wall. <laughs> and, then the, and then the toilet. And, the, like, the brick wall didn't even hold the toilet paper thing. I can't for the life of me. Like, maybe if, like, there was your buddy was in there and you wanted to give him a little pee splash, but you didn't even want to roll your shoulder around and you just wanted to kind of... I'm going to get you. No? Ah, you're okay. Look at... This is the thing. I commence with matters at hand. So I'm sitting there. My knees hit the wall of the bathroom. That's how small it was. I'm handling things. Door opens up. A patron of this bar walks in. Now, I can only describe this fella as, as, as looking frustrated from having run out of flesh to tattoo. That's the only way. I mean, I'm not talking sleeves. I'm talking eyebrows back on the scalp. You know, clearly representing an association. Most of them were voluntary, but you could tell he was held down with a few of them. You know, like they were forced upon him. But he knows what he looks like. He's aware. He sees me sitting there. And uh, that... This this was a changing moment in my life. I'm, I'm I've got the cold like the 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 like the cold sweats. Everything's happening. He looks at me. He knows he knows how he looks. He's he's seen a reflection of himself. And this guy made a choice that night. He could he could he could intimidate me. He could say something horrifying. You know what are you doing here? This guy made a choice. First he made the choice. To break the ice. <laughs> when he did it, he looked at me, and I'm sitting there just, just, just white, pantsless, scared, and there's, there's this wall of tension that's in there. You can reach out, grab a chunk of it. He looked at me, and he just said, uh, Hey, you taking a shit, man? <laughs> no? Okay. I, I had limited ways to respond, you know. I went with, yeah. I'm taking a chit. You know, it wasn't my place to correct him. It wasn't my place. And then uh, he thought about it for a second, like it was new information. <laughs> and then, this is, this is the choice he made, I'll never forget. He just said, uh, okay, you know what? It's Friday night. I want you to push that fucker out for me, yeah? <laughs> and then he, he came in and posted up for a high five. <laughs> what can you do? You high-five that son of a bitch back! And you sit there for a second and go, hey, the world's all right. The world's an all right place. You get, you get happy about yourself. Yeah, I remember the day I took so, a shit in, my, in a bar as your setup. It's yeah. a real ridiculous way to set up. What'd you say? What'd you shit, like, just when you're stuck in boredom and you're trying to remember things from your youth, which is, those are just called memories. Did you ever have a memory? That's how I set up that joke. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's just me filling time. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It's like it's a it's just filler. But I think it, yeah, I think it's at least mildly entertaining filler. Do you still do that, or do you see that and uh, go, "Come on, man, get to it"? I know that I know when I'm doing it now. Yeah, <clears throat> but now the filler can become again if it's more well written and more thought out. It's not filler anymore. It's I would do like it's a four minute segues because I, I I felt so false going into a new bit. Oh, just because it feels it yeah. So I had to like cheesy. wait and wait and wait until it felt natural to go into it. Carboni couldn't yeah. even. Sometimes he wouldn't even start a set. Fifteen minutes came and went, and he was like, he just never got to the point where he'd be like, "So is there the store today?" He just never got in. Once he got in, he was fine. But just to get into it, it seemed like such a a false jump. Well, it's like any, but also anytime you hear a comic say, "So the other week I was like, no, that's that's I forget somebody made that joke." Hardwick too. was that Hardwick the other day or yeah? Uh, uh, he goes, uh, "I was at the store the other day, something like that." He goes, which means. Um, to me or any of my non-comedian friends over the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, the time frame of like just the easy jumping into a bit. Point. Yeah. So I was walking down the street. No, you weren't. Yeah. And why even say the other day or last week? Just be like, I once. I saw this. Took a shit in a bar. Yeah. What does that have to be last week? What does that yeah. mean? Because you wanted to be like, I'm just coming up with this. Well, well, but how, how can I explain to them why I'm about to tell them why mm. I remembered taking a shit in the bar for the first time? Yeah, what is your, um, what's your theory on shit humor now? I love it. I mean, I've clearly had plenty of jokes about it in the past. I still have one joke that I do. <clears throat> I know there's a stigma to it. I mean, we're going for you know embarrassment. Yeah, it's. But that's valid to me. That's valid. Gross out's valid. You know, I mean, the joke I'm doing now about you know shit in my pants, like I try to say, like that's not. I make it clear, like I know that's not a unique comedy premise, and it's not a unique human premise. Everyone's done it. Yeah, everyone. I we're afforded <clears throat> the luxury of discussing uh, discussing our worst secrets and most embarrassing moments, and we could to exploit that for a living. Yeah. Like, I, we'll try to keep it secret. Yeah. Try no, that to never hide happened. it. So we're lucky in that case. I don't want to live my life where I think I can only do things with the hope that they can be exploited for comedy. Cause and then that, that's a sad, desperate that is way sad. to live too. When I see say people I that yeah. everything they do is like, man, it, it'll be a bit for me. Or what if somebody else tells a story about me being crazy? I'm like, that's exhausting. And it's You're fake. 48. And it's fake. Yeah. Yeah, when they say, like, I don't want to go to this wedding, it's going to be boring. Like, oh, you'll get a bit out of it. Like, that's no, you go because you think it'll be good. Yeah. And then if it's bad, you can get a bit out of it. Or if you don't intentionally move into a situation. But also, guess what? If it's good, you could still get a bit yeah. out of it if you're a good enough writer. Yeah, you're right. You could still creatively describe a wonderful scenario and have it be fun. Yeah. That's a skill level. That's like a mastery. I'm not at yet, but I, I would hope to be there. I just know the critique I'll usually get on something like that or, or whatever is like, uh, oh yeah, is that the only way you can be funny? Is shit humor? And I want to respond like, no, no, listen to the other bits. <laughs> There's clearly yeah. other ways I can also be the funny. It's just one of the ways. Out. Yeah. But again, this is you know the collection of like all the bits that worked within a five minute or ten minute setting. Yeah. How did I get people's attention within five or ten minutes? Yeah. So that's all these jokes. Were there a lot of cholos in? Uh, was there Mexicans in, in Chicago? This happened in Chicago, right? This one was. Uh, did I close? I think this is a different. Is this the same joke? Hold on, hold on. 
the place that this had happened at was it's now incredibly gentrified but it was like the logan square area oh yeah so nice me and yusuf stayed there (laughs) oh it's so nice oh it was not that this was 99 maybe 98 that this happened yeah it was not it was so many cafes and white people everywhere i've been gone so i go back and like this is logan fucking square i mean I, DC's I'm like that sure too U Street every place is like that I mean I live on the east I live in Silver Lake I know I'm part, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm part of the problem I know I know I saw Silver Lake get from like a few hipsters moved in but still kind of dangerous to now where it's like yeah. oh, gelato everywhere yeah when I moved yeah when I moved out, I put like look, look look at Echo Park and Los Feliz and Silver Lake and I want to move to Los Feliz I'm like this is nice but Echo Park and I was like this still Ooh. seems kind of scary yeah, but uh, but yeah. So this play, it was we this. I I mean, honestly, like all ages punk venues kind of are some of the first places that show up. And he's, you know, like no, we're gonna do this and we're gonna be nice to the community, but we need a spot that we can afford because yeah, you can afford we're it. We're not there. selling alcohol. We're not charging thirty dollars for tickets. We're charging five bucks for people to come into this bowling alley and see and see bands. So it was some people, and I can't remember the name of the bar. And Fire obviously, side. like, no, no, that's where I was playing at oh. the bar where I had to run out. Oh, that's right. You walked bathroom. down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, was it a Mexican it, bar? There were Mexicans there. It wasn't just black and white in Chicago. It's Chicago's very segregated. So this area was Latino. Yeah. Okay. This area was all Latino except for this one punk rock venue that was there. And, uh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember, like, remembering what gets exaggerated for the sake of a story and mm-hmm. what's real. What do you think of exaggeration for stories? I mean, for this particular story, I mean, we'll listen to the bit, but like, I remember that guy, I remember that guy's like said, it won't ruin the, well, I no, no, we'd already played it. We just played it. We already played it. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so now we're coming. He's like, yeah, he pushed that fucker out, man. Yeah. That was said like, and now you could tell a story over and over again to where you believe it. Yeah. You know, especially yeah, that's within a comedy. After a while, I, I go like, I don't remember if it's real or not. I and think it is. You added a detail a year ago. Yeah. Now that detail grew within it. And was that detail real, or did that just spice up the story? Yeah. But I know I went and I took a shit in a bathroom with no door, and one of the dudes at this bar, a very scary looking how? dude, encouraged me to, <laughs> to take get the it shit. Out. How high up was the wall? Like, show me how it high was up like, the wall you know, was. It was like like junior high school style style walls. Uh. Like where it's just like right there. Like, it would you know, just cover your dick height. Yeah, much. just like the privacy of keeping your pants down, which yeah. is why nobody took a shit in junior high because you're like, or no. at this place. Yeah, and yeah, and you don't shit at bar. I shit at bars. I don't care. The way you describe it reminds me of uh, that train spotting, like the worst bar in, in Scotland. Uh, oh yeah, which was in the city we're in right now. I uh, was in Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah. Huh, that's nice. It it was full circle. <laughs> yeah, and it was just I've gotten to the point where yeah, I treat myself poorly enough. There's no. I'll just wait to get home or like, no, this has to, this has to go. This is, and yeah. And that guy, yeah, it was just an ominous looking dude where it's like, I was going to judge this place and scared. And he walked in. I was like, I'll just keep to myself. I'm doing what nature needs to, you know, wants me to do right now. Yeah. And this guy was like, yeah, I view exaggeration is if it's in the, in the, um, service of the actual feelings you had. So if you're a, I don't know, a little like a Christian kid, Mm-hmm. And you see just what looks like a punk rocker. Yeah. And you're super scared to convey that feeling. It's like, yeah, put a Nazi tattoo on him. Yeah. I saw because a your demon, feeling is a the demon real. came in. This is, yeah. a, it's not a court statement. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nobody's going to go to prison 
based on these words that I'm saying right now. It's not. Right. It's not. It's not a testimony. This is for somebody to enjoy. Right. But it's like I'll get you there. You'll he'll understand yeah. what what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'd say so. Yeah. Did you? Uh, where is this? Oh, you call this a story at the beginning of it. You're like, all right, this is a story about time I shit my pants. Are you already aware? I mean, I know I saw you on Facebook or Twitter the other day or something. Be like, I'm a storyteller. I don't do, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that was a joke. Was that I called myself a storytelling comedian, which means I just take a four minute joke and beat the shit out of it for 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't, I wasn't proclaiming myself something. Don't don't make it sound like I'm an asshole. Are you already aware? Yeah. 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 I mean, are you aware of the difference at this point, the difference between like a bit and a story? I'm trying to think of when I was able to tell this story for the first time. I mean, yeah, I think any bit can become a story. I don't think you can go the other way. It's hard to make a story just a bit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it is. I don't know. It's like, Safer I'm, once I'm, said, like, all stand-up is just storytelling. I was like, I'm not sure I understand that. No. Yeah, like Hedberg was not storytelling. No, I mean, I think Jim Hamilton's amazing, but I wouldn't say there's stories in there. Yeah. He's got amazing bits. Bits bits are efficient. Bits are efficient. Justin looks efficient. Yeah. I mean, if it's storytelling and the fact that you build an idea of who that person is at the end of the show, all right, sure, I'll give you that much. But, yeah, I, 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 don't, I think this was probably a newer story at the time because I was getting longer sets, and I'm like... Oh, I wonder if at this point, you know what? what? I may have just started touring with Patton Oswald. Oh yeah, he took you. So I might have been getting some twenty, 20 minute minutes spots 25. out there in front of amazing audiences that let me pause, tell stories. Yeah, that let me like, <clears throat> all right, I'm just gonna. You're listening. You're not. I'm not losing you just because there's not a punchline every single second. And that's when you learn, like, oh, I can just. Trust that's got to be super people. helpful. Yeah. I mean, when I started going on the road with Rogan, same thing. It was packed mm-hmm. crowds of, of fans of comedy, and then you're yeah. like, oh, I can like experiment with pausing, yeah. you know, faces, gonna- anything I want. Instead of like, I'll lose this crowd if I don't go punchline, punchline, punchline. Yeah, they're gonna all like stop paying attention to me. And you realize that that kind of comedy is, you know, almost abusive to some audiences. Like, we get it, you're a comedian. What do you mean? Which kind of comedy? Just be, you boom, just, boom, boom. Yeah, just, yeah. we know, we get it. But look at this guy over here. How about this thing? Hi, what about this? Oh, geez, you see this today? It's like, buddy, yeah. you it's it like, it's sometimes now. Needy. For, that, for this t- era of comedy, yeah, it came off as a little bit desperate. Yeah. Come on, you've entertained. Look how much I'm entertaining. You're like, all right, just just believe in yourself, buddy. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we got you. It's okay. How were those patent crowds? Were they great? It's ridiculous. Yeah. The first, you know. Would you play couple, venues or clubs? First couple minu- minutes. Venues, like. Yeah. Concert venues. So like, yeah, the first couple minutes. I'm trying to think of where the first time I was opening for him was. It was right around this time, like r- immediately around this time that it was happening. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, and they were, you know, big. At this point, he was playing what, a thousand seaters. Oh, wow, over, really? I don't know if he was playing thousand seaters yet at this point. But now that I've, pl- I've played some of those places that he's played, I'm like, holy shit. On your own? Yeah. Wow. So I can't believe it. Some of them, I, I don't want to play there yet. It's too, it's too big. But That's talking yeah, about yeah, Wilbur Theater. Yeah. And they were like a couple, a couple minutes just to get used to like, wait a minute. Patton brought this guy out, so we trust him. He was approved by the guy that we want to see. Yeah. And as soon as that was the realization, it was like the best time. Right. Then it's yeah. great. 
God, I'm that's fe- a death featuring. Rate had- featuring was such a good spot. Yeah, Rogan does this thing mm-hmm. where he say, "Hey guys, I'll be out in a second, like from off stage." But before I do it, I'm bring up a couple of my friends. They're awesome, and it's like, oh, yeah. this makes it so much easier for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Just not stamp local of guys. Approval. It's it's who they brought out. Yeah, yeah, and it's so. Oh, there's no expectations, so you can only delight them if you let them down it's not like they were there to see you anyway god it's such a good spot i know i know i miss it somebody once said like i heard some feature go like you know i I, somebody told me i was better than the headliner and i was like yeah man you should have at least 10 people after a show saying that yeah because there's no pressure on you yeah so and also everyone's got different tastes and it's like Mm -hmm. whatever yeah there's no pressure and i've had that now you know you go headline now i get to pick some people to open for me here and there yeah, and people come out, and I know they've gotten they've had a better set than me, and I'm like, that's great. Yes. Good job, man. I'm not gonna get pissed. Yeah. That's it. all it does. is like, yeah. Now I have to work harder. I yeah. know what you're capable of, and because you're gonna kill in front of me, and you it's hear, gonna make me try harder tomorrow night. And you can hear the crowd laughing at a certain level. I'm like, well, that crowd is not a bad crowd because yeah, they yeah. hit that There's point. No I just didn't for me. hit it. But, yeah, yeah. I, my jokes aren't on par yet. I'm learning. I'm yeah. being educated by this process. Especially early on in a, in a new special, a new hour, where you're like, my stuff is not ready. The order's off, and then mm-hmm. your enthusiasm down, and you see everybody there like, yeah, it's boy, pretty think good. I think we, we are here to see him. We are here to see him. It's like when they left uh, Star Wars Episode one you know uh, yeah and everyone left going yeah yoda fought that yeah. was great right like no I, it's okay for you to say that was not up to it took par. a week uh, it took yeah. a week for people to be able to realize that their their expectations were dashed yeah well that's what happens when you put your all your hopes and George your Lucas. eggs in one basket yeah <laughs> oh we get a lot of this stuff all right so mm-hmm. that ending the world's yeah. all right the world gets a laugh it gets like let me a clap mm-hmm. where like they get it story's over <clears throat> yeah that's my biggest weakness in stories <clears throat> Is that what, is that, that, don't that that we're done now? Instead yeah. of going, all right, guys, that's my story. Yeah. Oh, it's over. Okay. Yeah, uh, writing and ending. I mean, the world's all right. You can pull. You pull the old college essay trick, which is you know that's what people do here with theme shows, anyways. You know, it's like you haven't. I, I feel bad saying here. I don't know if people realize we're in Edinburgh. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. All right, yeah. you're a professional. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like you, you, st- you make a statement. You, you make the introduction, yeah. and that's what's going to be like. You know, the world's not always thesis statement. The, well, thesis statement. Put whatever you wanted to in the middle. Put whatever it was. Put <laughs> yeah. the joke in the middle. But then at the end, you just tie the conclusion back to the beginning, and that makes a nice little package out of it. <clears throat> you know, oh, was that the world's in our right place back from the beginning? I don't think no. That just no. that just worked out because that joke does ramp up into a surprise ending, and I can back out with a nice positive statement at the end as opposed to negative it's hard to end something negatively for me like i don't do feel mean? good about like so that happens so fuck that guy he should go die or you know oh, right. but something like that like that's not what i'm trying to do right uh but this was like oh i'm surprised by the world around me and hey things aren't so bad and that's a good not only it's redemption was, too yeah, yeah it's redemption not only is the joke ramping up to be like a funny ending but then you say something a little like some positive affirmation at the end and it's like oh we can even laugh and clap at that because it's a nice thing on top of a funny ending to a story my yeah a horrible thing stories. a yeah. horrible thing that turned nice yeah i have plenty of stories that just go nowhere i'm doing one about getting kicked out of canada that just fizzles but also i'm not so worried about it anymore really oh that, yeah. those, those things torture me 
to be like, I, this has to go somewhere or I'm f- f- something. It can go somewhere within the story and then the ending. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that too sometimes where I'll be like, let me lay something in the beginning and the first third that I can pay off at yeah. the end. But also doing stuff like this, like I don't listen back to my material. I don't know if you do that. I don't listen Not to much. I, I did them when I had an iPhone. Yeah. I would listen to it on the subway once in a while yeah, or in my it's car. It's kind of excruciating to do this. Like I don't want to listen to myself. <laughs> but it, but once I do, like only usually it's when a special comes out that I watch it and I was like, oh, the fix to that joke was right there the whole time. But I don't like watching myself on tape. It feels like narcissistic. I feel like a fucking sociopath. Like you do something, you tape yourself doing it, then you go home and you watch yourself do that thing. That, you seem like a fucking l- lunatic. Well, I just pick apart the weaknesses. Madrigal's really good at yeah. that. He'll take a 30 second chunk and he'll write it down and then he'll be like, let me add punchlines to these 30 yeah, seconds. He'll, yeah. he'll, he'll like divorce it from any sort of like jokes mm-hmm. that are in there or the overall theme. He'll just like. It's thirty second chunk. Yeah, just making each little just piece. words. Yeah, as if he didn't even write it. Just That's, somebody wrote I it. Should be better about that. Yeah, no, me it's, too. It's job security by making sure this stuff works out all right. So and artistic security, but yeah, I'm still too lazy to actually do it. Yeah, I, it's laziness, and I feel like creepy and narcissistic when I do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but you like you just wait like that like. Uh, through the midst of everything being shitty all the time for the most part, you just wait for those moments. Those little, like, if you don't open your eyes enough. Like, what, I was riding my bike home from work, shitty day at work, riding my bike home, and I saw two clearly mentally challenged people helping each other cross the street. And they were both wearing matching T-shirts from the film The Incredibles. <laughs> and you see that, and you go, no babies are dying today. Babies won't die. Because this, this is what beauty is. This is what beauty and love is in the world. But uh, you know, don't don't take time to observe. You know, I was I was actually le- leaving here one night, and it was with uh, it was like dusk. It's with the lady. We're walking by a yard, and uh, this yard, this particular yard, had a little fence, only about like a maybe a foot and a half tall fence around it. What do they have? Tiny horses. <laughs> But what, what they had were what they had were bunnies, and uh, yeah, bunnies, bunnies, cutest thing in the world. <clears throat> they had bunnies, and there was a, a dad with his two kids there on work, and they were looking at the bunnies too. And the bunnies were chasing each other, and they were playfully chasing each other until you realize there's nothing playful about it at all. That these bunnies, they were gonna they were gonna fuck each other. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden you hit that. That, that peak, that story arch of like, oh shit, this is... <laughs> and the kids are looking, they don't know what's coming. The dad knows, and he's like, I don't want to have to explain things at this age to him. And me and my girlfriend watch, because that bunny's fucking, it's funny. <laughs> and these bunnies, through their chasing, wound up face to face. And then uh, they stopped. They just stopped. They just stopped and stared at each other. Just long enough for the male bunny to just emanate this sense of like basically what you could tell in his brain was uh, I I know this isn't how you're supposed to do this (laughs) and he jumped on top of the lady bunny the wrong way and just face fucked the shit out of his other bunny and uh, (laughs) oh my god 
You want to magnify the cuteness of bunnies? Watch them face fuck. Holy shit. It's like seeing a star explode. What am I witnessing? Oh, I might be killed at the end of this. That's how this ends. Oh, God. Hey, anybody ever make that mistake like right when you wake up in the morning and you believe in yourself? <laughs> I've been having the tendency to do that a lot lately. I, uh, I go to work every day. I work at, uh, work at 8 a.m. Well, that's my alarm clock goes off at 8 a.m. It's really 7.15, but 12 years ago I thought I would trick myself. <laughs> My alarm clock goes up at 8 o'clock. Uh, I have a big digital alarm clock. I thought it would be louder and more effective. Uh, it's a big display. 8 o'clock on a digital alarm clock just looks like the word boo. <laughs> it's, it's just like Sanyo's trying to give you a preemptive thumbs down to your day before you can even get out the gate. And, you know, the catch, the catch is you can't let it bother you, you know. You just got to spring out of bed, spring out lively with enthusiasm. I jump out of bed naked, don't picture it. <laughs> jump out, throw my blinds open, say, good morning, world. Good news for you, this package is already unwrapped. You're welcome. <laughs> I start to greet the objects that are in my room, just the stuff laying around. But you got to practice your social skills for your day. You can't just not say anything from the time you wake up to the time you get to work because you got a lot of dream residue floating around. you got to exercise that stuff out of your system. If you don't, you're, gonna, you're, just, you're, gonna, you're not going to say anything. You're going to keep quiet around your stuff, and you're going to get to work, and your supervisor who's already kind of had a little self-esteem issue is going to come by and say, Hey, Kyle, how's your weekend? And you're going to yell at something like, You look like the dragon that fucked my dad! And you... <laughs> You can't say that to the place that's giving you health insurance right now. <laughs> you know, just get it out of your system. Walk around, pace around, pick your points out. Clean laundry, folded, looking sharp. Nice work, guys. <laughs> I like it. Dirty laundry. I see ya. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll get you on the weekend. You're fine. You're okay. I get into my bathroom, and uh, as was with my ritual, I start with my morning pose down, starting to make sure everything's looking dialed in. Now, it helps. At some point, I had written the word champion on my bathroom mirror with chapstick. Now, don't... I really can't go into explaining why I did it, but... It makes for a hole, like the reflection. It's like a baseball card, whatever. You know me, you understand. <laughs> I'm looking at that, and I'm starting to feel good about myself to the point where I'm like, I know I don't exercise. I'm starting to get, there's got to be some kind of other force at work. There's got to be a chisel somewhere in this bathroom that was used to sculpt this work of art. <laughs> and due to the inevitable hangover, I'll start looking for a chisel. I'll open drawers. 
medicine cabinets. Uh, don't find a chisel in the bathroom. Of course not. Why would there be a chisel in my bathroom? What there is uh, present at all times in there, though, is a garbage can overflowing with Del Taco wrappers. <laughs> that's when the wave of reality washes over me. And I remember, oh yeah, Adonis, you want to know how you really live your life? Yeah, what you do is you come home at five in the morning shithoused, and you eat a half a dozen quesadillas where you sit on the toilet and read books about werewolves. Oh. Okay. Yeah. How you feel now, Hercules? Well, well, I feel like getting back into bed. It's about boo 30. Could show up just late enough to work to where they won't fire me. Like that, you know, like I say, story arch instead of story so arc. arc. Like a <laughs> couple of drinks I had are settling in. But uh, so like, yeah, I, I was going to ask you know. about that. It was a couple mumbles. I'm like, you're you are a functioning um, uh, alcohol lover. Uh, yeah, and I, I mean also, but it's, it's couple a couple mumbles. Of, so I was like, it's mm-hmm. a little bit of Dean Martin play it up Playing on it up. stage. Yeah, because it's. I mean. Honestly, this early in the game for me is a defense mechanism. Right. You know, it's a little shield you get to have between you and the audience of like, well, I'm just, hey, I'm just saying, I'm just up here having drinks, having fun. Yeah. So now I don't like coming off like that on stage. Drunk. Yeah. I don't want it to be. I mean, I should, I hope I look like I'm having a good time. That's an easier defense mechanism for an audience is like, oh, if this guy's having fun, let's have fun with that guy mm-hmm. as opposed to, <clears throat> I, this guy's drunk. Let's yeah. be drunk with this guy. Or drunk, or just, or just at least enjoying himself, as opposed to somebody that's angry, and then now you're being preached at. Mm-hmm. I don't respond well. To that. There's great comedians that do that, but I don't. Re- I don't respond well. I don't want to hear it. I definitely don't want to hear it from a 27 year old to tell no, me what's wrong with the world. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to tell me. Like you've never what, been robbed. How do you know what the world's like? Yeah. Yeah, that that's the biggest thing. Look, get rid of the truth explosion. Yeah. Oh boy. No, it's not. No, it's not. I, you know what I want to hear you say? I don't know how anything works. Now you have my attention. Oh, so you're going to explore with wonder all these concepts. Yeah, that's you okay. You're approaching the world with wonder instead of a set set of ideas that, oh, no, I'm fucking, which I was that asshole when I was 25, too. I thought I knew everything about race. I was like, I made observations. And I'm like, no, man, you've just now been exposed to Latinos and Indians. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't, you're, not obs- you're not observing anything. These are just easy fucking references that yeah. like, everybody observed yeah. it. Calm down, Columbus. <laughs> They've been here the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were just in the other neighborhood. They just needed a white person to point out things <laughs> about them. Yeah. Latinos having kids. That was a big one for me. Uh, yeah. God, I hated myself. <laughs> No, you should. I hate who I was. I think you should cringe at old comedy of yourself. You yeah. know, like that means you grew. Yeah, yeah. You know, I guess you're right. not like, no, man, it was great the whole time. Boy, this one here, excellent. He's like, no, you should cringe at early shit you've done. Yeah, this drops off a cliff. This bunny thing. Listen to this. <laughs> it just seems to like die there instead of like. I, I, it, it's just like. I don't know. If I saw you doing that now, it'd be like there'd be an ending or there'd be like a lesson yeah. or there'd be a something. Yeah. It's just, there's not. Right. It's not. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's this record, man. It just doesn't, it's not a polished record, man. It's, it's more of just a documentation of where I was at in 2009 
having done comedy for 10 years yeah and now i just quit a day job to pursue it for a living and i didn't i don't listen to a lot of comedy albums so i didn't know yeah. what to expect i know it sounds terrible but i don't like i see comedy every people day listen some people don't every day of my life i go i'm at a comedy show yeah pretty much yeah, you know what and comedy's you, like. I'm gonna be, I don't even watch specials because I'm like, unless I'm looking for like shooting ideas because yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't know, I watched them live. Yeah, and at, at the end of this month too, I'm going to be home for like maybe two days and still be like, I got to go see a show. Even if I'm not on the show, let me go hang out, out with my friends mm-hmm. and watch people for, perform live stand-up. So I don't listen to albums. I don't know what to expect from them. I didn't know how this was going to turn out at the end. I'm like, ah, there's editing. There's editing or something. They're like, now nah, we kind of just put it right out there. I'm like, <laughs> all right, fuck it. Go for it. Like, yeah, man, just punk rock. Just put it out, man. One one take, there you go. So, you, so that story was that story, and yeah. then, all right, there's another joke. Yeah, and so it was up to them how to organize the tracks too, like from like the Down syndrome kids I, to, the, to the bunnies I, to the waking up at eight a.m. Yeah, I didn't want them to really finagle it too much. Just like man, I, here's yeah, a good break I, I point. Want the, I want I didn't want the order rearranged. They may have like switched a couple bits around. Oh, they did even that. I didn't they know. might have done. I think there's a couple, but like, and also is my attitude of like, no, if you can't pull it off live, don't put. You know, like, like it's like popular music. You hear something that's so overproduced, like you you can't do that live. Yeah. There's no. That's why everything's you know lip synced and tracks and everything. It's like because you're not a musician. Yeah. You're a manufactured, you know product out of this thing that's even like Beck had to go hire a guitarist and a pianist and stuff because yeah. he's like doing it all in his garage and you're like how's that going to be when you get to a show yeah but yeah can you replicate it live the whole idea of putting a comedy album out is like you hope people come to shows for that yeah you're just shooting yourself in the put in the foot by putting out some the super pussy. <laughs> just shot myself right in the puss <laughs> shot myself in the puss man that's how it works for me uh but the, yeah you're just fucking yourself if you don't uh if you can't replicate what you put out yeah you know like and then you just oh but we hear this album it was great they come oh, see right. you and you just eat shit it's like your headshots i mean girls have these headshots that are like wow you're stunning and you get there you're like you're six what do you mean who is this yeah, girl we you, called in yeah you paid for a bunch of airbrushing and all yeah that, that you're not gonna get hired if they want you know i mean I, I know i moved to hollywood to make you know to make this work but the manipulation level is pretty high and pretty disgusting with all that stuff so, again, I like that there's pauses and grumbles and mm-hmm. what's going on. Here. Yeah, I don't like slick. And uh, I still don't like it. Like, I, I, I still don't like doing my half hour for comedy. Because it's not, it's not, the material's not about being a polished, clean, nice person. So, I why the- should, like, when you're doing the half hour... And it's like the shiny black Broadway floors yeah. and the sweeping crane shots that come down all dramatically. And then they zoom in on you and you're like, oh, I was eating a piece of pizza on the toilet the other day. Like it's, it doesn't match what the performer's doing. So when you get to do a half, when you get to do an hour, you have a little more say in it. And the yeah. last one I had the most, the last one I was like, you guys aren't touching it. It's all leverage. I'm going to pick where I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick who's going to shoot it. I'm going to choose how it looks and just <clears throat> strip it down as much as possible. Don't, don't Also at this point they trust you like, "Oh, you know what you're doing." So, okay, you I can think pick they're up. trusting a lot of comedians. Like, don't point the cam- Oh, he said something about mm-hmm. Asians. You better point the camera at some Asian people in the audience to make sure they're laughing to That ain't even comedy central. That's just some editors who go, "I guess this is the way we're supposed to do it." Yeah, and just just old school guys. Old school. 
It's just not respected anymore. That's that style. I ha- I've had to tell them too when they're like the stories. They were like, "Oh, let's chop out." There was like a five seconds where he pauses. Yeah. I'm like, "No, that was on purpose. Don't pull yeah. that out. Let I, it breathe." I made the mistake of not being real present with the editing of oh, uh, so important of uh, whiskey Icarus. Really? So there's stuff oh, that's that too was ago. cut yeah. out of that. And then this last one, I'm like, "No, I will now watch this because I realize, like, you just cut out a punchline, especially if this is a commercial break." That it's not going to make sense when it comes back. How, mm-hmm. And admittedly, that editor's sitting there and watching the same jokes over and over again, where it doesn't even make sense to them anymore. It's not their joke. They don't and, care as much. And it's, but that's also like... But if you it, left it to them, they, they would take that Chris Rock album and be like, oh, yeah. uh, it, you know, what are your Pete shit over and over again? Yeah. yeah. You know? And they would be like, just once is good. Yeah. He, we don't have to do it. Like, like the performer chose to say it three times in a row. That's yeah. his choice. And and they're also constrained by commercial breaks and everything. So it's yeah, more like are. Comedy Central, air this stuff uncut. Bleep out words if you have to, but air yeah, it Yeah, why uncut. not air it for an hour and a half? Air it uncut. Oh, I know. The first spe- I did 90 minutes on this last one. I'm like, but I'm saying, like, even if you're showing it, like, if you have an hour special mm-hmm. and they're showing it in 44 minutes, why not show the whole thing? If you still have your commercials, but make it 90 yeah. minutes of airtime. Just full, the full yeah. intended special. What's the problem? It's still, it's just free programming for you. you've already paid for it yeah well i mean i guess a rerun of south park would be better yeah there's a reason we're not executive <laughs> lack of professionalism uh, we're waking up at noon don't i don't see where the checks come from for those guys so yeah yeah it's always a question of like all right i get it you got to make money yeah but i don't care about snickers why is why is Snickers intruding in my bit? You tell me who's going to sponsor it. I'll work it into the set. Hell, yeah. I'll put the commercials in myself. Matt, my, one of the funniest things I'd ever seen was we were taping the half hours, and Matt talk, yeah. Matt Fultron was taping his, and yeah. he was putting his own commercial breaks in. Was he really? He'd finish a joke and just go, we'll be right back. Really? <laughs> he's dying. <laughs> yeah, because you could tell editors, when just in the future, when looking, we're just going to be like, oh, this motherfucker. Because <laughs> like, he just finished a joke, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, Welcome everybody. Back, everybody. <laughs> Did they use that? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, they, they should have. Full charge. Violent animals out there. Violent is right. What are they doing to those? I don't know. Man. I think we just heard somebody murder a dog. Yeah, it went kind of quiet there. Kinda... Yeah, after a squeal. Yeah. And a struggle. I love these life moments where you realize I'm not going to be a hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I will hand this over for evidence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> An like, it comes to me like I'm the MP3. <laughs> Do you hear anything? As a matter of fact, I got a recording. Oh, that dog was barking. Then I went, you're right. It was a squeal and then it stopped. Oh, no. It's just a... If I saw a dog abuse, I would for sure say something. Oh, really? Well, we, just, I just, we just got put to the test. Well, we didn't see it. We didn't see it. Me and Bobby Lee one time, we saw... It was when Hollywood Boulevard was kind of shitty before Hollywood and Highland came. And uh, we saw some guy like running and a store owner running after him. He had this box yeah. of sneakers in his hand. Clearly, just stole it, and we saw yeah. him coming. We were at a coffee shop on the, on the sidewalk, and we saw him coming like all the way down the street. I mean, we had thirty seconds to prepare, yeah, to understand what was happening. We were like, "Whoa!" And we just let the guy just run right past us, and yeah. then the shop owner ran right past us too. We we're like, "Oh, what?" I mean, we could have just tripped him. Anything at this point, cowards. If we've learned anything right now, I know nothing about people's circumstances. All oh, right, and what they're going through. Don't get involved. Did that guy work there, and his boss is a dick? Yeah, I oh, never know enough sides of the story to start interacting. Yeah, you know, which 
Or if it's friendly, they're playing tag or something, and then they're like, what the fuck? You just tripped me in the street? Yeah. My friend was running after me. Yeah, yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, it's especially in Hollywood. Like, God, yeah, probably a prank show. Oh, yeah. I blame it all on a prank. I blame everything on prank shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they're doing another jackass movie. Must be that. All right, let's get back. Right. Is that something you actually do? Did you actually do it? Did you <laughs> do it once? I'll do some. Yeah, I'll be weird in the morning. I'll talk to myself. I've been staying in this apartment by myself all day. Like like I was saying, I'll I'll leave at 9 o'clock at night, and the first people I'll talk to all day in person are the people at my show. I've been doing that too, showering at 9 and then going to my show. Yeah, like, and oh. I'm all right with it. I'm all right with not only is my voice going out a little bit from being out all night, but yeah. – Honey. I like, I mean, even if I'm in a city, I could just still walk around and not communicate, just observe. Like, I don't have that need to interact constantly. Yeah. Do you feel bad about not doing it? Do you feel like an outside societal pressure, like, what's wrong with you? I do. No, but because, I'm happy not talking. No, every night, I do it for a living. Hmm. Every night I go out and I will socialize. I'm not antisocial. Yeah. But I'm also not tortured by the demons in my head i like being alone i entertain myself yeah i have fun being you know just screwing off in my apartment playing shitty guitar playing you know do you sing stupid songs car. to yourself ever yeah I do gonna put ki- my yeah cup in the sink all stuff kinds like of that. dumb shit yeah all kinds of dumb shit and i and i enjoy my own company i don't know if that's some sort of what level of sociopathy that is but I don't mind who I am. I yeah. like I like I'll go camping by myself. I do, do you like, really? You go camping yeah. by yourself? I, I, I don't go as much as I'd like to, but I get out like once a year to go out for a couple nights in the woods and just chill out. When are you leaving here? When am I leaving? Scotland. The thirty first. <sighs> Why? We're gonna have some do some stuff. Oh yeah. I extended my trip for like two days so I could like. Oh really? Just go explore. Yeah, go to the Highlands. I got some mushrooms. Oh man, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I was figured a month away was too long. Yeah, but but yeah. So I don't mind. Like yeah, the not talking to people. Like that's why I do in New York. I get high and walk, just walk around and talk to no one. Yeah, I almost had a dog that was going to take care of that because I I would be the person that talks their animal. That's dangerous. Then you never go out. Yeah. I had I had a foster dog and I realized I'm like let me foster dog see if I can do it I'm like it would not be fair I would not be able to live the life I want You're on the I'm road so care for this animal the way I yeah. want to care for it but <clears throat> I do like I I this is the weird like I like I still can't get over like if it's okay to just go to the dog park without a dog and like just sitting there I love doing that but it's just, not okay. Why is it not okay? I'm not trying to fuck them. Like I'm hanging out, hanging out at a playground. That's what it feels like. I just like kids. Like, and even that. Why can't I watch kids practice soccer? That's it's nice. Yeah, see these kids playing a sport. That's fucking Rockwell. There might be just some people in the world that enjoy youthful excitement and delight in the world that aren't perverts. I watch these kids fucking. They wear. I thought it was a batting cage. I was walking around. I was like, oh, batting cage, cricket cage. Oh no shit! Yeah, and I was watching these kids play cricket and like just throwing at each other in the in a cage. Going for it. Yeah, and then I was like, people were passing me. I'm like, oh no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want any of these I'll kids. Go, yeah, just watching people at a skate park. You know, just watching. Kids yeah, that, well, that's stuff great. And getting out there, it's like, yeah, good for you. I, I'm not. 
I don't have a fucking boner. I'm just remembering that I used to be those kids and how much joy I had in my life at that time. Yeah. Why can't I sit at a dog park and have some free pets? Yeah, touch it. That dog, dog comes up to you. Hey, yeah. come around, what's around. his name? And which one's yours? Like, oh, I don't have one. And I'm a mm. psycho. No, I'm a guy that realized that I'd be a shitty pet owner. And that's not fair. But let me get my free pets at the dog <laughs> park. And I get my fill for the day. You know what I want to tell him? Like, I am going to commit suicide. But that'll get postponed by this petting. Yeah, are you going to not let me do it? Yeah, they bring these they bring these animals into cancer wards to make people feel better. <laughs> yeah. I don't have cancer. I just walk right here and feel better about my day. Because <laughs> your weird chihuahuas rolling around in the dirt over there. Oh, I love it. They roll smile, around the dirt. Puts a smile on my face. <clears throat> they all chase after each. I like when one dog starts running and the rest are like we're, we're running. We'll just do it. Oh, I was there with. Some people, they like a white Pomeranian that was just a straight-up rapist at the dog park. Humping everything. They were, like, they were like, I hope it does. The couple was sitting there like, that, that. There's a girl, too. They're like, that, there, there she goes. Really? Yep. And, you see, and a white Pomeranian, just all fluff, just making a hump motion on any dog it could get its hands on. Sounds like Paris like, Hilton. This, yeah, this is a sex crime, but in the dog world, it's hilarious. I love- I'm sorry if that's problematic, but them just being like, that. All right, come here. Come on, shots. <laughs> like trying to call the dog over. Dog doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> See some other way. No, I'm good, man. Trying to pull him apart. Like I love when dogs get mad. Like, can you keep your dog off my dog? And it's like, oh, your dog doesn't mind. Yeah. It's not like your dog doesn't mind having not, dog pussy juice on it. Yeah. <laughs> they're not fighting. Yeah. They're not fighting. Yeah, you're putting human emotions on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got a lot of specifics going. You still doing that? I wrote De- down a few details. Yeah, yeah, super detailed and uh, again, just yeah, red lobster it a rich story, East Lansing, <clears throat> Michigan, Hawaiian Tropic, things like that. Yeah, it does make it richer. It makes it, yeah, it's just better storytelling. You get like better sense of it. You, I think. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Do you think that out, or is that just you do it and then you're like, oh, I guess that's why I did it, or no, you like, I should get some specifics. It's in here. also like putting the bigger words in there. Again, you're right. saying something over and over again. That how can I make this more interesting for myself? I have to listen to it as right. well as say it every night. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to go on autopilot where I can say a joke and then just be thinking about something else. It's happened a couple times. I'm like, this is when you're over as a comedian. Once you check out and you're not emotionally involved with what you're saying on stage, <clears throat> so even changing something up or making something that much more specific makes it puts me in the place. And makes it more specific for somebody to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see you doing that. I could see going like watching two kids. Watching two kids. Watching two kids. Watching two kids in East Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. Like, okay. What was I watching? Just throw it in there. Yeah. Fills out the bit. Again, I'm trying to do a a long special for the first time, so I'm trying to get it filled out. Yeah. But but. again, like, like if you read, you know, an author... Well, I mean, when I say, oh, the clouds were white and the sky was blue, or do you use words to like make it more specific? You know, yeah. That's the writing part that comes out. I, I agree. It might not serve, no, it might not be funny, but the compilation of all that effort yeah. makes a, a, a just, I think, a, just a meteor thing to listen to. You can also to picture again. it better. I mean, to say, yeah. like, I was talking to my buddy. Mm-hmm. In a in a in a kitchen is just not as rich as I was talking to Kyle Kinane at his yeah. kitchen in his flat in Edinburgh, Scotland. Yeah, or it, even just saying somebody's first name. So I'm hanging out with Greg. Yeah, 
somebody knows a Greg and they put that Greg in their head. Or you and they can picture Greg. Okay, that, instead of like my one friend, my other friend. A guy named Greg. We all know a guy named Greg. He might look like this or a little bit like that. It just, it's, it's, story, yeah, it's better storytelling. Marty Bevilacqua, you know, from Seinfeld. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I still know that name. It's great. Oh, yeah. Like, how many times did they, yeah, just drop a name that, like, uh, like now I'm flaking. Art Vandelay. Art Vandelay. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was made up, but like, yeah, stuff like that. I think anything that adds to specificity, to genuineness, is like, or yeah. specificity ends up adding to genuineness. Yeah, and it also makes me know exactly who or where or what time in the world I'm talking I've about. I've tried changing names, too, mm. and it, I lose something. Like, if I'm talking about my friend Tate, and yeah. we go to, went to a strip club once, and, and if he's like, hey, man, I'm, I was married, you can't really say my name. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah. Then I say, instead of saying Tate Fletcher, I'll go, you know, Kyle Kinane or, or, or yeah, something yeah. else. I'm just not fully picturing Tate Fletcher anymore. But my thing is, is that that's when the enrichment and enhancement of the story or yeah. exaggeration happens. It's like, well, I could just change a little bit and it's fine. The story's yeah. still right there. Yeah. But now I, you know, Tate, Tate's this guy, but now I'm calling him Jeff. And Jeff's more of an enhancement to this guy. Oh, Tate's a little chubby. Jeff. It big fat, you know, and <laughs> right, like that's, right, right, right. that's how these stories. Yeah, and you can actually picture a different person. Yes, these stories start growing and becoming a little more exaggerated, but it's still rooted in the fact that a real guy was there. Yeah, that happened to be a little overweight. I'll even in my lies, I'll try to be like, they're like, who'd you go out with? And I'll say, instead of going like some girl. Whenever somebody says you don't know them, that means for sure you do know them. Yeah, um, yeah, you don't know. Okay. Oh, really? I've met. Okay. I don't know them a bunch of times. That's what. What a great way of just telling me a name I wouldn't recognize. Then. <laughs> yeah, just say uh, my friend John from what? Jennifer Watkins. Yeah, <laughs> I remember saying Suzette Benitez because she's my friend from college from Puerto Rico, and they're like, "Oh, really?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's in Puerto Rico. She lives here now. She does this and this." And I just cho- I used her jobs. I'm just you picture one person. <laughs> The lie cult's true. You know, I've been watching Dexter for this last week. It really? sounds like that. Like, I'll just use this name. Nobody knows. And a completely <laughs> fictionalized person. Then I'll just get a, maybe a license made up for, <laughs> for this person. <laughs> Benitez. <laughs> All right. I can almost pinpoint where... Like, what I was, uh, like, I was raised uh, with the expectations of being smart. First, I mean, oh, like, like I, I probably, I think I cheated on a couple tests. But then we also had these Iowa standardized tests that we took at my school. Those were the Scantron tests. The Iowa, uh, the Iowa basic test was what it was called, and that was a standardized test for the entire area I lived in. And then later on in life, I visited Iowa, and realized that that's not the place that you should base a standardized test off of. Regardless, uh, I did well in these things, and they put me in a. They put me in the gifted classes. In my public high school, they put me in gifted classes. End result, senior year, they took me out of all these classes. Like, all my friends were in auto shop or woodworking, learning skills for life. (laughs) And they put me in things, they put me in this class called creative thinking, is one of the classes they put me in. It was a creative thing. I said, Kyle, the syllabus was one page, and it was one sentence, and it said, explore your imagination. (laughs) Oh, shit. Look at this. That's pretty great, huh? That's adorable. Explore your imagination. Okay. I'll do that instead of learning this other stuff. I'm 32 years old. I have a fantastic imagination. I have no applicable job skills whatsoever. 
You know what it's like to go on job interviews where people are asking, are you familiar with Windows XP Excel spreadsheet programs? No, but sometimes I pretend I'm a bird. <laughs> Well, guess what? When you wash your car, I'm going to shit on your windshield. Maybe that'll drive the point home. I can, well, I can only confidently apply to businesses where the first name of the business is what they sell and the second name of the business is a fictional geographic location or architectural structure. <laughs> Let me give you an example. Radio Shack, Pizza Hut. Those are the only places I could walk into and say, yeah, I think I got this one. <laughs> First job I applied for in California, I moved here six years ago. First job I applied for was at a Nike town. <laughs> <laughs> Even walking in there with my little button-up shirt, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't even like sports. The guy was like, what position you applied for at Nike? Tell him, mayor? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, what's open? I don't know. What you... It's like, this isn't an actual town. Like, That's perfect, because I really don't have much political experience. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've done, I've done, like it's just been warehouses and fucking kitchens. I drove. I thought, I was like, what? Well, you got to think about what you like to do, and then look up jobs pertaining to that. So I thought, hey, Kyle, you like hiking once every six months. <laughs> Maybe being a park ranger is something that would be right up your alley. So I looked at the website for park rangerisms, and they wanted some kind of, you know, college degree in botany or horticulture, also maybe some kind of public service or police experience. And so then I brought out my current resume, where I have uh, six years of unpaid art school and an expired forklift driver's license. Expired... Not because I chose to let it lapse, but because I uh, actually crashed a forklift at my job. <laughs> Those of you not familiar with the blue-collar sect of uh, the workforce out there, uh, electric forklifts, the more energy you give them through the gas pedal, the higher-pitched whirring sound they make. Not unlike that of a giant 9,000-pound theremin. <laughs> <laughs> And what had happened one day at work is I had just about figured it, at least a solid three-quarters of Sloop John B. <laughs> and then I crashed into an entire pallet full of air conditioning units at the Sears distribution warehouse I worked at in Roselle, Illinois. And surprisingly enough, my employer decided to not renew my forklift license. They didn't fire me, though. They gave me a desk job, like when a cop shoots the wrong guy. <laughs> that one, I can't figure out that one for the life of me. For three years, for three years to support myself, I uh, th what, what I did in Los Angeles, I uh, 
I packaged and shipped gourmet cake decorations. That's what I did to feed myself. And uh, it didn't pay real well. So every day for lunch, I would eat gourmet cake decorations. Remember being a little kid and they'd bring out the cake and it was all on fire and everything and you'd be all excited and yell out, I want that piece on the corner because it's got all the frosting and the flour and a little bit of Timmy's name and the gelatinous letters. I got to eat that every day. It was not the ideal diet your eight-year-old mind would lead you to believe it was. I packaged and shipped these things so well, they promoted me to selling gourmet cake decorations over the phone to strangers. Now, if anybody in here has ever been curious as to what it might be like to be a stripped bare toothless cog spinning freely and ineffectually in the working machine of society, might I offer selling cake decorations over the phone to strangers. I thought... I was worse. I took no for an answer every time. How could you not? Hey, it's Kyle. You need cake decorations? No? I totally understand. Why would you? Nobody needs this. I tried some even more useless shit. Hey, it's Kyle. You need cake decorations? No? Maybe dinosaur shampoos are what you're looking for. Maybe you got a filthy stegosaurus and your neighbor's been judging you. Like in three years, I just wanted one person to answer the phone like, Thank God you called! Oh my God, I had made this whole cake. It has just been sitting here. Five more minutes, I was going to let the cat start licking on it. But then your angelic voice came over the airwaves. God damn it. I like how this is changing up. Yeah. I got to start doing these where I'm like, hey, listen to your album ahead of time. This gets so boring. And people don't want to listen to their albums in front of anybody else, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange experience. Yeah. You're just like, all right, you remember now. Okay. So you hit that punchline hard. Mm-hmm. Is that like, you know, I'm gonna make deck cake decorate like a yeah. harder to that get a laugh. Was, yeah, and now, break me through the technical aspects of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little more relaxed in the set at this point, and that was one of the jokes that at the time I was doing. Like that was one of those kind of defining jokes where it wasn't just a joke, but it was a bit about my life, uh-huh. and that's what people were eating up. So I was like, I I knew how to sell that one more if I had a showcase somewhere or was doing what like a spot of the improv where people might be. Like, you surprised with this? Yeah, I like, did. Go on, make cake decorations. Yeah, like, so that, bam. That's a rehearsed like rehearsed, but like a, a a more well-worn bit of mine at the time. And because it was uh, like, and this is my life. You know, you have to have the bits like uh-huh. let me tell you about who I am as a person. But it, I, I'm, I'm proud of the joke. I'm yeah. proud of the joke works. Whenever they're like, who you are as a person, that always being who I was nine years ago. Yeah. Oh, you used to be a religious guy in yeshiva? Talk about that. Like, that's not who I am anymore at all. Yeah. But Why do you want me to talk about it? it? Let's exploit that now. But yeah, that, yeah, this joke, I, this is in the bellowing stage of things. And uh, I was also still pretty, because yeah, 2000, I quit that job in 2005. 
how long after you like, apply for this job does a bit start coming together about it? I started writing about that place right away. It was my first job in L.A. Gourmet Tech Exploration, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever was, caller. It was like the most like the my owner was an old Hollywood actor that was in like your owner. The, the the owner of the business. Did I say my owner? Yeah, it's my, such a great not, way to put sorry, working for a living. My owner. My owner. My, my handler. <laughs> That's bosses. That's what they are. Yeah, I was, was going to try to say the owner of the business, my <laughs> boss. But, but I go in for the interview, and right, it was just some like small place in Glendale. But the guy comes in, and he's like this old, he's like, he's in his 80s at the time, I think. Yeah. And just, he's like, oh, yeah, oh, you're here to do comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in. You know, he was in uh, uh, Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone. He was in stuff in like the 50s and 60s. He was like a regular sitcom oh, actor. Cool. Wow, but then and, he's doing this. It's but yeah, cool. I was like, like what? And he, he's like, all right, everybody. Like right like that day, I get the interview, like going, he comes out, all right, this is Kyle. I have to hire him. He's a homosexual. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this guy's hilarious. And the two people in the office are just like, ugh. <laughs> I got over him. But I thought he was hilarious. Uh, you think he's got like a shtick he says like all the time like I think, I'm I think he's you. just he, he was just a, a just a weird old <laughs> showbiz type and he would just tell stories like you know and we see we knew everybody I mean you know James Dean Jimmy'd come into the bar like Jimmy are you out sucking dick he sucked dick we were fine with it we didn't care we knew he was a queer guy <laughs> <laughs> he would just, just tell these stories that I liked but that nobody else like I, I worked with a couple screwballs uh, but I'm like, why do you do this? Like, in a house in the hills, like it's either th- this or go to the track every day, oh, and just right. had some sort of operation set up where he can, you know, import these cake decorations from the Philippines. But his wife was also from the Philippines. I don't know what was going on. Weird. There. Something was going on, but it was just it was basically a business. It was he retired. Give him something to do. Yeah, just something yeah. to do. Like people a lot of retire. women do matchmaking, or at least my mom, my mom's friend, Miss Butler, and someone else did that. And I'm like, Are you guys bored. But it's like, yeah, they're probably bored. Just something to do. Something yeah. to like have an activity. And you'd get pissed off at it. And we're not selling. You know, Did you tr- sell any? I would be in warehouses. Like, I'll get, you know, I'll get a raise. And I went to sell like cold calling bakeries. And you could tell they hated dealing with this place. Because they would be like, ugh, no. We just no. We already have a place. And I like, I'm, that's the writing the joke was like realizing the futility of like, I'm cold calling. Not even with something that anybody would ever need. How much well, you make? It, I mean, it was minimum. No wage. way, it was commission based, was it? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was minimum wage, and I just felt bad because I was half ass, and I had some other side job at lunch. I would like go and pick up fabric downtown and deliver it to Glendale. Like I was trying to just hustle, like as much as you could get by. Yeah, just get. Yeah, I was, was you know, you know, I just yeah, I was broke and just trying to make money wherever I could. It wasn't coming from comedy. Some guy gave me advice. I went to make my tapes. I you remember how to make a copy of a tape. Oh. Oh yeah, I went yeah. to yeah. Oh, fuck. buy a bunch of ten thinking minute blank of, tapes. Thinking about stuff like that, yeah, getting VHS duplicated. But this guy was doing it for me, and he used to be an actor, you know. And he was like, my yeah. advice: you know, all my friends like you know failed out and they're done. And I was like, well, you failed out, you're just not done. Yeah. But like, but he goes, my advice is just survive and then succeed, which I kind of like because yeah. so many people are like, oh, I ran out of money, I got to go home. Yeah, I blew it out trying to live the life. I'm like, and again, that's again realizing what I had to do from early on. Like, always have a day job. My parents like, no, yeah. always work. You pay your bills. Yeah, because even if you're broke, if your shit's paid off, they can't take it away from you. 
You know, don't yeah. fuck with credit cards. Don't fuck with credit cards. They do that in college. Where they uh, kill everybody. It's it's they can't make decisions. It's theft. It's legal theft. Credit card? We'll give you a T-shirt. Yeah, it's got a and, guy from and, Animal House yeah, on don't it. Don't even worry about it. And then you look. It, like, it just took me like I think two years of fucking with credit cards to see how much something really costs. I'm like, this oh. is disgusting. That these ninety dollars for these thirty dollars yeah, shoes. That these people are getting my money for this. And yeah. now I get credit cards. I will never I paid off every month. Thank you for your paid rewards, month, yeah. Capital One. I yeah. will enjoy these Best Buy gift cards. They hate you as a customer. You can, no, I'm terrible. All they make is the one percent off the off the uh, business. Or yeah, something. they make zero off of me. But give me your miles, give me your gift cards. Yeah. I'll take all of it. You go fuck yourselves. They only exist so that you'll fuck up. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> they, they're they're betting on you being shitty with your finances. That's how they profit. Is you being now in terms of emergencies? It's great. Oh, it your is car great. breaks down. You don't have it. Yeah. It's and you're not great carrying cash it. on you anyway, too. Yeah, but your sense of what's necessary in life changes as soon as you have a credit card. Well, I need now that I have a credit card, I can get that. And I probably need it anyway. I need new shoes. But it's been a month. Yeah, it was my mom. <laughs> no, my mom's shoes. like, yeah, if you can't afford it now, you don't need it. Yeah. And it was like good thing to be raised with. Yeah, you don't have the money. Yeah, if unless it's food. Yeah, food, basic yeah. groceries. That's yeah. it. I look at now Shelter. like how many shoes I have in my closet pointless and just like and thinking back to the day we're like once a year oh yeah i was bored like, in tempe yeah so i had to go shopping to fill my hole yeah yeah i wasn't feeling good i just move a little money around put some new <laughs> put some new tires on yeah but yeah like 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 buying a new pair of shoes and for that week where they're nice just feeling great about yourself yeah just buying adidas at some place off melrose that weren't just the kind of adidas you got at Foot Locker. they're maybe just a little bit different just feeling great just feeling fucking great about new shoes yeah, now you go down to Fairfax and you be like, I still can't afford this. What is this? $700? Yeah, yeah. What? But I look at the shoes I have that I don't even wear. I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking on these. <laughs> yeah, like these are well, these go with nothing. These this are gross. Gold and aqua. <laughs> that's, what that's what happens at the Adi- at the Portland the Portland outlet and and of, of the Adidas store. Like, it's well, in Portland, right? Yeah, that's it, where it is. Well, it's yeah. half off, so I should. I'm not going to have the opportunity to get these gold and aqua shoes ever again yeah. for this price. Move now. Get yeah. it now. You'll sit now from now. If you see me wearing them out, I'll be extra self-conscious that night because I've never I'm like these are not me at all. Yeah. All right. Next bit. Yeah. Voices. Uh, that's what happens. I get to go back to. Uh... You look back like advice that your parents had for you when you were a teenager that you didn't take because you're being a dick because that was your job. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, that was, it was your job. Even if it was good advice, like, fuck you guys, you know. That's, <laughs> I just remember when I was 18, I told my parents, I'm like, I'm going to go to art school. And they, with concern, reasonably with concern, said, how do you plan on paying for art school? And I said, it'll pay for itself. <laughs> <laughs> I write that check back. Uh, for the student loan every month. I, I won't pay it online. I'll write the check out physically and put it in, in the envelope because I like that ritual of like putting that check in the envelope because it's a lot like if I had a backpack that a, a neatly and safely folded parachute was supposed to go into, but instead I just have this giant pile of dry pasta that I'm slapping into it <laughs> carelessly and hopefully. you know, Because at some point every month, I say to myself, Kyle... This idea of trying to be a stand-up comedian might not be the most 
economically reasonable plan for you to be following in this climate right now. <laughs> then everything kicks in, and I think, buddy, don't worry. You got that creative writing degree. <laughs> Shit's gonna be fine, dude. Poof, rigatoni. Oh! <laughs> this does nothing. I, I don't know if anybody else has that kind of college degree, but it's just kind of amazing how something so expensive could be so worthless. <clears throat> you know, you try to interject it in your life, try to get fancy about it. Like, no, no, I studied. I studied literature. And all that winds up doing is, well, at least in my example, is you drive with a buddy down the highway and you see a tow truck towing another tow truck down the highway. And you, you're about to say something real uh, pretentious, like, a, well, look, that could be like a metaphor for fallen heroes or how things that we view as pillars of strength sometimes need help themselves. <laughs> but, but then all, all that winds up coming out of your mouth is like, look at those tow trucks trying to fuck each other, yeah! Because no matter what your education is, if you're a dick, you're probably going to stay a dick. <laughs> That's a... I waste my days uh, right now, my free time, just watching shows about... That, that, that's that's the, the pornography of this era, are just shows about people that have jobs that, where you do something. <laughs> These are truck drivers. These are loggers. You wouldn't give a fuck about that 15 years ago, but right now it's fascinating <laughs> that somebody gets up every day and gets a paycheck. Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. I like they get lunch breaks and everything. God, what's that? That's, that's the excitement. Watch that. I just watch that. I watch survival shows. I watch Bear Grylls eat fucking dead goats in the tundra. Because I, I fully believe that that's a skill I'm going to need. I fully believe that that's what I need to know. Like I, like, I, like I follow the, the Mayans and all the other dipshits. <laughs> It's over! It's over! They figured it out! It's all over! <laughs> Nothing's over. For a good while, last year, like, I don't even follow professional sports, but I found out the Detroit Lions lost every single game of their entire season. And I was like, they know the world's over. <laughs> For, I... Detroit Lions lost every single game of their season and people wanted to call them losers. How the fuck can you call somebody that went to their job every day and did it wrong and then drove home in a Bentley a loser? Go to your job and let your boss say, you should do this. Say no. And then live in a mansion. Now, I'm not saying we should take the word heroes away from people like soldiers and firemen, but we do need to redesign it to include people that can basically say, fuck you, and still make millions of dollars. All right, like, like I came from a lineage of of people that were successful. So that's, that, you know, that's like the pressure. Like, but my grandfather, he was a, 
He was a Marine. He was in, uh, he was in World War II, all over Europe, Japan, several tours, whole thing. Hoorah, you know? My dad, Vietnam came around. My dad enlisted when Vietnam came around. And uh, the closest thing I got was uh, when I was six, my mom signed me up for a little league team that was sponsored by a funeral home. So, okay, like, I'll never see any action, but I'm familiar with the honor that's involved in wearing a uniform that thousands of people have died for. But it's, it's, not, it's not the same, you know? If you want to know what actual filler is, it's every time I just go, ugh, fuck, god damn it, because <laughs> I couldn't handle silence. It sounds so hard. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I got lucky at the time that this came out because, I mean, it, so I was, you know, still in my early 30s. Yeah. But it was not, comedy hadn't blown up quite as much yet, yeah, but it no. was a bunch of... I don't know if at that point, if they're in their 20s, if they were considered millennials back then or, then or something. <clears throat> but the disillusionment and of college and student loans and everything. Now, I, I really feel it. Back then, it, I was it, just like, hey, you got to pay for student loans. But no thought of it. It was like, wait, that was completely wasted money. Yeah. And I so I think I got lucky by getting in on the ground. I'm sure there was tons of people doing it about that. But I think the relatability, especially the audience, like the special thing, audience... Oh, right, because they were all college that, graduates. That it was a lot of people going like, oh, yeah, now we're just broke, and we're all trying to be IT people. We're trying to be An graphic OM, designers. 80, yeah, trying yeah. to be graphic designers in a world flooded through of all these. So it's just like, I think I got lucky at the timing of this, like the frustration with not knowing your life. Like, it would be more resonant if I was 10 years younger, but I think yeah. it, it helped. Like, yeah, but the fact that you're still paying off loans at 30 is like, oh well, yeah, know, yeah, it just illustrates how fucking not a and, bargain it and is. Nothing coming from it, and stuffing a stuffing a parachute full of pasta. Yeah, yeah, trying. Which I guess I can't say I didn't get anything out of my writing degree with the, such a grand metaphor as such. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's something too where you commentate. I don't know if you're commenting on you as an artist. Oh, 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 listen, yeah, tow trucks trying to fuck each other. Yeah. Is that like? I mean, you're really talking about, obviously you're talking about tow trucks and how silly they look and stuff yeah. and get a laugh off it. But are you talking about how, like, look at how wasted this fucking education is? Even that I have it, I'm not using it. Oh, that was the bit. But that whole bit was, I wrote that down in Chicago. I was just like, I saw a tow truck towing another tow truck. I'm like, I don't have a joke yet. But, but write down that you saw that because there's something there. Yeah. There's got to be something. I love those moments. And I just, like, I'm like, just sit on it. You don't have to just make sure you write it down because I forget too much shit yeah. where I'm like, I know there's something there. I don't have it right now, but I know there's something that's going to be there. <clears throat> and so then, yeah, it did come along with like, it started like, oh, yeah, what am I trying to think of this bigger? And it's not. Just laugh at it. And then I'm like, oh, it does happen to fit in with this whole I'm trying to be a writer and an artist and I overthink things. And it. It was just a happenstance. Yeah. Then like, oh, it, oh, this weird, dumb idea I had fits into this bigger bit I'm doing. Do you worry that you're too lowbrow? Do I worry that I'm Ever? lowbrow? Sometimes. Well, you're talking like, about like, shit jokes and stuff. Like, I don't... 
Well, like even that, where it's like I, I have all these these uh, alliteration I can use and all this yeah. stuff, and then I end up just saying, you know, a tow truck fucking tow truck. Well, that's like I said, like in the, in the bit, doesn't matter if you're educated or not. If you're yeah. an asshole, you're gonna be an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I worry about it for myself uh, once in a while, but like, yeah. Then I try to be like, no, 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 I like this. It's fine. I try not to have too many shit jokes in a set. If there is, there's one. Yeah, I don't, one. I don't like to do any drunk stories unless it's you know i mean i'll do like i'll make mention of stuff like now now that i'm doing like oh you ever get so drunk this happens like that premise is dead for me i'm 38 i do drink but it shouldn't i don't want that to be your legacy to define my life yeah yeah like you hear stuff that happened to a tell after insomniac be like oh we'll just keep sending shots on stage and he's like i can't you want me to do a job here right you want me to tell jokes i can't do it if i drink 10 shots and then you realize like Oh, you're drunks with you're using drunk logic to send me drinks. Yeah, so it's yeah. not even your fault. Just, and you start you know. attracting the wrong type of audience. You start attracting these fucking mongoloids that think like he drinks, here's drinks. Like Do no, it, no, down it, yes. I'm a comedian that yeah, I happen to drink, but I'm before like somebody sends a shot up on stage, the message is sent. When somebody sends it up there, <clears throat> I just sip it. Chug it. No. No, yeah. People buy, buy me shots now. I'm like, what am I, in college? Th- thanks for the drink. You don't get to tell me how to drink it. <laughs> yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. I'm going to have this how I want. Pussy. Cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Why don't you eat that steak with your face? Yeah, yeah. again, thanks for the drink. Mm. Pinky <laughs> out. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I feel like, too, it's like a lot of those, those drunk comics should be just telling the stories and not even mentioning that they're drunk yeah or like it started at a bar but don't even be like you know when you get yeah. so fucked up that you gotta do just, don't just say I, the story i mean i'll, I'll sometimes whatever fueled it fueled yeah, it I'll, I'll qualify it by being like yeah i'm in bars every night that's where i go to work yeah you know so i happen to be a bar again to to go against the whole stand-up because that then it turns into the i was walking down the street the other day so i was in the bar the other night that's actually true i do go to bars every night because yeah. that's where comedy is yeah and now, okay, now here, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a thing you do where I, I think the pauses are really starting to serve you now. That was one of the first jokes I ever wrote. Really? <laughs> that was like one of the first jokes that I started doing at open mics. Oh. That people were like, that's a great joke. About the guy, I'll, I know what the honor of, of wearing a uniform <laughs> yeah, of people and the only die. thing that's true about it is that I was at a, a wake, and I was at a funeral home, and they had the pictures of, of all the Little League teams. Yeah, wearing the jerseys. Because that's what I mean. That's where exaggeration doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter if you were on the team or not. It's I more would. relatable because you were on the team. Yeah, and it's not harming anybody. Yeah, by saying I was on the team. That's clearly a, a written joke. That's yeah. not a story. That's a joke that's written and inspired by saying like I had no idea that funeral homes could sponsor <laughs> children's activities. <laughs> Which is now, as I'm saying it, even a more morose thought. Like you know how you just entered this world. At one point, you're going to leave. Here's our name on the back of your shirt. <laughs> like that's even a more morose thought yeah. than the initial joke that I had. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the first jokes where like I was, you know maybe. Six months into doing comedy, really? yeah. I just like the technical aspect, the, the the pausing there, where it was like, okay, so mm-hmm. it's like I yeah. don't, I might not have worn the uniform, but I know what. You know, just that yeah. that struggle to get through it because you're like, how do I express this to you guys? Well, I should moment. know. Yeah, but that joke's 
instead of being too slick. Yeah, at that at that point in time, that joke's nine or ten years old, so it should be pretty well figured out by now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, because that that was like one of the very first jokes. Oh, that's cool. I had written. So yeah, that's why the pauses. I'm like, I know how this one goes. Yeah, and I, I got this one. The rest of them, who knows? The pauses man? are from where? All over. I'm fucking half farting, belching through <laughs> this thing. But this is what I got. Yeah. All right. Three tracks left. One, two, three, and then the bonus. I put two weeks' notice in, in my office job. That's terrifying. Yeah. Don't clap. Don't. Yeah. Oh, it's a, hey, there's somebody else trying to scam the unemployment system. <laughs> Every fucking bartender I know. Well, I'm on unemployment. Why are you bartender? You're making... I just gave you money. I just tipped you well because you're my friend and you get a free... Fuck you guys. I'll go to an, work in an office every... I wouldn't work in the office. I would go to the office. And then I would... I would sit down in front of my computer and challenge the internet not to bore me for one more day. <laughs> all I would do. Okay, Mozilla Firefox, I dare you. And within 20 minutes, I'd be looking at a Google image search of the world's largest omelet, and I would say, good job. Fair enough. I always use my Google search bar to judge how well I was doing in the world. One day after six hours, just had uh, the only three things that I were beer calories, bourbon calories, and Louis Farrakhan, because I felt I didn't know enough about the guy. <laughs> That's how it works, you know. Sit there, sit there. After five hours, after five hours, just looking at Huey Lewis and Huey Lewis-related videos on YouTube. <laughs> You just push yourself away from your desk on your rolling office chair and yell out, Am I alive? (laughs) Is this it? Really? Sure this hasn't been some kind of 32-year-long prank show? Yeah, what I miss, I was, I was Burbank living. I used to live by Trader Joe's. I miss Trader Joe's. I I like shopping at Trader Joe's, not because like the savings are outstanding or anything. Because let's be honest, you need one onion, you don't need twelve onions. I like shopping at Trader Joe's because of the subtle racism. <laughs> That permeates the entire establishment. First off, first off, like I like, I believe there really is a Trader Joe. That's the only way I can get through. I don't like to think like, oh, it's my last seventeen dollars I'm spending on weird microwavable Indian food. I like to, I like to think there's really a Trader Joe that comes in there like late Sunday nights with a pith helmet and a safari jacket, and he comes in after they're closed. With like an entire fishing net full of prepackaged items, <laughs> and he tells you he wants people to believe he travels on some kind of spruce goose type airplane or a large boat, and he just comes in and he do- he just splays the bounty out. He- you have to call it the bounty at, at Trader Joe's. He splays it out on the floor and he just oh oh the seas were angry. 
Uh, we lost a few crewmen in the South Pacific. But the island women, oh, the island women. Branch number 847. Oh, the island women. I feel like that, like he's eccentric, but like people put up with it, the employees put up with it because that's why they get benefits, you know? So they're like, okay, we gotta pick this up and put it on the, on the shelves. But, 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 but the part that gets me is as you go there and all the regular Trader Joe's stuff, it's called Trader Joe's. All the regular, you know, items. But then if you get an ethnic item, all of a sudden it's not Trader Joe that gave it to you anymore. It's not Trader Joe. All of a sudden, it's like uh, it's like Trader Jose <laughs> or Trader Giotto. Like it's not the same guy or something. Like he's trying to trick you that he's this other nationality. But if I if I continue with my fantasy about the place, which I often do, <laughs> he comes in and he he splays his regular Trader Joe's about. But then he goes out. He really just drives a Volvo there in my head. That's what he just he's got a Volvo station wagon. And he goes on and he just puts on his costumes and he comes back out with like a giant chef's hat and a big fake mustache. And then he comes in and he's like, Hi everybody, it's me, Toretta Giotto! Oh my God! Oh, you're not going to believe I got this delicious vodka marinara sauce. It's just so good. And, you know, and like he's really into it, but he's bad at the accents, you know? Oh my God, I love it. Make it so good, make you want to slap somebody like a Moonstruck. I mean, Moonstruck is pretty good. I like Nick Cage in the older stuff. Not so much in the new stuff now with the hair. He's a weird... But anyway, it's just so good. Anyway, and he'll just throw it at an employee and then he'll run out like, like, the, like they don't realize the distraction is a costume change. And then he'll just come back in and all of a sudden he's got like the bad rice patty hat and the big Asian glasses and the Fu Manchu mustache. And his employees going, oh God, this is really terrible. But this is why we get good insurance, you know? And he, and he just comes in, he's like, oh, uh, today we have a delicious pad thai noodle bowl. It's uh, very good, very microwavable in only two minutes. It's very good for office worker on the go, very good. Keep productive the business, make a national secure, very good. Everybody do very well. And, I feel that they're all like there's one new employee that's like, Joe, what are you? This is this is really racist. I mean, nobody told me that this is what I would have to sit through. I was all excited that I got this job, and and Joe won't break character. Be like, how dare you question honor, trade a Ming? They're not trade a Joe, only trade a Ming. Trade a Ming demand respect from followers. <laughs> no, the other people are like, shut the fuck up. This is why we get dental. Shut him up. You didn't tell him. <laughs> okay, so they're all clapping. They're all... Those are my actual coworkers. So I, so I when was you say recording two weeks. this. So no, I was quitting in two weeks. I put two weeks notice in. Yeah, I wasn't even out two weeks. Had you told them? I did, I did. But yeah, so I was quitting in two weeks. Yes, this was 2009. Which job were you you at this point? I was closed captioning. Matt Bronger sat across. We were closed closed captioned television shows. Who else did that? Uh, A bunch of people did it. Who Uh, was the, um, the nose? 
uh, he was he was in the team with Neil something from the UCB. Oh, Paul. Paul. Was he a close kid? Paul Rust? Paul Rust, yeah. Yeah, he Paul was. Rust. There was a few different houses. I know uh, Jim Hamilton worked at some DVD. He still does. Like, a lot of people do it. And the company, as far as having to have a day job, they were great. I mean, they let you, you know, take off for comedy, and they were supportive. And That's a key like, job in L.A. is to have people who go, yeah, I can go for an audition, take yeah, a shower I, for lunch. I, I, yeah, I was up. so lucky. Yeah, here's health insurance. Here's a decent oh. wage. We understand that you did not move to Los Angeles to be a closed caption editor, but please do a good job while you're here, and you know we want to support. So wow, that's I, cool. I, I gotta say, yeah. So that place, I got nothing bad. The job was silly in itself, but yeah. So fuck, man. That's that's just bringing me back. Cause I remember the day I left, like my last day at work. Yeah, I just went to the Acapulco restaurant. I remember that on one. Sunset. It's yeah. happy endings now. Uh, no, I went to the other one down by the Vista Theater. Oh, okay. With, with with Emily and John Vargas and just sat there like, oh, it's my first meal. First meal what, with no job? Yeah. yeah, And like eating at a restaurant in the daytime uh, it feels so weird, like a weekday. Like, yeah. there's nobody in here. Like, oh, this is fucked up. I used to, I remember, <laughs> like if I was sick from work or something and drive around Los Fields, like who sits at a coffee shop at just 11 in the morning? With nothing to do on a Thursday. Like, who are you? And that day, I'm like, I'm that guy now. I can be that guy. Oh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm excited about well, that, having that feeling again, man. Shit. I see. I did it the opposite of you. Instead of getting, I mean, I had day jobs here or there, but I just said, you know what? I'll just be broke. I'll just yeah. get temp jobs enough to make 10, 12 grand a year, and I'll figure out a way to get by on that and then not have to worry about the money for comedy. Because I've lowered my standard of living so so much that how bad was your standard of living? It was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, I could never afford a beer. Yeah, never. Uh, you drink at home first. I, I always just made friends with bartenders. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I, just good. Knew, I just knew where to go drink. Did you hang out with those guys that opened that bar downtown L.A. The whole Chicago? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those guys. That was that's where you know Dwyer and, and Brian Train. They used to Brian train them. Yeah, they used yeah. to. He used to have an after hours place next to Rock and Roll Ralph's. His, he just had a studio apartment that was an after hours bar. What, is it, what do you mean? He just served from his. If you saw the light on his balcony, like the orange globe light, it meant it, meant it was what? open. Train him, and you just roll up, and he'd throw the keys down, and you'd come up, and he'd have just people jammed into the studio apartment, and that was the after hours. How much spot. would he sell booze for? I first, but he just brought booze. Like it was just a place to go. If the light was on, it was open. So you wow. try, you know, you get beer and like try and show they were trying to mooch if you didn't have any. And then oh, it wasn't and, like he sold beer. As no, like no, no, a bar. no. But, okay, but, but then he they would flip houses. I think this is how they would do it. They would flip houses. Him and another guy. And so in the midst of flipping them, when you couldn't really fuck <laughs> things up too much, they would just have parties yeah. in these houses that were still kind of half finished in the middle of flipping them. And then they'd have, when, once the parties were over, then they'd flip it the whole way. And that's how they got by. Wow. And then finally opened up, I yeah, got the actual Bar 107. Bar 107. Oh, that's yeah. right. You talked about it before. That's the bar. Yeah. It's a cool bar. It's a Chicago bar. It's a cool bar. It's gone. Well, it's, what? it's still open now. Oh, it's been a, whole, a few years. So I've been. It's been like five years. So I've been there. The whole thing that they were closing it down this year, just shy of ten years. Oh. So it's just shy of ten years that they had done that. But the first two years, they were always throwing parties at these houses they were flipping. And uh, how did we start on that? I don't know. Oh, because <laughs> I couldn't afford a beer because I just went broke. Whereas you had these jobs. Oh yeah, I had a job. I mean, I, I would just always, you know, make friends with bartenders. You have a lot of bits in this about jobs, quitting them, having them that's my whole life yeah. up to this point you know 
That's well. That's a, that's a problem too. It's like, what happens when you become a comedian? What do you joke about? Yeah, because your, your your relatability just decreased by like ninety percent. To yeah, the you can't do jokes about being a comic, even though most comics at open mics ended up doing that in L.A. But it's like, guys, we all have that. Yeah, but oh, you're just talking about being at airports. Yeah, because that's my commute. You can't do that. You know, it's such a trap. My commute is being in an airport all the time. Yeah, you know, you make jokes about the subway in New York. That's me being in an airport in L.A. being a comic. But, yeah, what do you talk about? That's why I'm trying to come up with bigger concepts now. But but at this point in my life, all I knew was working enough to stay alive and then the, you know, the mostly hapless pursuit of your dreams. Yeah. That's what all the jokes are about. Yeah. I saw a comic when I was watching, like, t- like stand-up comedy when I was in high school and something. You know, they had, like, showcase comedy with four people on. And uh, I don't remember any of them, but I remember a couple of them doing bits about their job. You know, I'm a teacher. I do this and whatever. Yeah. Now I probably think, looking back, it's like, oh, you're a substitute teacher. That's how a lot of guys got by. Yeah, Chicago, everybody's substitute. Really? Yeah. It's great. You can any, take off easily. Any any degree you got, you yeah. could be a substitute oh, yeah. teacher. And the test they gave you was so easy that you could be, like, a fourth grade student and pass that test. Yeah. But, but you still need the college degree. But uh, so then this other guy got on, and he goes... Uh, I'm a stand-up comic. That's my job. That's what I do. I'm a stand-up comic. Yeah. And then he went on and did some bits about, I don't know, politics or whatever. But it was just like a shitting on the rest of the people. Like, (laughs) you ain't that. You're a comic. (laughs) Well, yeah, I forget who had the joke about, like, only in L.A. People were like, it's the only job. Like, oh, yeah, I'm a comic. Oh, where do you work? Well, I I, I get some spots around town. Once in a while, I get a club spot. It's like if somebody's a banker. Like, oh, where do you bank? I, I bank at a couple places in the valley. You know, once in a while I'll do like a I'll do like a Chase Mutual over in Hollywood. You know, it's like the only job exactly. I forgot I don't know whose joke that is, but That's funny. But yeah, that that's what all I knew about it at this point. So that's what I'm a joke. And also because yeah, starting in Chicago, they had this old the old club guys like, Oh god, my wife and my kids and everybody on the news scene didn't have wife or kids. Oh right. So nobody was relating to this. You know, yeah, that's like the wife reason. Or kids. It's all about not being able to get laid. Yeah. Those and if are you're the- talking about your wife or kids, why are you at this fucking bar at midnight? Mm-hmm. Go home to your wife and kids. <laughs> yeah, I think you should be a better father than a comedian, <laughs> or do bits about how you're a bad father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About that. But everybody else is like, no. What do I have? I have student loans, like all the relatable things. I have student loans. I have no idea what direction my life's going in. I have no idea how I'm going to pay for the life that I'm eventually have to live uh-huh. right now i you know i have roommates i take public transportation this is the common man's plight you know of being broke and, and getting through it and then i saw tim allen once come into the comedy mm-hmm. store and do a joke about how they fixed his lamborghini wrong and you can yeah. see the crowd shut down <laughs> well weren't we talking about that we were talking about that the other night where drew carey does a joke about being rich oh yeah thought, like if you can make a joke that oh, yeah, people like people yeah people don't relate to and it's great but yeah i'm like yeah dude tax me because i'm rich that's bullshit, man. I worked hard, and now I'm rich because I worked hard, and it's stupid. I argue with my maid about this all the time. and uh, I mean, usually her shift's over at the time, so I'll drop some chips on the floor, make her stay a couple extra hours. I pay her for it. I can afford it. <laughs> but it's like, oh, I laugh. You made me laugh at a joke that even it's a concept I don't believe in. That's a good comedian. Yeah. By the way, side note about Jim uh, Drew Carey. Yeah. My friends used to work for Yummy.com, okay. uh, delivering groceries and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always got $100 tips from him. 
No shit. Yeah, it could be like a, it could be a fucking nothing, a sandwich. Here's a hundred bucks, and to the point uh, where if he knocked, they knocked on this door and a and a girl or a maid opened it, uh, they'd be like, they'd be like, here's this food, and she's like, oh, let me pay you. Like, mm, we'd rather give it straight to Mr. Carey. Uh, <laughs> we know, we know how treats work in this yeah. place. <laughs> You're probably gonna give us five dollars, which is uh, good, but ain't a hundred. I I don't know him personally, but that may that speaks volumes to a guy that understands the culture. Like you're delivering, dude. He paid Brendan so fucking good for Club Spot. Yeah, yeah. Good for him, man. So fucking good. Like no one's I've ever heard of. And for no matter what theater club doesn't matter. So he'll do two. Maybe so we just get on this. Don't tax the rich more propaganda he's trying to spew because he's independently distributing his wealth there you go trickle down (laughs) (laughs) flow it down yeah trickle down economics because that worked great in the 80s right jim carrey had a bit like that a a, a brag bit that he goes you know he could relate to Mm. he's just making fun of it so much he was like it was he came back it was a comedy store 20th anniversary show he'd already done living color he became the movie star he'd just become the movie star and um and he goes let me do some relatable jokes (laughs) for the crowd here don't you hate it when you're having sex with four supermodels and the least attractive one is like, save it for me. Lame. <laughs> it's just like, all right, you're mocking the situation. <laughs> you know that we know that you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I want, I want uh, to talk about this one part. Okay. That thing where you go, am I alive? When you push back your desk, you had this style. That I've seen you do a bunch of times. Um, it's not a non sequitur, but it seems like it's you justify where it comes from, but it's the last thing you would think you'd be going on. Same thing when you're crying in a Trader Joe's. We doing this now? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Where it's like, I can see w- where it come out of the setup, but I, I looking backwards, but looking forward, I'm like, what? Like I would have thought you would have done the bit about um, coming at what you're doing, looking on the internet for whatever for yeah. cheap trick stuff. Or, yeah. Like that would be what it's about, but I think instead it was Huey Lewis at this Huey point. Lewis, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but instead, you're commenting on why you're doing it at all. Yeah, a little more existential dread. Yeah. <laughs> do you do that yeah. a lot? Is that? I mean, it's almost unique to you. I well, I'm, I don't like you. Don't have any point in your life where there's just, just three three random bullshit things cross paths, and you're like this. My existence is preposterous. <laughs> like, like. What am I doing? I mean, I like legitimate things. Like again, why I like my own company is because I could laugh at these things instead yeah. of getting mad. And then because I can laugh at them, maybe I can make it a joke. I mean, I made it another joke. I like, like I'm glad I'm a comedian because otherwise my life would be a series of undocumented low points. Like <laughs> I don't know how. Like I don't know how other people. Like I know I'm trained to process things through comedy, so I can laugh at stuff like that. But just yeah, just this futile. Pursue of just like yeah, why am I doing this? The internet's great for just am why, I a lot? Yeah. why have I done this? Look at the last hour of your life online and just what random you know why people think everyone has ADHD now. It's because you just clicked on this to this to Wikipedia pages about you know this. I like the other night I was like small dent repair because I was like I got to fix my Jeep because I need small dent repair and it's just this free association that can be gratified through just clicking a button instead of just thinking like oh I wonder if I painted a picture of a mountain that'd be great mountains are yeah. weird some volcanoes are mountains volcanoes are nuts man they're like made because inside the earth is lava that's crazy I wonder if they ever drilled oil so far that they hit lava and that's your mind just letting that's- it. Free yeah. associate, but now you could be rewarded with facts about it. 
online. And it takes a lot longer to read those articles instead of just fucking off, dozing off at a stoplight thinking about, about those it. things. And now, now I have to focus. You can just sit in front of a computer and let that go on for hours without corralling your thoughts. Yeah, for sure. But I just mean the style of like, I don't know, almost examining yourself instead of examining the things you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I like... I really just haven't seen that much from other comedians. I don't, like out, I don't like outward, outwardly critical comedy. Like we're saying, you don't want to hear anybody tell, like, this is how the world should work. Yeah, or Cheap Tricks videos, or not Cheap Tricks, yeah, who was it? Was it? Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis so, yeah. videos are like, oh, they're low budget, or, or this, and there's one part, a guy came in, yeah. I mean, that's the alt scene. That's the yeah. alt vibe, is to break down an old Huey Lewis video. No. But instead, you're breaking down yourself. Yeah, it was just eight in the morning. I just sat in at work, and I was just like, oh, I haven't listened to Huey Lewis in a while. Yeah. Oh, who are similar artists to Huey Lewis? And it's like, this isn't, this is not what a vibrant existence looks yeah. like. Yeah, you're right. I'm just sitting in the same chair, not doing my job, mm-hmm. not doing what I'm being paid for. Presently slacking off. not doing something that's bringing me any grand pleasure, not some excuse to not do my job. Like, the thing I'm doing is more or like important. like writing your novel or yeah, something. Yeah, it's not like I'm sneaking away to do something that's more pressing. That's not it either. It's just this fucking monotonous frequency of just just going through i go to work i type out other people's words but i don't even do that well so i look at 80s rock hits videos because i just forgot what it was what was the name of the boat in that one huey lewis video because it was a joke let me check it oh it was my yacht he says do you want to take a ride on my yacht and then it's a dinghy Spelled M Y O T T. Ah, I remember that was funny. I do like this song. What the fuck? <laughs> like, like, fuck Kyle, get yeah, together. That's just me pulling myself out of it. Like, what? Wait, what the fuck? You're a human being on Earth. It's like that Matrix moment, man. Yeah. You're you're real. You ever stop here when you're walking around a place like this? Or you've been to Hong Kong? Uh, no, no, not Hong Kong. Anywhere in Asia? To play? Yeah, yeah, South Korea. Okay. But do you ever like st- like once or twice here? I was walking along, like so I'm late to my- and then I look around, I'm like, dude, I'm in fucking Scotland. Yeah, I'm walking around in this goddamn old ass city in Scotland all the time, all the time. And to look, I mean, and 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 let yourself be blown away by those. By things. And so, because like, especially comedians, some of them are so shackled with cynicism that they have to walk in and immediately figure out what they can pick apart about it. Look at this is pretty dumb. So looking look at, at the road, looking at the world through idiot colored glasses. Yeah, and it's because that's their defense mechanism. Uh-huh. It's because you could look a little silly when you're overwhelmed with wonder about the your surroundings. But somebody built that fucking castle that we can just walk to. Yeah. Just he just built that. It probably slaves being whipped cracked to do it. But, <laughs> but not but not machines, not, you know, not helicopters dropping parts down. Yeah. People just brought rocks to the top of this mountain and made a structure that still stands there today. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. And you get to be like, now I yeah. get to do that. In LA, the only times I get that is when I look down a, a, a one of those long roads and it's paved with, um, it's lined with palm trees. Yeah. And you're like, cool, that, or if I pass the Hollywood sign. For yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing this crazy thing where I'm in, I moved to Hollywood yeah. to make something of myself and I'm, I'm currently doing it. Yeah. I will always take the opportunity to pause. Really? And yeah. Like, I need to look, do it more. Look what you, yeah. Look what's happening. And I'm sure that's what happens when, when people are parents, you know, mm-hmm. you get, you, you're, you have that, that, that's more apparent. Like, look what I did. I brought life into the world and I'm sure that's rewarding. It's not the thing that I'm choosing to do with my life. And I used to be critical of it. I used to think it was this 
escape route for anybody too scared to pursue their dreams. What? Just Kids? settling down. Like oh, right. dream, dreams are silly. Get a job, start a family. Yeah. And he used to like c- criticize my friends. My friends were all like, "We're going to do this. We're going to be in bands. We're going to be writers. We all gonna, we're all going to do this." And very few of them did that. It's mm. like it's a fucking scary path to go. I don't criticize them anymore. I realize I was talking. I was I was the twenty three year old that thought he knew everything about the world because that's what you wanted to do. Yeah. And so now I look back, I'm like, no, you probably get that sense of joy every day looking at your kids. Yeah. I find it more looking at nature. Even L.A., that people slag on and think is shitty and it's filled with traffic and everything. I still look at the mountain ranges when the pollution, when clear. Isn't, when the yeah. pollution isn't clogging up. And like, I have <laughs> enough equipment that if I fuck off, I can be up there in three hours just by myself in the middle of the woods. And I, you yeah, know, and that, even Runyon or, or Griffith Park is like, yeah. I found a new hike that nobody goes to. Yeah, you I'm got, not. You're on. not going to disclose it. No, it's amazing. It's amazing because no, I, me and me and Matt Edgar walked around for like two hours. We passed one couple. Oh, is that? I literally am pausing because I don't want it to get this out. This is secret information. Is that the Bat Caves? Because <laughs> I'm trying to do crazier stuff. Man, you can go. That's a good one though. But, but that's just like close by. Yeah, but you can right. go outside too. Do you ever go to Angeles National Forest or, or Malibu all, all Creek State Park? I go all the time to Angeles National Forest. I haven't been there yet. I go right up there all the time. And it's just Joshua Tree, stuff. even yeah. four or five hours away. Yeah. And you can climb the rocks in a Josh full moon. Tree, Mojave, go to Vasquez Rocks. That's where they, uh, my. Everybody's like, oh, all these classic films were shot there. Vasquez Rocks? Where's yeah. that? <clears throat> it's. Uh, not quite Simi Valley, and it's the Ooh, it's that's the, close. It's, the, it's like the all the rocks that come out of forty five degree mm-hmm. angle. It's uh, uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey when death is leading them. Yeah, uh, it's there. Oh, I know everybody else is like, oh, it's from Star Trek, and it's from all these westerns. I'm like, I know it's from Bill and Ted's bogus Bill journey. Bill Ted number two, not yeah, even yeah, the first yeah, one. the second one. I love when they ended that. I just I, yeah. with the song they played. I was like, "This is actually a really good song." Until I found out it was Kiss. The guy gave rock and yeah. Coffee. I was like, yeah. "But who wrote this for this movie? It's actually great." Kiss, <laughs> Nobody yeah, idiot. It was Kiss. Yep. Yeah. All right. Two more <laughs> tracks. Well, we should get through this. Yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> I like I like living in Los Angeles. I I like the diversity of of living here. It's because you because you live in you live here. You live in New York, and you get to run around like it's this weird. Breakfast Club theme party that's about to break out all the time. Like, I'm a princess, I'm a criminal, I'm a basket case. No, you're all graphic designers, all right? Get over it. Because you don't realize, like, you know, eventually at some point you got to travel into the rest of the country where they make, you know, engines and vegetables, and you find out, like, oh, this is how shit really happens. And you don't know that because you just get, you know, sheltered in this little bubble that you live here. And it's like I go back to Chicago, and everybody's got families and all these things, and I have no idea. Like, I didn't know. Like, I had no idea. Out here, okay, like, I enjoy a couple drinks. I had no idea that in Chicago, it turns out, I get the kind of drunk where people won't let me hold their babies anymore. (laughs) And that's something you don't find out until you're around a baby. Out here, I thought it was just the kind of drunk where I started confusing Bob Seger songs for the national anthem. Like, at 2 a.m. rolls around... Little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Doug, take your hat off. Night moves is playing. Don't be a dick, man. (laughs) 
But everybody wants to associate, you know, because it's a, it's a city of transients. Everybody wants to associate, so they latch onto one small thing that might be from where you're from, and they think that that, that, that defines you. Like, oh, I'm from Chicago. And then people instantly want to be like, oh, Kyle, Kyle, tell me! You tell me! How bad do they not know how to make a good deep dish pizza out here in Los Angeles? <laughs> You must be so pissed off that they do not know how to make good deep dish style Chicago style pizza in Los Angeles. And honestly, I don't give a fuck about pizza. Like, you know, you know when you get a deep dish pizza in Chicago? When your aunt from Los Angeles is visiting. That's when you get a deep It's like a Ferris wheel ride. You're like, I'm not gonna do this by myself. But if some asshole is around that just needs to do it, all right, we'll go on in. And I gotta play along because I'm not good at making new friends, you know? So I just gotta go, oh, let me tell you how angry I get. Let me tell you how frustrated I get sometimes. I went to one place that had a big poster that said Deep Dish Chicago style pizza. I went in to order it. They tried to give me a cowboy boot filled with orange juice. They just do not know how to make a Deep Dish style pizza in Los Angeles. Are you serving me this knowing that I'm from Chicago? <laughs> Don't even get me started on hot dogs. Oh man, I went to one place, try or Chicago style hot dog. They just pushed out a rusted frame of a Delta 88 out from the back of the building with a trunk filled with Bobsy Twin mystery novels. <laughs> they simply do not know how to replicate <laughs> cuisine from other areas. Was it missing that green relish? You know it was. <laughs> Not to mention it was full of books. <laughs> it has nothing to do. Ah, blah, 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 blah. Oh. But I know the big question in everybody's mind tonight is, Kyle, have you decided who you're going to blame for falling asleep and crashing your 2003 Ford Focus into a wall? Now there's several choices. We can blame the bourbon and the amount drank thereof. We can blame the mix CD that I made of 80s power ballads that I entitled I'm a Big Girl Now. Or we can go with the favorable choice, my parents. Stick with me. They were the ones that bought for me when I was a young boy a race car bed. And nothing sends more of a mixed message about falling asleep at the wheel. Is it like the fast ones on TV, Mama? You bet it is, Junior. Sweet dreams. Off. I get like one of the biggest permeating fears of my life is like everybody thinks they're a good person. Everybody here thinks they're a good person. You always think, oh, Cheryl's birthday is coming up in a couple weeks. I'm going to go get a card and I'll give it to her. I'm a pretty good person. That doesn't mean shit. You get to plan that out. You get to plan out what you're going to do. What 
defines your moral fiber is how you instantly react to a situation. How you respond to something without letting your brain get involved. Just how everything that you're made of gets at it. And uh, through several reactions that I've had, I've realized, holy shit, I might be an asshole. (laughs) Example one, a girl at my work was making the sandwich all real nice. Like, we only got a half hour for lunch break, and she took about 15 minutes with it, slicing tomatoes and everything. As soon as she took it off the counter, she dropped down the floor. Instead of going, oh, that's too bad, I just said, what kind of sandwich was that? Fumblebee tuna? (laughs) My natural instinct to wordplay kicked in more than my sympathy for other human beings. Even after seeing the disgusted look on her face, I still said, Do you use mayonnaise or miracle whoops? <laughs> That's kind of telling of a person. Example number two. My sister was visiting me not long after I moved to Los Angeles. She was trying to get me out of bed on a Saturday morning. All of a sudden, everything started shaking. First earthquake I and her had ever experienced. First time. Things all of a sudden just shaking. This is my baby sister, who I, on paper, love and adore. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's shaking. Both of us lock eyes. Neither of us know what to do. This is brand new for us. She looks at me. She says, what should I do? My younger sister looks at me, the older brother. What should I do? Now, what should have come out of my mouth would have been, you get in that doorway, I'm going to grab this box full of distilled water and a crank radio, and we're going to be fine. (laughs) Again, in the split-second amount of time that I had to react with my only sibling telling me what should I do in the event of a potential giant disaster, what should I do? I said, hold up my bookcases. That's what I said. In an earthquake, I told my sister to hold up my bookcases. Keep in mind, I had just moved in. There was nothing in the bookcases. Hold up my empty bookcases. God forbid they fell over onto the carpet. A third example, maybe not as gratuitous as that one, but I think a little bit more telling. Uh, I wound up in a room by myself watching an eating contest <laughs> on television. These guys are going nuts. They're, they're, they're eating. It's a hot dog eating guy. They're just shoveling hot dogs in their mouths. And, uh, you know, my, you know you, you naturally, oh, I'm a liberal. This is, this is why everybody hates America. This is a, a gratuitous waste of resources and oh, blah, 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 all that horse shit. First off, it's hot dogs. It's not like they're eating grain, you know, bags of U.N. grain or anything. <laughs> the less hot dogs in the world, the better, really. If you look, if you figure it, you know, get them out of here. Put them in your little Japanese belly there. Go for it, you know. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, you know, so I got my soapbox going, even though nobody's there. Like, this is hor- horrible, but I'm still watching it. And then, uh, and then a, guy, a guy wins it. And the, uh, 
the sports cast. Well, it's not called a sport, but the announcers. The one guy goes. Uh, <laughs> he wins it, and the one guy and he's you know sweating, and there's people. Like, he's got his team around him, and, and the announcer just goes, "That right there is a true champion and a true American." Again, just off the trigger. Fuck yeah! That's what I said. <laughs> to a room to a room full of nobody, I said fuck yeah. <laughs> About an American being the guy that ate the most hot dogs. <laughs> and uh you just can't be ashamed of it anymore at some point. Uh well. I'll get, I'll depart. I, uh. How much does that actually happen to you? This piece of shit. It's, I mean, it'll still come up once in a while. You talk about New York the, pizza, but I'm sure with Chicago too. But just that, that the one thing people know about where you're from. And, like, and it's not, it's right. And the way you say it, it's like, it's not even something I did. It's only when my relatives came and like, we should try that. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it is somebody's effort to speak to you like they are just trying to relate but it's usually like oh god damn it just yeah nobody in up. philadelphia goes to pats and genos i've 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 kind of yeah i've kind of like had a thing like i'll wear an la cap now it's people like quiz you about like if you just want to wear a hat <laughs> you can't just wear a hat like, I like my the friends design. like why are you wearing a cubs hat i'm like i don't give a fuck about baseball i just i'm a bald dude and it's sunny out and i like and, the colors yeah and it's a good looking hat it's one of those and nice i do live in la so and i can wear it and uh oh i don't know any players so i can't wear the hat i was like how many prospectors do you know oh none then take off those fucking levi's oh yeah you know, deserve to wear those <laughs> oh it sounds funny when i say it no fuck <laughs> off i'm just wearing a hat yeah but yeah, yeah they assume that you have knowledge about it like this this is the defining characteristic of your city like it's never architecture it's never yeah it's never that never oh yeah with chicago oh you know i heard a lot about how they reverse the flow of the river to correspond on well, you could actually, actually talk to them about yeah, it like, oh yeah that is a very interesting thing thanks for telling it's like man that pizza's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah a ton of pizza so do you eat a lot of pizza Oh uh, yeah, TCB taking care of business. Yeah. Skull eating a slice of pizza. Why yeah. the? Why the? Um, what's it called on his hat? I don't know. It's just the tattoo looked better when he was wearing. A Did hat. you get that with Derosa? Uh, <laughs> this one I got with Derosa. This one I got with my my buddy who used to own the pizza place I worked at. Cause he's like a biker now. Just has a bunch of skull tattoos. Yeah. I was like, you need a skull tattoo eating a piece of pizza. He's like, if you pay for it, I'll get it. And it was just a drunk bet that we followed through it's on. A pretty good tattoo. <laughs> No, it's not. I don't mind it at all. It's pretty silly. out of the way inside of the, the, all, the arm all, thigh. They're all silly right now. Yeah, I got to keep on trucking until I got. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Same shit. Suggesting something to a girl like stupid shit they should get, and then yeah, I was like, no, you really should get keep on trucking though. That was a good one. And she was like, I'm definitely not doing. That. I'm like, somebody needs to get that. <laughs> oh, it's me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm doing this. Talk myself into this. Um. Oh wait. The way you speed up crashing your four focus into a wall. Yeah, probably just... Is it a way to, like... I don't know, what is it? Not take it seriously? Yeah, I think I'm just having fun now. I uh, think I'm yeah. just relaxing. And I, also, the order of these bits, I'm, I'm wondering where it is, because it's not, it's not the exact order. They did switch. Oh, really? So... Really? Yeah, I think the, 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 the pant-shitting one was the actual ending. Yeah, their closer... I'll get to it later, but yeah. it doesn't seem like a closer. Yeah, I think but that pant-shitting one would have been a perfect closer. Why and the I'm fuck not, would they move that early? I'm not sure why... Again, I again, and, this, and e- 
yeah, the way they clapped afterwards too. It's like I mean that that, that bit's done. That I gotta I done. gotta hear the close because I like I haven't listened to this since yeah. it came out. So, but yeah, that was just a a way to say something. Again, another way to just let words fall out of my mouth to be more interesting than just you the ever, same yeah. pace. This this and that. You ever do like sing song stuff once in a while? I would, but it comes off very. I've, I've heard that technique alt. a bunch. Yeah, yeah, it's very alt. Yeah, we're gonna do the store. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that. Yeah, or the, I forget, or the or the bailing out of it. Like I'm just gonna go to that. Yeah, like that. Cause I, I, as much as I got to open for Pat Oswalt, I'm like, oh, I got to be very careful of being influenced by him. So, yeah, because he's influencing a whole generation of comics right now. I can't just fall into mimicry. Like yeah. it's got to be hopefully my own thing. I did a few times where I had to be like. Even actually, Brody Stevens was like the biggest one. They had to fight off. Oh, bro, yeah, Brody's an easy one yeah. to to get into. I had to have Taylor and Nick mm-hmm. Yusuf like interrupt me. I was like, gave them permission, like interrupt me if you hear me doing it. Just yell yeah. out, "You're doing Brody again!" To like stop myself. It's because it's fu- again like the same reason I'm saying because it's, it's fun. fun for you to do, not to yeah. entertain people. It's fun to do as a person. Yeah. Yes. You know, you yeah. just go, oh, oh, indeed. You, 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 I'm not going to do it now, but you, it's fun to do as a person. It's fun to do Hannibal as a person. Yeah. It's fun to fall into those cadences as opposed to your regular old dumb way of talking that you hear every day. <laughs> yeah, Hannibal has a fun cadence. Yeah. He has a fun cadence. Yeah. It's very, it's very Hedberg. I'm, I'm not that everybody hasn't made that comparison already, but yeah, um, it's his own thing. It is. It's very what? Hedberg. Yeah. I didn't see that as much as I saw what's his name be like Hedberg. Dimitri Martin. To me, it was like this sat, this guy sound, I mean, early, early, like his his yeah. half hour special days. Um where I was like, this guy sounds exactly like get, Hedberg. I, it was a great defense mechanism for not knowing how to be on yeah. stage. Yeah, you just act like another person. Great I mean it was a great way to deliver one liner jokes, you know, great way, great cadence, like add a little something to it. That twang of like Houston yeah. or something. I don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Just real relaxed. Like, I don't even know if this guy knows he's here right now. They told me in DC, he said, You ever read the DC improv? Yeah. So, you know how you come out of the curtain? Yeah. He said once he, he goes, Well, I, can't, I did a guest spot for him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Is Hedberg here? I'm like, No, but we've still got the MC and the feature and me. Like, yeah. You don't have to be here for like 30 minutes. I'm sure I'll be here. Like, he wasn't last time. He came a day and a half late. I was like, oh, really? They're like, yeah. Uh, and one time, they said he was doing his material, and he goes, you guys don't even have to see me for this. And then he went for 30 minutes just behind that curtain and did his, with the mic, and just did his shit from there. Well. That's heroin. We, we saw, <laughs> we saw that turned that out. That turned out fine, right? I haven't yeah, kept up lately. Saw, What's going on? So what, was he just eccentric? Uh, <laughs> something a little deeper than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really like when you set up that you're an asshole, and then show the examples of you being an asshole. It seems to give you absolution from the crowd. Oh man, I'm doing a whole new joke about that. I should listen to this album again. I think, so I'm, just, I think I'm just rewriting my shit. It's not repeating. I think I'm just rewriting premises. I've had to ask my fans that something like, "Hey, did I do a joke about this?" And like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Fuck, okay." Oh, I'm well. just writing it again. Uh, the premise can be reused. Yeah, I mean, you're grown too. You're not the same guy you were six years ago. Yeah. So what, yeah. Which part is this then? Which. Yeah, so yeah. you say, I mean, you fully say, oh, I might be an asshole. Yeah. And then when you mm. say how you laugh at your friend when she drops her sandwich, mm. I mean, and that's you're laughing at a woman too, which is almost like even more like yeah. victim y, where it's like you can't normally get, if you didn't set up, I'm an asshole, yeah. then people go like, 
that guy's an asshole, you know? Yeah. For laughing at that. But since you've set it up, it's like, yeah, cool. You're commenting on yourself. But it's also like, then I get to make myself the victim of being an asshole in, in the joke because I'm like, oh, I'm a bad person. Feel bad for me for real. Because I have this. to react this way. Yeah, because yeah. look what I did, and I didn't even. You could have just. I could just told the joke like, oh, I saw my coworker drop her sandwich. I said this, huh? Yeah. Funny, stupid bitch. You know. <laughs> yeah. Get Andrew. Yeah, exactly. Andrew Dice Clay, it if I want to, and like, then what's that? It's a guy making fun of a woman with an unfortunate incident of dropping her sandwich, and I would be an asshole, and that would also just be a. Yeah, but you're Not still an also exciting joke. You're still also getting the laugh off what you said. Oh, to that her. joke's in there. Yeah, but then it's also set up because I do feel bad about the things yeah. that happened, and yeah, it, it's like, and then it, yeah, it's the, and I think, I, admittedly, the woman dropping the sandwich in the joke might be the joke part, but then when my sister thinks that there's an earthquake, there was an earthquake. And you I was say, told hold, her to hold up my bookcase. <laughs> I love that so much. That's real. That's, That's real? real? Yeah. You were fucking with her? You were like, I'm going to fuck with her right now? No, I had no idea what to do. I didn't think an earthquake oh. would be massive. I thought it would just rattle stuff. And I was in bed. And she's like, what should we do? I'm like, hold up the bookcase. Oh. She's like, oh. I thought it was said as a joke to her, like, that's the worst place to be. You're gonna, it's going to crash over on you. No, I was like, oh, because I, like, I, I thought earthquakes just kind of rattled stuff a uh-huh. little bit. Like they were, I, thought, I just thought they were inconveniences. Don't let anything fall. Uh-oh. So I was like, go oh, make sure that doesn't tip off. <laughs> that's the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know it's worse. I know it's worse. That's the, that's the idea of the joke. Oh, I, I thought you said it as, I'm fucking with my sister. No. No. I, I Legitimately, that's what I told her. She's like, uh-huh. what do I do? I was like, I, I don't know. Hold up that bookcase. It might fall. That's yeah, what, that was my thought. Just because I couldn't get out of bed in time. Yeah, it's just cool that you can you can really absolve yourself by saying like when Silverman sometimes when not her but people about her go like no she's not she's making fun of racism mm-hmm. by saying this but I'm like but the laughs are coming on the racist joke yeah the laughs are coming because like that's a fun racist joke and yeah she's also making fun of racism yeah but the people laughing are laughing because you go ching chong chong yeah and not what. And then, in addition, they're also then laughing at her commentary on it. But they're laughing for racist reasons, which yeah. is fine. Which is fine. Yeah, I, I, well, that, that's like explaining it and front loading it is that again the self awareness. Like, well, oh, I know who I am, and the, I'm not proud of it. Right, 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 right. You right. know, I'm not proud of who I am. I'll exploit it for laughs. But if you were just, what would be different if you're like, I'm not proud of laughing at being racist i mean the whole end joke the trader joe's joke on here yeah i guess we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that and i explained clearly in it we'll get we'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> all right and then there's all right two things all right one that fuck yeah it's fine it's funny it's great mm-hmm. but um do you remember that happening or is that just something i don't remember about? this joke at all really <laughs> this is like one of those ones like at the time i was telling it it's your third example of why you're an asshole. The first one was the woman dropping her sandwich face sandwich, down, you yeah. mocking her. The second was your sister and, and making her hold up a bookcase yeah. <laughs> while things are falling. Uh, and then this was the third example, which to me is like, oh, this doesn't need to be in there. And It was just excited about a hot dog eating yeah. contest. But like, how do you feel about it now as, an, as your third example of how I, you're I, an asshole? I forgot about it entirely until we just played it. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's not... It's not necessary, probably. At the time, though, the idea of saying something out loud to nobody. Yeah. I liked 
I like I use that for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Of just exclamations for no reason. Just loudly proclaiming something with nobody around, meaning in the, idea, you, the idea that it's like, oh, this is truly how I feel. Because I'm not even keeping it in. Like, I'm excited. Oh, I'm truly excited enough to express my, my feelings out loud. There's nobody here. And I cheered <laughs> on a hot dog. Not as big of an asshole thing. Yeah. But maybe I just wrote it down as an observation of something silly, and we'll put it in with this list for right now. If you were doing this over again, would you separate that? I mean, I still like the, the thing, but or would you still keep it if in? I was the- do- oh, man. If I was doing this over again, I have no idea where... I don't know if I would do any of this stuff. I don't know, man. I mean, you're a better comic, obviously. Now, but yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Your out, yeah, your outlook and opportunities are different. But I think, yeah, I think maybe I would know. But I don't. Do you have jokes where you just realize it doesn't get a huge laugh, but you like saying it? Oh yeah. You just like like I'm in control, and maybe it is that moment of like ex- like exercising control where you're like, no, I'm putting this in here. There's something about me that really enjoys this joke, and I'm sorry if you don't see it that way. Well, and, but maybe yeah. one day it's going to work, but for right now... I just like it too much. Yeah, I Well, I, the best Chris Rock uh, jokes, the ones mm-hmm. everyone quotes, are not the ones that got the biggest laughs for those big two yeah. specials. Yeah. The laughs are all around it, and then everyone quotes the difference between black people and, and, and bombs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, then you look at it back and you're like, and I've done that too, where I'm like, I'll write a bit about something. The bit will keep going and growing. Mm-hmm. And then the the thing I wrote it about actually no longer even fits. Yeah. But I'm like, no, but I like that part. I want to keep that. Sometimes yeah, I'll drop it. But sometimes get, I'm like, no, I want it. You get precious about your writing. Yeah. It's got to be in there. And that's sometimes when an editor does get a hold of it and like, this doesn't have to be in there. But I know that it sets up to a listener. It doesn't, it doesn't. matter. But that, I want you to tell you like, guess what? You get it back. Well, <laughs> you can use it for something else later. It's also the same reason people feel the need to be like, so I was walking down the street the other day, yeah. and I saw this guy. Like, You could just say you saw this guy. You could, yeah, exactly. You don't need that habitual Who cares about setup. that stuff? Yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. Let's listen to your final track. The, the reason most of these jokes come about is I, I, have, uh, I get insomnia. I, get, uh, I just don't sleep. See, yeah. And uh, a lot of people have it a lot of people uh think they might have it you know people think, oh, I, I just don't uh I, I think i get insomnia you know sometimes i don't fall asleep till like a quarter one or something <laughs> sometimes i'm just up like i'll watch like like all of jimmy kimmel live and i just uh i think i got insomnia i really think i got uh <clears throat> and so those of you that don't know is it's basically what happens is I'll, I'll lay down in bed and I'll get to that point that 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 tipping point of you know if 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 sleep it's, uh, you're laying on the beach and sleep is the encroaching tide licking at your toes it's getting closer and closer to take you away into slumber and right right as you feel your body start to start to float and about to be carried off. Insomnia is the booming voice that just says, Hey, Kyle, do you think you could barbecue over a volcano? (laughs) (laughs) Because 
Because with insomnia, you don't say, you know what? I'll worry about that tomorrow. No, with insomnia, you say, fuck, I got to get out my graph paper and figure this out like the midnight scientist that I am. So you crawl out of bed and put on your shitty flip-flops at about 1.30, and you start thinking that plan A is going to involve somebody in a flame-retardant suit and one of those things they use to collect the donations at Catholic Mass, that maybe you can get close enough to the mouth of an active volcano to where you could put the meat in it and cook it a little bit. And you realize quickly that's a horseshit idea. You're not going to get anybody to volunteer to get that close to the mouth of a volcano, let alone find some kind of device that's not going to burst into flames upon that closeness to lava. 3.30 rolls around, you got Plan B all figured out. Plan B is going to involve probably one or two helicopters with some sort of meat cradle hanging below it where you can place your items into and then just gently hover over the active volcano. 4.15, you go, this is the dumbest thing I ever thought of. Not only are the noxious fumes going to affect the pilot of the helicopter, but they're also affecting the density of the air, giving you an uneven altitude of that helicopter and an uneven cooking temperature for your meat. Crumple it up. Throw it in the corner. Shit. 5.30. Here we go. I think we got it. I think if we set up a series of cannons with reciprocating netting that we may be able to effectively shoot the meat over the volcano and cook it that way. Now, of course, I've thought that you're going to have to get the barrels of the canyon with striations in them appropriately because you're going to want to rotisserate those items. You don't want to shoot them flat out. You're just going to cook the underside of them. And it's going to be real wasteful your whole day. You know? Do some math. Figure that the gunpowder or the cannons are going to cook the meat also to some effect. Don't overdo it. That would be disappointing. And get a turkey or a ham. Don't get wings or ribs because that's just going to blow apart as soon as it leaves the mouth of the cannon. And you're going to be spending your whole experiment picking meat out of the tree line. Instead of enjoying that delicious barbecue. So right when your math's laid out and you got that dry erase board out and everything, the sun's starting to come up and you realize, holy shit, what a great time. The Department of Parks and Services is going to be open right now. I can call them and possibly discuss the idea of getting a grant for this very pigment slash experiment. And then you, it hits you, oh, I forgot something. Oh, it was to sleep. I forgot to sleep. Um, I can't say thank you enough for everybody showing up today. Bob, thank you very much. Okay, that's your closer. Kyle Kinane, everybody. Um, you also have a, a, what's it called? A bonus track we're going to get to in a second. I guess. All right. But um, was that, that well, I mean, that was your closer in the thing, if you say thank you. Unless they pulled it out. I think, I honestly don't remember, because it was one track, and by the end yeah. of it, I was so dazed. Like, it was one take. I'm sorry, yeah, one recording. <clears throat> 
kind it of might have been the closer. It might have been. They did it seamlessly. If it wasn't, yeah, and that, and that joke was again another one that had just been just a solid bit at mm-hmm. the time, just a solid bit. So I can close on this as just I know it's a solid bit. So it's I 2009? think two thousand nine. Yeah, I mean it remind it really reminded me of like early Louis before he started doing the kid stuff. When yeah. he was setting up a ridiculous scenario and then commenting on that ridiculous scenario. Remember those yeah, bits of ju- like going to hell? Yeah, justifying it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... I, you, ever, you know, you, you ever write a joke and you realize like, oh, you've just opened up just a cornucopia of like, stuff you can like. I just I just made a premise where I can do any dumb shit. Sure, because your mind I is can, wandering. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and that's like that's the best time to write a joke. Like, oh, I just made playtime for myself. Yeah, I just open ended. What yeah, that- hap- what happens when you can't sleep? Oh hell, anything. Great, <laughs> yeah. what a great time. And, yeah, uh, even the part of like it's gonna the air pressure's right, and then you're not gonna get even cooking all the way through. <laughs> it's like yeah. you bring it back to the reality of what you're fu- thinking about. One of my old roommates too. He saw me do that joke. Oh, it's like across from Pink's, there was a video store. Was it Rocket Video or something? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I used to have a show in there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. A show everywhere in L.A. Everywhere. Or it was there somewhere. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But that, but he came, so he's like, yeah, and he added the part. He's like, he wasn't a comic. He's like, oh, yeah, you also got to think about the striations in the barrel of the cannon so it turns the meat. I'm like, all right, I rarely will take suggestions from people. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you're absolutely that's, right. That's necessary. That is necessary to this. That is now we're just getting. It's like that uh, because if that thought popped into your head while you were insomniacing, you'd yeah. be like, oh, I got to spend some time thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like that. Isn't that the epic scene out of Silicon Valley where they figure out how to give hand jobs to? x amount of dudes yeah and they're scientifically breaking down like well no if you have hold two dicks together and hold with one hand each you can get more guys in but you're gonna get more tired in your hands like they just broke down how to like hypothetically give a bunch of guys hand jobs and the fact that this happened now that somebody did barbecue over lava like i get that's wait that happened yeah that's all i get on facebook now is like did you see this? You can go oh. to sleep now. Like you can rest now. Like I like I've been avenged. <laughs> sleep, like my, sweet yeah, prince. My, sleep. my insomnia has been avenged because science has let people uh, barbecue over lava at this point. Yeah, someone should tell you that as I go. My name is Inigo Montoya. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, my I'm, father I'm at this point where I've made comedy that's actually turned into uh, uh, premonitions. If I bring us back to that, I, 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 I forecasted. We had this. Uh, me and Taylor had a pitch with Daniel Kellison once, this mm-hmm. producer or something. And uh, we talked about the fake trees they're putting up in L.A. Uh, to be um, cell phone towers. Oh, okay, yeah. And then we saw, like, he made a joke about it or something in this in this meeting. And then yeah. Taylor saw an article that actually putting those up. And uh, we sent it to him, like, oh, hey, look what happened. Yeah. And then we got a response later through Wrath, like, who the fuck is this sending me emails? <laughs> like, oh, I guess we didn't get the fucking writing <laughs> job then, did we? <laughs> we had no memory of us whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, why is this your closer? Or, or or like? I think that was just my strongest bit at the time. Mm-hmm. That was about. I mean, you could hear in the rest of this that I'm wandering around and kind of putting words together on the fly. Like yeah. some, so, like I know what the joke is, but but that was a bit that like I can deliver this word for word, and it's all it's a well thought. It's just a it's a good joke. I yeah. think it's a good joke. Yeah, for and sure. It's a good way to end. It's a good joke. The thing is, too, if you're not doing it out, if you're not going on the road, like if you're going on the road for a full weekend, let's say somewhere, mm. 
before you tape a special, like, cool, I can do all my bits five times. If it's just in LA, yeah. to do all your bits takes you three and a half weeks. Yeah. To do them all once. Yeah, you know? and hoping to work them out. I was trying to think of where I was going to. Seven minutes here, 10 minutes there, eight minutes there. Yeah, I mean, once I quit and I got, I had an agent and started to, like, my first road gig was at a place called the Funny Farm and <clears throat> outside of Atlanta. It was like part yeah. of a fun park oh, yeah. with go karts and everything. Oh, yeah. It was my first ever headlining weekend road gig with no day job. I'm like, this is what everything, this is your life now. And it sucked. <laughs> like, uh, it was terrible. It was just, you know, suburban Atlanta. There's a podunks coming in like, well, maybe we'll ride go-karts. Let's go see this funny man. And yeah. it was just every just piecing together all these short sets. So it wasn't a great set. I met Dave Stone for the first time. Dave Stone opened for me. And it was great. Definitely I met like these Atlanta guys. No, Dave Stone from Beard Dude lives in L.A. He's just a funny comic. He's from Atlanta, part of the Beards of Comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. They had yeah, like yeah, a really strong stand-up scene down there at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he was there. And like I watched him like crush. And I'm like, oh, man, these guys are fucking polished down there. And they're funny. And they have their, they have their road bits that they can use to yeah. win over crowds. But, but they know better, go, too. But then can go into their bit. I'm like, that's how you do it. You don't have to be anti the people that just show up randomly to comedy clubs, you can also have a couple things in your pocket you win to them win over, them over. And they'll be fans of mine forever. Uh, yeah. I, some of them. I am seed for them. Jake Johansson in DC mm-hmm. at the improv. And uh, so I'd be like, please welcome Jake Johansson. Then you go along that long curtain into the green room and then you can watch in the back. Yeah. It takes you 20 seconds to get, now they have a little more space, but then you had to like walk sideways. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. People lean like, back in their chairs. You have to push them forward. Yeah. So you yeah, get yeah. By them. Yeah. Um, I think I've hit somebody with a beer bottle. It's really <laughs> clunk. Oops. And yeah, they feel like it's a wall. Like yeah. there. But, uh, he would do this thing where he goes, thank you. It's so glad to be, I'm so glad to be here in DC and everyone start laughing. And I just didn't understand it. And I hear it halfway through the curtain. Mm-hmm. Every time I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand where the laugh is here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here in DC. Mm-hmm thunderous laugh i'm like what yeah. and then i ran once and looked through a hole in the curtain and he goes thank you i'm so glad to be here and then he turned around looked at the sign and goes in dc yeah. like as if he has no idea yeah, yeah i'm like oh that makes sense and i remember telling him like it didn't make sense to me and now it made sense but he right away he goes oh anything in my first couple minutes forget that that's just to get the crowd on my side just written off that's just like i don't stand by those bits they're fine they're whatever there was and i'm like yeah okay I've heard it like this is like an old opener for a few people, but I heard it about one guy doing it. Uh, this guy named Roger Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm, heard of him. <laughs> so I heard about him doing it, but then somebody else was telling me like, "Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a bit people do." But he was like, "In there's already a shit. It's the opposite of this. He was in like Alabama or something. Yeah, and he, like in Alabama, like already like a, it was gonna be a rough show. He's like, oh, I was just in Tennessee, and you guys thought you were stupid.'" <laughs> that's how he opens it <laughs> it's like <laughs> you just put yourself behind the eight ball from the fucking get go uh, <laughs> I want to work I want to learn stuff tonight <laughs> and you thought you were stupid <laughs> I keep meaning to open my set here about saying something about Scotland I'm like you call this America <laughs> so you have to like, turn on me that's hilarious you thought you were stupid <laughs> yeah I heard that I was like, and then just wor- mm-hmm. just digging yourself out out after From that there on, yeah got some work to do <laughs> um all right and then yep. you got this bonus track yeah i don't know why hold on one of the uh one of the shows 
this is the problem with the shows that I watch. Is I watch the survival shows, and I watch the apocalypse shows, but then I'll still watch how it's made every few weeks because I feel like if I gotta fill out a resume, <laughs> I can convince someone. Like, are you familiar with QuickBooks Pro? No, but I can make an English leather saddle and tinfoil from scratch. <laughs> How about I just see you on Monday, boss man? <laughs> a big beef. Then mixed in with those shows is that, uh, is that within the job shows and all this stuff, they're going to try and show you shows. Then they show you shows about stuff that you can never spend your money on. Stuff that you'll never, it's just complete fantasy, rich bullshit that's of a level that even if you had that money, Anybody with a decent sensibility would never purchase this gratuitous horseshit. But I'll tune into it. I'm, f- I'm, I'm fascinated with it. Watch a show about top, top cruises you can take. Top cruises you can take in the world. Fuck it. I got an afternoon off. Let's watch about top... I wouldn't take a regular cruise. I wouldn't take number 247 cruise. But let me, let me watch the top 100. They count down, blah bitty blah pools on the Lido deck. They get down to the top one, private cruise, two weeks, Mediterranean. They show a picture of this boat. It's a million bucks. They show a picture of this boat there it is. Let's go into the boat. Virtual tour. Teakwood this. What have you. All the features. Doorknobs. Doorknobs made out of ivory on this boat. I stood up from my couch and I said, I'm spending a million dollars on this fucking boat ride? And you're giving me ivory doorknobs? <laughs> I don't know about you, but when you're virtually rich, you get real uppity about it. <laughs> I march about my living If I'm going on a million-dollar boat ride, I'm putting my hand out to open a door, and there's anything less than the jewel-encrusted skulls of babies of 16th century noblemen, I would just as quick drown myself off the starboard bow. Oh, no, please, let's take a tour of the bathroom. Ooh, marble this and that. Fuck yourself. There is no personal chef in here 24 hours a day. What are you supposed to do when you get your bathtub munchies? Like we all do. Nothing accompanies a hot bath like a cool bowl of cookie crisp. Garcon, nobody's around. Let's go on the deck. Yeah, let's go on the deck. Oh, you know what's missing? A cargo hold built into the hull of this ship, filled to the brim with tormentors from my childhood. Picked up from around the globe by a detailed list that I provided to my travel agent well in advance. Is there 
is some kind of great white shark or other flesh-eating sea creature being towed behind said vessel through some newly invented nautical harness, probably carbon fiber. What for me to throw said tormentors to at my leisure? I mean, they didn't even have a microwave on there for if you had a tombstone pizza or something. I just don't understand new money, I think. That's the problem. Enjoy all your chrome. I don't know. I don't get it. That's how you get through it all. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why why did you put a bonus track in? Live at Budokan, what does that mean? <laughs> was that a bonus track? Was that uh, title from that same album? Yeah, it's it, yeah, well the bonus the, al- at the, al- no, the, uh, it's, the album is Cheap Trick Live at Budokan. Oh. I don't know why it's Budalon. That's misspelled. Oh. Maybe that's the one way they got out of being sued. Or maybe if your podcast is popular enough, I'll finally get some cease and desist orders <laughs> <laughs> they find out that's about what it. i thought i should have been sued by kiss right now because he sues everybody so i Does guess really? not that popular i do like how you have how much 17 seconds of silence in that it reminded me of that cracker cd i oh, remember those <laughs> hidden tracks that were on cds for uh, a while and you, yeah or if like, it oh, was, it's over and they're like what oh it's been 20 minutes it's not over except for when it's on an mp3 now and you're just like you don't realize it and then you think it's quiet in your house and something starts up like, what <laughs> yeah. the fuck where are they coming from? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I don't, I, I don't know much about this album. A Cracker CD had like three hidden tracks. Really? One was track 99, but they had a track 67 that was... that was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So that, I don't remember which one that was. Why, so why did you include this as a bonus? Like, what is this? Is it just a cut-out bit? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. If, if, if between... Uh, I think it you should know, be. Matt and Ryan editing it like this one. They just picked the order. I was like, all right. I didn't. I did not put any thought into order or anything. I'm like, I just thought like just Ryan. What's it, Ryan's you know, last the, name? Ryan McMenamin. There you go. I, oh. There you go. It's I in just there. Couldn't, it's it's just, in there. For you ever you just associate somebody with the wrong name, and for some reason I was like, oh, it's Ian. It's Ian. Ryan. It's not Ian. It's Ryan. It's Ryan. And now every time I'm like, motherfucker, I know this guy. I hang out with him, but I put the wrong wrinkle in my brain yeah. of what that should be sometimes also i, I brought up mike favorman once i was yeah. I'm saying it. he was sitting right by the stage of the store mm-hmm. and i was and he was a friend of mine we all started again the same like crew of people yeah and this was while we were still you know four years yeah. in like we we're still hanging out and i was like i have a good friend of mine please welcome gone just gone the yeah. name and he saw it instantly and he goes i'm not gonna tell you and i'm like <laughs> Uh, and then the piano player goes, Mike, like Mike Favorman. That's all I need. It was just the beginning. I heard, I heard Madrigal did that to somebody. What? Like the MC was just being real shitty at a club yeah. and forgot his name. And he's like, oh, and it's, uh, it's Madrigal just being like, mad. no, no, you have one job. <laughs> Your only job is he to remember so my name. No. I get so <laughs> fighty. <laughs> Um, what was the critical response from this when it came out? Do you remember? Uh, to this bit or to the album? To the album. The bit's done. It went, I don't know, whatever. It went well. 
Yeah. I thought you meant critical, like people were critical because now I wouldn't be able to do that joke anymore. Cause it's a bunch All of right. racist accents. No, I mean this dropped Kyle Kinane, Death of the Party. It was great. It, it 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 broke things open for me. I mean, in the circles that care about comedy, mm-hmm. people reviewed it and like you know people at the AV Club and stuff like that got a hold of it. They did review it, right? Yeah, and it was like one like a top album for stuff, and people like people were paying attention to that. And what wasn't. It didn't feel quite as flooded with everybody putting out albums, so I had a little more of a fighting chance at the time to get. It was it. harder to actually set it up and do it. Yeah, to get it listened to and and iTunes wasn't as big. Attention to it. I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't even using it that much yeah. at the time, but yeah, it just it, it went really well, and people people bought it. like, and then especially being out, being able to open for Patton at the same time when I had approval, and I had hard copies of this to sell. Did you? Yeah, out in the lobby after shows. He was cool with and that? Pe- yeah. That's yeah, cool. he wasn't doing any merch. That's cool. And he, yeah, he was very cool about being like, yeah, you're new. Yeah, you're driving around the country just touring. Like, like yeah, 20 bucks, go, man. go make some money. I, I saw him, I saw him for 10 bucks. Yeah. I remember you, Whiskey Icarus was like my example of how the Emmys are garbage for comedy. When they're like, you're nominating Saget and Kathy Griffin again, and there's a great fucking album you guys haven't even fucking listened to? Well, well I mean... That's not like I, I I don't I don't ever put this stuff in that category. Like that's like the music I like. I like the music I like. It's not critically acclaimed right. music, but also that's never the intention of the people making that music. So what do you mean to get critical acclaim? Yeah, it's like yeah, no, I know point. I know what type of music I want to make to be happy, and I hope that the fact that other people like it. Mm-hmm. What a delightful bonus! <clears throat> but it, I, if I'm proud of the end product, and other people like, then hey cool i don't know like awards for comedy man it's it's silly was um yeah for sure any art form really and what yeah i just gonna, mean like they're gonna really listen to all the comedy albums no but the good out. ones the ones that get enough people going this is great they'll be like you haven't given it a, a ponder but who's gonna tell the fucks at the end right. to listen right. to this album um was this this your half hour special whiskey icarus and the last one i like this old stuff better yeah what were you the most nervous for? I think that the half hour didn't turn out as well as I wanted because, again, that was only one taping. Yeah. And it was the first long TV thing, and it was just an audience that got free tickets to see something. And at that time, I was like, no, I know who my crowd is. I was still like getting my road legs together like oh performing in front of people even here like i did do some gig yesterday at 10 a.m or something really for a bunch of 65 year olds for some radio thing just do five minutes of stand-up and then an interview and i'm up there as i'm telling the jokes i'm like this is totally pointless yeah like and i'm not trying to sound like a dick but it's not it doesn't have to be for everybody why does this comedy have to be for everybody? No, well, oh, I want to be a fuck. If you want to be a superstar, then yeah, you have to appeal to the lowest common denominator and go for it. Hey, yeah, be USA Today. That's fine. <coughs> I coughed and farted at the same time there. Did you hear that? I didn't hear the uh, fart. It but came out. It okay. was there. I believe it. I got the window open for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, what, yeah. The, the, if the right people, like, like being like again, Patton's audience. Oh, these are the people I that I would like hope. Me would like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if they didn't like me, I would feel terrible. To do a road gig in Alpharetta, Georgia, and they don't like me, I'm like, 
all right, I got to work on performing in different places. Yeah, some 46-year-old housewife, mother of four in Alabama, yeah. is like, oh, I didn't like it. It's like, of course you didn't. Why are you here? Why aren't you talking about your kids? I don't have kids. I don't want to have kids because then I'd be stuck right Or the them. other way, Central yeah. California. Like, talk about pussy. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, I'm not the comic for you. I, yeah, and so why should I try and win those people over when I just slowly build my fan base with stuff like this? I was very nervous for this. Um. I was very nervous for... I mean, the other things, I got two shows. Whiskey Icarus, and I like this old stuff better. I got to do two performances. So it's like, oh, they can correct something. You know? So I went out ahead of time, like I was saying, go out ahead of time and be like, I'm going to do this thing. Thanks for coming. I'm going, and those were people that wanted tickets, even yeah. though it was probably free to get in because of TV taping. Those things sold out in San Francisco and Athens, Georgia, with people that wanted to see the show. And I was like, very, like oh, thank you for helping me do this. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that half hour, I think, was... I was nervous, and then the end result was, like I said, just being on some shiny tap dance stage, trying to do jokes about being a dirtbag, knowing you're People wearing like, a bunch uh. of makeup and fucking lights and swooping cameras. Like this. Yeah, once you play to your own crowd, this does nothing to help the type of comedy I'm doing. Swooping cameras. Yeah. I fight with them all the time on that. I, they did it on Whiskey Icarus. And because when I walked in, I'm like, I want the least amount of stuff possible. But it was also Comedy Central going, oh, we're going to tape three other people here this weekend. So we need an easily changed out set. So it was last one. I'm like, all right, do it at 40 watt in Atlanta. Don't do anything. You make it look like the 40 watt. What people know it's the 40 watt. Yeah. Know that that's there, you know? Yeah. No cam, just stationary cameras. I understand, you know, like, well, we got to cut to the audience sometimes for editing and stuff. But again, no, you don't for 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 an hour for the hour. Long. Make it look sloppy instead. Yeah, rather well, than lame. And that's why this works. This it album, does. it's a, you're is there, sloppy as shit. You're there. You're doing it. Yeah. Oh, he's mumbling through this. He stuttered. Maybe he's a little drunk. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's leaning. They talked to me about it, like, well, it worked fine at Hannibal's. And I was like, I was at Hannibal's. It didn't work fine. I saw the audience look up as this fucking yeah. UFO flies over thirty percent of them. Yeah, and he's doing a setup that he's going to call back to, and they're like not paying attention because of this thing. And and, and they only and think, for what for what shot do you need this for? Yeah, and they only think like, well, uh, but it's really about how the viewer sees it. Well, the viewer's going to want to see the comedian do a good job. You know what makes a comedian do a good job is having an engaged audience yeah. in front of them at that time yeah otherwise fuck it i'll just say it alone in a sound studio and you can cut Recreate to the it. that was harlan williams specially just did it on a hill in, in the, the woods. desert yeah, yeah it was a little, i mean it was weird but i thought it was a funny way he's to cool he's like, a weird fun cool guy um which one do you think is your best or your favorite what, what, of album all, of all this no yeah of all the, the three of them that you did of all the stuff let's rule out the half hour Man, and I'm pissed because I like some of those jokes of the half hour. And I just don't think they played. And I like now I can't do them again because they're yeah, out. There. They're out. I don't know, man. <clears throat> I think it's weird to find out what gets praised. Like I purposely called the last one. I liked his old stuff better, mm-hmm. but I'm, I really like parts on that one. I mean, I've had people say that my last one was like by far my best, and I'm like, mm. really? I don't, I don't know if I agree with you. Yeah, on certain, but it's like everyone. It doesn't matter. I just want to know what you think your favorite was. I'm trying to think of what I'm doing. I, I mean, <clears throat> honestly, like again, like taking a minute to look around, like oh, just like look, I'm in Scotland. Like mm-hmm. I still look at like I got to make a comedy special that strangers watched. Yeah, and. For the most part, liked. So I don't have a. I don't Was have this a one your first favorite. I don't have a televised special. 
I mean, uh, um, 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 I mean, uh, what's it called? Videoed special? Was Icar- was Whiskey, Whiskey Icarus? Icarus? If you don't count the half hour. Whiskey Icarus was just an album. <clears throat> yeah. No, Whiskey Icarus was a special on Comedy Central. Oh, okay, okay. And it wouldn't get... I mean, it got... So both of these. And, and, it, and it picked up steam. Like, that's the thing. You put it out, and it doesn't... Like, it just picks up. It just sits around, and people get a hold of it eventually. Yeah. So that one came out in 2012, and now people are finding it because of the last one that came out. Sure. Where I'm getting more response. Like, Whiskey Icarus was great. And I didn't hear that when it came out. I mean, it got, it got well-reviewed and on the list and everything. But now I'm not hearing it about the last one so much. So I'm like, oh, nobody liked the last one. But that's Well, the next one you'll do, then you'll get responses. Yeah, yeah then I'll slowly there. people go back to that one. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I don't, I don't have a favorite, man. Each one I have moments where I'm like, yeah, that was just a joke at the time I thought was great and should have been on there. Do you view them as your babies at all? <clears throat> no, man. Once you start thinking it's all fucking precious. You ever, you ever read The Fountainhead? Oh, that was that the Ayn Rand book. Yeah, but it's about an architect, and it's one the funding fell through for some place. So he had to leave it just empty. He just started building mm-hmm. it. And he had to leave, and he's the artist. Like, yeah. doesn't care any critics say. And they had said like you can't. He would go in and visit this like half built place, and just kind of look around. And the watchman one time it was like, I got it. I lost a kid too. I understand. Well, oh, because I lost a child when he was young. And that was what and the, the guy put his hand on his shoulder and goes, all right. But because he viewed it as his like his child, I dated a girl who was an artist, and she goes, "That's the reason a lot of artists don't have children because we have something we're leaving to the world." Well, that's a real fucking pat on the back for artists. Or, I mean, it's the I, same thing with parents; they're not leaving something great to the world. Some yeah. dude is going to be the fucking assistant manager at fucking Chuck E. Cheese. I just, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to pick a favorite because it's like I just found a a process that's going to let me like be artistically. Let, it's it's a puzzle that you don't get to finish. Yeah. So unless it becomes boring to me, in which case I'm in a lot of trouble because I don't have a skill set to go back into the world with. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was good. Like everything I look at, like that was good. But oh, now, it, oh, that was really good. Now I got to come up with something better, at least or at least on par with what I've done already. I heard Robert Redford, who's like 30 years into, into acting, mm-hmm. his quote was like, "I think I'm just starting to figure this out now." After winning Oscars, yeah, you know, just be like, I think I'm starting to get it. But it's none like, of that matters. It's all a process. If, if it's yeah, it doesn't matter. Like what the outside yeah thinks doesn't matter. It. Again, it's the internal. Like, am I proud of what I'm doing? Yeah. Am I proud of like the message that's in it? Of the intention of what I said? Like, it sounds say, like you're proud uh, from three out of four things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and that half hour, I was proud of the material that's in that half hour. I'm just upset that it fell into the format of the half hour because yeah. I feel that just that stuff falls in the cracks. Yeah. So. All right, Kyle Kinane. Yeah, man. Your albums, Death of the Party, followed by Whiskey Icarus, which is also a special, yeah. followed by I Liked His Old Stuff Better, are yeah. all available on iTunes now and at ComedyCentral.com. Is this one available at ComedyCentral.com? Just iTunes. Uh, no, this one's just iTunes, yeah. Um, or a special thing.com if you want a hard copy or vinyl, as the kids really? like enjoy now. Yeah, just go out and fucking get some Canadian shit. I bet you'll see a spike in sales after this. Sweet. It's all about the money, man. Oh, whatever. Or you'll see a spike in people <laughs> listening to your shit. Even if it's like, you know, illegally downloading, I'm always like, yeah, I'm like, go for it. No, I, You're I, not going to ever be a purchaser. I, I, so I can't listen. Yeah, I can't fight that. And I ha- what I've had is people come to shows and be like, I stole that album, so here's $10. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got that too. And I go, like, I'll accept that. 
You know, like buy me a beer, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. you. You bought a ticket to the show because of that, and you would have never listened to it in yeah. the first place if you didn't. That's all the right, point. Man. All right, live ticket sales. Yeah, I'm like all right. Where are you? Uh, I'll put in where you're going to be. I'm going to be in Edinburgh. Edinburgh for tonight, the next week. Tomorrow night, night after this that. Come out Sunday night. Next, <laughs> next so ten days. Have a whole week. Uh, do you turn it home at all? This will come out Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. Where am I going to be? Ugh. I'll put it in the intro later. All right. Text it to me. Yeah, all right, man. I'm 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 out and about and like I'll be in Toronto and stuff. You doing just for laughs? Just for laughs in Toronto. And Hell I got, yeah. I'll be in uh I'll be there for a few days. All right. Just for laughs Toronto. That's a good festival. Yeah. They run it good where everybody gets more and more tickets and more shows. <laughs> People yeah. like get really getting into comedy. Keep seeing things on Twitter. Like we've added a third Kyle Canadian show. I'm like, did I say I'm <laughs> so I could do that? Do yeah. I, I wanna do that many shows? They're cool crowds. Yeah. Uh, all right, buddy. Cheers. There it is. There it is, everybody. The sixth of the album commentaries in the books. Thank you, Kyle Kinane, for doing it. Very cool of you. Hilarious comic. Guys, go online. Check out Kyle Kinane's stuff. Go get his new special for, I think, just five bucks. That new price point is like Starbucks cheap. Um, I liked his old stuff better. Whiskey Icarus was an amazing album and special. I just heard the album version. I didn't realize it was special. And uh, and Death of the Party is available on iTunes. Or All Things Comedy. No, not All Things Comedy. A special thing. Um, yeah, really cool of him to do it. And again, yeah, tell Stan Hope. Tell fucking... I got to try to get... What's his name, too? Beyond the Pale. Jim Gaffigan. I want to get him to do one. Maybe I'll try to find him in New York before I leave New York. November, December. Um, yeah. And guys, October, I'll be in Australia. Dates are on my website right now. I mistakenly said that if you bought tickets for those shows before, they're still good. That's not true because in Melbourne, they, they returned everybody's money. So you need to buy new tickets. They aren't still good. You got your money back. Um, I'll be in Melbourne, uh, I think 16th, 17th, 18th. No, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, something like that. Brisbane, the 18th, and the week after that in Sydney. And then back to America, where I go to Calgary and Philadelphia and stuff like that. Check out my dates, Um What else was I going to say? I don't know. Just enjoy your Shroomfest, everybody. I'm so excited for all of you. Anyone participating, I'm excited for you. Anyone who's not participating, too bad. But maybe do it next year. Maybe think about joining in next year. Why not? You know? Why not? Why not? Why not? Let's do it. I've seen so many good comedians here. It's really interesting. Even the guys that have, like, not the best hour, there's, like, a line or something in, in there that's, like, tremendous. Anyway, all right. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. For Kyle Kinane, 
I'm Ari Shafir. Oh, and check my do my Amazon link and go get some merch, some shit like that. Whatever. All right. Uh, Ari Shafir's Captain Tank, episode 233. Is that right? Yes. Death of the Party with Kyle Kinane over and out. Hey, it's me again. I'm so
find a case of the crabs A rose and a dagger On the palm of my hand And I'll search the world over
come old kerosene with his ear flaps waxed according to his girls these young kids today with their electric stars and their tusky <laughs> Everything seems like a dream. Here come old breath. Here come old sorbet head. On his three licorice tires. And a sucked on lifesaver in the rear. Leather tush?